It's Halloween, 1978, again. Do you know where your children are again? Fifth time's the charm in this timeline. Welcome to episode 259 of the Fake Nerd Podcast, where we're reviewing Halloween, 1920. I forget loves count. I lose count. What's up, Brandon? I see you're on the other screen. What's up, my man? I am on the other screen today. I am remote today. I'm the only one who is. Uh, due to some unfortunate circumstances, hello, everyone. By our powers combined, we are Ben. Yeah, <laughs> we got Ben. I got Sparks. I've never been in this situation before. Normally, I'm in my own little spot. So the, this the is Ben sandwich. It is a Ben sandwich. This is weird. This is new. Welcome. You know what? What all welcome I'm looking at? Couch. What? What? Sorry. What? All I'm looking at is a tasty sandwich. Oh my god! Sorry, sorry. This is not a vegetarian sandwich because this is very beefy. <laughs> As you can see. Um. Yeah, hi guys. We got some some stuff that that we, we got to do before we get into our weeks, if you don't mind. Um, what if the I first, mind? the first, well, too bad. Uh, okay. The first of it is uh, a new shirt is going to be on uh, T Public. Oh, starting this week, uh, our good friend Travis Alexander designed this shirt, and I'll pull it up for the audience for the for the viewers. Uh, based on our on what we hold on, based on what we've been discussing about with. Uh, uh, what if where we say oops all bangers um it is an oops all bangers shirt is going up on t public right now um i uh searched high and low to see if it has already been done it is uh surprisingly at least that i could find already been done however except for one person who made an album called oops all bangers and so, now and i that's pretty lofty to, to make your own album saying everyone's a banger like you got to put like other people decide it's bold, man. It's bold. that's it's true yeah, uh, and it's got a bunch of bombs on it. So I what I did was, <laughs> so what I so what I did was I I messaged him and I go, hey, got, hey, buddy, uh, I didn't say buddy, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we got uh, I have this idea for a shirt for our podcast it has nothing to do with what you're doing. I stumbled upon your thing. Is this okay? And he was like, yeah, go for it. I'm like, cool. So we got a we got an oops all banger shirt. I love it. Nice. Um. All right, but we also have some links. This was a big week for Basement Arcade. Was it? It was. Um, Sparks worked overtime to get practically every day something from Basement Arcade launched this week. BT Dubs totally did not plan to wear the shirt today. It was just like, F it, I'm wearing this one today. I love it. For audio listeners, he's wearing a Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade t-shirt, yeah. Um, we have uh, the second part of Crawl. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> there. We did a second round of, of that game. Um, and the first part of Outlast mm -hmm. went up this week. That's uh, definitely yeah. the biggest game we played. It definitely is. Until that one, <laughs> that one was very stressful to watch. I want to yeah. say that one was more stressful than another one that's going up because that one was more tense, but mm -hmm. this one was like you never know. Well, because in Outlast you actually move, mm -hmm. and in the other one you're stationary. I'm just sitting still. Yeah. So different type of game. Yeah. 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 I'm very excited for actually that episode to come out. I want to see what that looked like. Um, Base Market also had a pause menu, Ben. Yes, yes, we did. I talked to uh Brian, who is known around the internet as Sense Spaces because he's been playing video games since Spaces. That's apparently that's a term down in Australia because when you say I've been playing since Spaces, you he means Space Invaders when Space Invaders first came out. Oh, that's the, awesome! Yeah, oh. so he's been playing video games. He used to work for Sega for the Sega Hotline in Australia back in the 90s, oh, and that was really fun to talk to him because I um, thanks to the uh, documentary um, High Score, we got to know what was a little bit like in for the Nintendo side as a um, as a hotline guy. So now I get to talk about Sega, and I think the there was like an awesome story in there concerning Nintendo that I, that actually just blew my mind. And I was like, "How did you not get fired for that?" 
or, little, little or, really, or, or really just like how did did your boss just not care or it was the 90s yeah it was it, it was a really good conversation really looking forward for you guys to listen to it Hell yeah. uh, the audio of that will go up soon uh like i said so i look i'll just say it i fell down the stairs uh i hurt my yeah. foot real bad and i was not able to get the audio up it'll go up uh tonight so it'll probably be up by the time you're listening to this um that i'm actually in my office <laughs> Um, and then we had two fake nerds watches go up this week. We also had a, we had a fake nerds watch for the final part of What If episodes eight and nine. We did we put them all together. Uh, that's a show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we had a lot to say about. I've that. already forgotten about it. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I forgot about parts of it. I remember the good things of it. I just haven't thought about it. Yeah, that's fair. Things. And then uh, the ninth episode yes the ninth episode of star trek lower decks uh with myself just a little podcast cookie and uh michael carls from downward annoyed who just um, got married congratulations congratulations congratulations, congratulations. good job we did a five-hour discussion we did <laughs> okay 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 we know what you did hey um yeah, congratulations to Michael Carls uh, and Riley Sloan. Riley Sloan? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, is it still yeah. Riley Carls. Or is it Riley Carls now? <laughs> Sloan Carls. Sloan Carls. Right. Um, yeah, very happy for them. Um, that They were at a Taco Bell, which is my dream wedding. <laughs> they, they, because Dan Riker got married at a Taco Bell. They're, you can actually get officiated at a Taco yeah. Bell and make it a real thing. Hey, man, the world's funny. Buddy. I've been trying. <laughs> I, I I bet I believe there is a there is a Taco Bell in Vegas that oh. uh, we looked into for uh, a lot longer than I anticipated we would. Oh my God, Taco Bell lost uh, uh, Elvis Presley. I mean, I <laughs> I'll go to Vegas for other things, but I mean, I'll still go for a Taco Bell wedding. I don't care. Um, don't care uh, right. So that was really that was actually a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we're going to be recording the last episode, episode ten, sometime this week, uh, with schedules and whatnot. Now the newly married Michael Carls. Uh, we just got to figure out when to do it because I want all three of us to be on it. Um, so yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about the show in my week. But that's it. That's everything. Links below. Check them out. We do some cool stuff. I think. Sometimes, yeah, it's true. I'll Who wants to do, go first of that week? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm almost done with Dune. I got this close. I got this close, but I didn't, I had yesterday and I could have read more. And I was like, I want to take the day <laughs> to do other things. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't. Um, instead, I played an indie game that I've been waiting for on Game Pass. And I played Sable. Nice. Um, Sable nice, nice, nice. looks awesome. Looks and, awesome. Uh, and it plays good. And it's all about go find yourself. And that's the game. Um, and I like it a lot. And it's very, um, there is no one-to-one no -one connection between it and Dune. But it does feel very similar to like stepping into the world of the Fremen. Being as oh. entrenched in the book as I currently am, I'm like, mm, there's a lot of vibes here that remind, Not again, they didn't take anything from it. I'm just saying like, I can see the feelings that are similar about living in a desert. It's yeah. a desert setting and that's the main connection. And it's like, ah, oh, there's a lot for me to chew on here that like, mm, just feels as, just as much as the Fremen. Like they all have their own ways of doing this kind of stuff. Like I dig it. I dig it. I had fun. I, I, play, I think I was in there for about an hour and a half and I enjoyed it. Nice. That's awesome. Um, Sable's cool, actually. Uh, 
I watched another episode of Only Murders in the Building. That show's almost over um, for the season. It's real good. I really like it. Uh, I hope the season finale sticks the landing. Uh, Megan and I finished the first season of Scream, which I'd already seen, but Megan has now seen it and finished it. And we're going to watch the second season at some point. Um, but she's not here, so it'll be a while. But that's good. Uh, there was this weird period of time where MTV made good television, and it was when Teen Wolf was coming out, and so was Scream. So, you know, yeah, I don't know what's up, but for some reason, <laughs> MTV had good TV. Um, I want to feel like they, they got, like, like a new, like, present or something. You're like, we're changing gears, we're going something, hard. Something definitely happened yeah. during that period of time where they're like, you know, what if we just made, like, s- sincere television? Yeah. And everyone went... Okay. Like we're already done with music. It's yeah. Like, hey, let's make something better than Jersey Shore. How about that? I, it will. It will never end baffling me that I say MTV's Teen Wolf show is one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. So, uh, and then um, the last thing I really didn't get to do a lot that I feel like mentioning on this podcast. There was a little bit of like, oh, I'm watching some like old Halloween episodes of The Simpsons or whatever. Um, I'm I'm having like random Halloween things on the background. It's something I really need to to dig into in this podcast. Um, but. The last thing is, yesterday, Ryan and I, inspired by something, I guess, decided to watch Aquaman King of Atlantis, the first episode of the animated trilogy yeah. on HBO Max. Oh, yes, we did do that. Uh, radical. I loved it. Loved it. 100%. Hilarious. Um, it's 45 minutes long, and about 30 minutes in, I'm like, okay, when's the animation going to stop being so good? When is it going to get lazy? And then it just becomes like a bigger and bigger action scene at the end, and I'm like, oh, this rules. It feels truly like something like Adult Swim would have made like 10 years ago. Like it has people from Aqua Teen Hunger Force in it. Like it feels like that. Wow. Uh, the faces are all disgusting and distorted like SpongeBob does. Like, Or they'll be beautiful. But they're, they're, but they're ne- the, the, yeah. it's the kind of animation where their faces are the always comedy, morphing. Part of the comedy is the anatomic inconsistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, ooh, like really squinched in faces. Like, or like, like yeah. in the same shot, a character can have a gigantic head and then tiny hands. And then normal. Yeah. It's, like, it, it, it's that kind of humor and comedy. When you see the animation, you know, for an extended amount of time, you're like, oh, it's, it's this. This is the thing they're doing. Yeah. Um, I just found you, out that the uh, that the voice of Aquaman is the dad from Shazam. Do you know who the voice of uh, Mera is? Gillian Jacobs. I found that out, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I was because I was looking it up because of the thing we're going to talk about in the news today. Yeah, uh, Aquaman, King of Atlantis. Uh, it's a good time. I'm definitely going to watch those next two parts. Uh, 45 minutes, solid, solid, entertaining animation. True. That's my, that's it. All right. I guess we'll just go. Oh, 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 I did, I, I read a little bit of Venom, uh, the comic. I'm, I've been catching up on that. I'm, I read a little bit more of Venom, probably like two and a half issues when I had time at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Why don't you go, uh, Ben? I was gonna say, should we just go ahead and sure. go down the line? Okay, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dune. A whole lot of Dune. Probably I'm well good. over halfway. I'm well over halfway. Into book two? In, uh, yeah, I mean, actually, I am in book two oh, yeah. of uh, Dune. So I'm really liking it, but there's one part, well, there's just one day where I'm like, all right, I know I need to finish this book, but by God, I need to play Metroid Dread. Kind of mm-hmm. like him. Kind of like how he was like, I need a day for myself. I needed a day to just do something, so I played Metroid Dread. And holy shit, that game is bananas. It's amazing. It's probably, I can tell you guys right now, it's my game of the year. And as of right now, Metroid Dread's my game of the year. It is phenomenal. It's fantastic. Chef Kiff. Chef Kiss. How many new video games I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> then you, I was going to be like, what, two? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, there's Knockout City. There's, uh. Oh, game of the year right there. Knockout City for me. No, I'm kidding. 
I mean, it could be for you. You know what? Honestly, it probably could be. But yeah, so um, Metroid Dread is amazing, and I absolutely love it, and that's pretty much all I can say about that. Uh, There is one other thing I did this week that I was really happy to do. It was pure happenstance, and it was luck of the draw. I got to go see the Rolling Stones in concert at uh, SoFi Stadium this week. That's incredible. That's and, pretty cool, man. Yeah, I got to see the Stones once before, way back in 2006. And this concert, this show was awesome. And as we all know, Charlie Wood, the drummer for the Stones, just passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it, like a month and a half ago? Yeah, we talked about it when it happened. Yeah, on the it, show. he passed. There was this great little uh, um, tribute to him right before the show. That's awesome. And the guys talked about, after like their opening few songs, they said, like, hey, it was great to watch Charlie up there. We know he's watching us, and we're just going to play loud and have a good time for Charlie. And everyone raised their glasses up to Charlie. Uh, the guy they had on drums was amazing, and I had a blast. And you can definitely tell the age is definitely catching up um, because when I first saw the Stones back in '06, Mick Jagger he was running all over the stage. I mean, Keith Richards was still like slow, but he was kind of like, oh yeah, he was like moving. This time, Keith Richards barely moved. Like he would go from one side of the stage to the other, maybe a little into because they had a thing sure. in the pit, but just listening to the music and they played all the songs I was hoping to hear, it was awesome. And also I got to go to SoFi Stadium, which is the brand new football stadium they built in L.A. And it is, I mean, parking is a pain in the ass, but that's L.A. for you. Other than that, the stadium is absolutely gorgeous. It is a beautiful venue. It's it's enclosed, but it's also... Um, Do you know how many people were there? Did they say? Uh, they didn't say. Okay. They didn't say how was many. It, was it full? Yeah, pretty full, yeah. Okay. Like, once they got into the second half of the show, the, like you can tell, like, the people, like, came in, like, this is where the good stuff... Because the first half was... They played some of their hits, but they also played a lot of slower stuff. But then once they got into the second half, it was like all hits all the time. All bangers. Yeah, all Self-I bangers. SoFi Stadium holds 70,000 people. Damn, nice. That's a lot. That's oh, a, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't fast enough, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Oops. All the time. Oh, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? why are we getting a countdown? What's happening? It's kind of down 30 seconds, but yeah. Oops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so seeing the stones was awesome because this might be the last time i'll ever see the rolling stones in concert ever again because a they're super old they're in their 70s man yeah they're their 80s oh my god mick jagger's in his 80s dude and he he was still having a blast on the show so it was and the way i got the tickets was awesome so i was able to that sure, was a fun sure time playing music like that is the thing keeping them young yeah, yeah. it well certainly is and uh, the souls quick. of young people yeah yeah, yeah that's quickly uh guess who's in the chat mag hey what's up mag oh mag mag says only here for a bit until i'm back on the road to home after visiting palm springs oh, fair enough. say right. hi to palm andy Spring. sandberg for me right. you know we're always here on the rewind yeah that's true they are so but yeah besides that it was just reading a whole bunch of doom playing a little bit of Metroid dread i got to go see the rolling stones and then earlier today i went to frankenstein's with these guys oh yeah i did that too i didn't do that no, I i didn't do that yeah, you, did not do you you did not do that under sad circumstances, but that's pretty much my week, and I'm gonna be definitely flying through Dune. You have seven days, Ben. I, I have, have to fly through Dune. I have like bad immediate short term memory because we all, you kind of like we did, and you joined in. We all just did something right before the podcast, which is we watched the Halloween episode of the movies that made us. We did, which just came out on Netflix. Wow. Uh, they added a bunch of horror movie ones, which is great. And we watched the one about Halloween. I'm gonna watch all of those. That was great. Uh, yeah, I, like we just did that. We just did that. It was good. We would have remembered it. For it's a week. it's a very nice. Having seen like other Halloween documentary stuff before, it's a very nice different approach yeah. to that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the movies that made us and the toys that made us always like to frame the the thing that they're doing as a, a kind of an underdog. Like it was like tough for them to get to get in there yeah. and get out there. That's definitely what that has. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just also, I just think it's kind of nice narrative though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also showed me an episode of the Goes Wrong show. I did. I did. Which I was sh- I showed Ben a spooky, funny first yeah. episode of the Goes Wrong show. Yeah, nice. and it was it was hilarious, and it definitely uh, made me reminisce and get flashbacks of when things went wrong when i was a theater kid in high school oh yeah <laughs> oh boy i mean they didn't go wrong all the time but things that went wrong we talked about it a lot off stage ryan do you want to go next okay um i also uh plunged through dune having an audiobook really helps because at work i can listen to literally seven hours of it in a day so i'm almost done with it uh, audiobooks are so advantageous they are like truly like and i and I, i've listened to audiobooks before but like the last couple of years, like, especially at work, like I can listen to almost an entire book in like half a day. Like it's, it's incredible. It's truly yeah. great. Um, I watched a couple horror movies, not as many as I'd want. Um, one of them we're talking about for the review. Right. Uh, I watched the wailing, which is a 2016 South Korean horror movie. Um, uh, nice shirt you made that we brought up right Oops, all bangers. Cause I'm just watching nothing but incredible horror movies all month. Cause like, Oh, what's a great reviewed horror movie I haven't seen? I'm just going to watch it. Cause it's super easy. I live in the internet. Um, so the wailing, it's definitely one of the most, um, atmospheric tense uh horror movies i've ever seen it's about a small town in korea where just murder starts happening and it's about a bumbling detective trying to figure shit out but he's not good at his job um and it's really horrifying there's a lot of twists and turns it's really really excellent um i also watched the empty man which is a movie from last year that is already a cult classic because everyone who saw it hated it uh but they're all wrong because that movie rules um the empty man is based off a colin bunn comic it is nothing like the comic whatsoever if anything it's a prequel to the comic which is awesome because I checked out the comic af- after I checked out the comic after and um, the comic starts at like a 10. So it's actually, it was really cool to actually get like, kind of like a smaller version of what the empty man becomes. Cause like, I like, I like the small, also it's about a small town having bad shit happen to him and a detective has to figure shit out, but it's in America this time. Um, really great Cthulhu stuff, like about cults and like the empty man, like nothing is real. Uh, and like, we don't believe in reality. So we're trying to destroy reality because why, like nothing really matters. Like it's really, heavy heavy shit that i that i'm super into um did i do anything new sparks that we haven't talked about i don't think so that's me we didn't have a lot of time together this week nope done them all right uh, i similarly don't have a lot so um there was, kinda... um, a, there was basement arcade spooky recordings you'll see them but that's all that's, 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 that's like... a thing we did yeah that's not yeah, yeah. part of my 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 free time uh, I also read Dune, although it was really hard for me this week because I don't know what it is about my parents' place, but it makes me very sleepy. So I, I struggled to stay awake, not for reading Dune, but just in general. I don't know what was going on. Um, maybe it's because I keep it so damn cold. Um, but I did finish uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Star Trek Lower Decks is over for the season. Um, I'm going to have a far more in-depth talk about it on Victor's Watch with Michael um, Carls and Cookie. Uh, but just kind of like brief thoughts. I think that show is excellent. The season raised the bar uh, from that first season immensely. Um, you know, you're kind of laughing around, laughing along with the show being like, oh, this is the funny Star Trek. But then it's like, no, we're still Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek things. The end of the season blew me away with how bold it was. Um, loved it. I think that show is excellent. Did they, were, did they flee as well with how bold they were? <laughs> set it up don't be don't be mad at me <laughs> um yeah i i really like that show uh and it's it's one of the best star trek shows period and definitely one of the best but definitely the best star trek show on the air right now i love that i love that a 
a Rick and Morty-esque cartoon is the best thing Star Trek has out. I think that's, that just shows like, man, it's a little, that's really cool. It's a little like, yikes, when it's got it like is. six that, projects yeah. going. That's, that's I what mean, I that's mean. Great. Yeah. It's great that yeah. it's that, but. That like, you can still have a true Star Trek and not have it be the old school, like, you know, like 60s looking show. Yeah, and I'm not saying like the Rick and Morty-esque way of going about it is the way to always do it. Um, but there is there is a passion in that writer's room that I don't feel in the other Star Trek shows. Mike McMahon uh, eats and breathes Star Trek. Like th that man knows more about Star Trek than I think anybody on the planet. Uh, he's so passionate about that and constantly throwing in just random Easter eggs that just are in the background that you just aren't going to notice unless you're looking. And it's really, really great. And it's he makes all the difference, I think. Love it. Um, I watched the 2018 film Halloween, which nice. is nice. Hollow Green, as I've ha learned that people call it. The Hollow Greeniverse. I, I learned that this week. Really? Mm -hmm. Why do they call it Hollow oh. Green? Because oh, David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. And because they're both titled Halloween, the fast way to, to differentiate it is rather than saying Halloween 2018, Hollow Green. Got Interesting. It. That's why um, people call the fraction Hawkeye run Hawkeye. So, you know, because that's the run where he's called Hawkeye. That's very good. Yeah, that's how you know you talk about the good run. That's very good. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, Halloween is a great movie. That's uh, I really liked that movie when I saw it. My opinion has not changed. Uh, I think the movie's great. Um, there's a review about it, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. We, um, that. we did. Just actually 20 minutes ago, I finished Nightmare on Elm Street, the very first Nightmare on Elm Street film. Excellent. Oh. I'd never seen it before. Uh, it's really great. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys are not surprised to hear me say that. I've never seen it either, so I wouldn't know. Um, Next, I'm going to run I, away now. Bye. So no, many, you're Ben. You're not no, a horror guy. So many, so many films I got to put Ben through. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've, I've seen, I love Freddy's New Nightmare. Um, I saw that only having like pop culture knowledge of Nightmare on Elm Street. West Craven's New Nightmare. New Nightmare, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had like pop culture. Um, yes, wait, you saw of... New Nightmare before the first movie? Yeah, it was on TV, and I wanted to watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and that was the one that was on. You can. We are no, I you get it. No, can. we get it. We're just different people that way. Yeah, yeah. I just would never do that. Uh, I was a different person when I was a kid. Nowadays, I wouldn't do that. Gotcha. Um, but it was on TV, and I was flipping through the TV channels. Remember all those movie channels? Yeah, those are oh, those are the days. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. Uh, I don't think it is. I, I, you know, I think it has aged uh, really well, despite kind of the the, the horror of it aging. Uh, not as well as like you know, horror movies from that time period aren't often scary to people who uh, grew up in this era. Um, but I think the movie is really awesome. Still, it really holds up. Wes Craven is such a. Uh, I, I like him from Scream anyway, but like I, I seeing that kind of early imagination form that would form what would go on to be Scream is really cool. I think the movie's great. Yeah, um, you should definitely soon pick up three because that's yeah. a direct follow-up. And Wes Craven, while he didn't direct it, he had his hands on that one. Um, he didn't come back to direct any of them except for New Nightmare, right? That's that's correct. But the only one he came back in any capacity on that wasn't directing was Dream Warriors. And so Dream Warriors in many ways is seen as a true follow-up to the first one. And when you watch it, you'd see why. And I'd argue it's the best one. I, I would make that argument too. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to watch uh, probably more of them because of how much I like this one. Um, I, I know that, you know, there's always a drop of quality like later era slasher films, but I still want to see more of it. And definitely three, but you guys have been talking about three for years and I'm, I'm very, very uh, interested it's, in it. It's very much like I did this with Megan too because I wanted her to have a, a more pure experience. We went to three and we'll go back to two. Mm -hmm. uh, as two, 
is not at all referenced in three. It doesn't connective tissue. It barely even references the first film, to be honest. It more or less stands on its own. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that like, oh, it's a bad one or anything. It's actually a very interesting film in many ways because it's exploring like repressing your homosexuality using Freddy Krueger as a representation of that. And that's really interesting and everything. And it makes some bold choices, some of them and some of them not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a pure experience is going from one to three. And then two, you could watch it. It it affects nothing to just go back to two at a later date. Okay. I might do that then. Um, All right. Then the final thing I want to talk about is I watched, well, rewatched Independence Day Resurgence, the second Independence Day from Roland Emmerich. Um, My, I went up to Monterey to spend time with my dad while my mom was away. Um, He likes kind of big sci-fi movies. So I always, when we were there, I want to watch it with him because that's kind of how we connect. Um, Especially now that he can read the subtitles. (laughs) <laughs> um i that look that movie is not a good movie mm-hmm. um it pales in comparison to the first film uh which is still a classic to this day um but it's a lot of fun and there is an, an amount of passion that i respond to with roland emmerich in that film he's clearly very interested in building out the world and i do think he does it in interesting ways um but the script doesn't know favors. It, it is really campy, but what, you know, you just kind of have a blast with it. And by the end of the film, you're, 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 you're just laughing and cheering and there's some stupid lines and Jeff Goldblum and Brent Spiner are the only two characters, the only two actors who know what movie they're in. I, uh, that's yeah. The thing I remember, like it, it is big, dumb fun, but like the thing for me that doesn't work, it's most of the characters suck. Yes. The, so, the main, main characters. Movie, like it's hard for me. Like I, I, like Jeff Goldblum is not enough of a draw for me to want to rewatch that entire movie just for yeah. him. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I totally understand it. And it's been years since I've seen it in, my, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, uh, tangentially, uh, it just made me think of it. I'm, I'm always kind of stunned. We've never gone back to Mars attacks. Yeah. I, like, I don't know how that's just sitting there. I got a poster on my wall, man. I love that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was a big hit for, for Burton. It it really wasn't I, at the time, but like that had that had such that needs uh, to be like a TV show or something. Yeah, it, it, there's such a potential for like you. Just, there's a lot of comic books, and there's no rules. You could just come back in and do whatever you wanted. Yeah, it doesn't even have to connect to that original film. Like you can literally just go back and do a Mars Attacks movie. Just do, make it. it whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe too good. I remember just everyone in my school talking about Mars Attacks when that came out. That was my brother's favorite movie at the time. It was wild. It was wild when I saw it in theaters. Freaked me out. Yo, man, Jack Nicholson time. plays like three characters. Uh, yeah, he, I, very he does. I think I, I think this is one of the first times I was really scared in a movie theater. Was the and I don't know what it was about the visuals of this, but the anatomy scene. They do a dissection of one of the Martians, and uh-huh. it really freaked me out. In uh, that in movie the has, movie theater, it's PG thirteen, but it has some like pretty good like body horror stuff. Yeah, and the yeah. and the Martians are freaky. Yeah, like oh, they yeah. are freaky. <laughs> no, you know what freaked me out was when we found out that they cut the woman's head off and put her on Sarah her Jessica Parker on a yeah. dog. Yeah, bro, I watched that movie. So one of my, much one of my favorite stories in that whole thing is Bing Rings on his oh, mission yeah. to get back to his lady. Man, that's a oh yeah. Yeah, he's on his mission to get back to his lady. Yeah, because he kids. Went, yeah, because <laughs> his kids are in, in the East Coast and he's working in Las uh-huh. Vegas. Oh, I remember that Mars Attacks Two resurgence. <laughs> I remember that. That was yeah. That uh, I'm I'm glad my Independence Day talk spawned into a much better movie. Um, <laughs> Nine. Nah, um, but there, as to Ryan's point, yeah, the mean the main trio of kids are not good because they uh, for many reasons. But one of the big ones is they lack the charisma of Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. Um, you know, they were so charismatic as leads together in that first film and almost carry the movie. 
these kids are not those actors. It's Liam Hemsworth. Come on. He's not even the best Hemsworth. Yeah. He's not even the second best Hemsworth. Not the second best Hemsworth. Shots fine. Too many Hemsworths. There's a lot um, of Yeah, but it's a good time. You know, you get some time from the last time you saw it. It's kind of a fun time that you can just mm-hmm. enjoy. And I'm, and I'm and much in the same way that I'm bummed we never got the third of the Titans film. Um, I'm just kind of bummed we didn't get the third Independence Day film because that, like, taking Earth to interstellar space and fighting a galactic war, I'm here for that. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. Uh, I can't even imagine what that movie would be, but the studio right? was like, no way, Jose. Right. The movie bombed. So they were like, no, we're not, yeah. we're not doing that. Oh, you that. want double the budget and just go to space? No, sorry, Roland. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I like, I like big, some, sometimes you just want a big, dumb space movie. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. But that's my week. Should we get into our news then? Ready yeah, for it. Sounds good. Wow. Yeah. That was breezy. That was good. I love it. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Tangented about Mars attacks? Like wild. We did. We, Hold was, on. It was literally under 30 minutes. Wrong. Like, Hold on. You're on oh! today, buddy. Oh, wow. <laughs> How much pain drugs have you taken? Um, not as many as you would expect from what just happened. Uh, okay. So we got some sad news up top. Uh, Andrew Yonchus, who was a longtime colorist for Marvel, passed away this week. At, actually, last month. This We just found out about this this month. But last oh. month, passed away at the age of 77. The... You know, legendary Marvel colorist, but also a a bit that I found interesting is he was a founding member of the Illegitimate Sons of Superman, which was a group that was comprised of the second generation comic book creators. So first generation was Jack Kirby, Stan Lee. Second generation was this guy because they grew up with comic books. They were the first generation to grow up with comic books. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you know, sad passings. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bummer. Did you guys know that uh, Superman creator Jerry Siegel worked on the X Men? He what? I didn't. You learn something new every day. Fickner podcast. You learn something new every day. Yep. Um. All right. So we had some miscellaneous news. Um. Probably the big thing that happened this week is th- Deadline ran with the stupid rumor that Will Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock. <laughs> you know, ridiculous. A ridiculous Except- rumor. Except James Gunn was like, normally I squash these, so uh, you know, welcome to the cast. <laughs> uh, um, well, I think yeah. there's one. There's one specific picture, like because every every news site uses a different picture of this actor. But there's one that I saw where he had he's he's fit and he has long like his long hair, and I'm like, he's already ready. He's he's, he's been preparing for this already. He's he, it's, I really uh, I like the actor a lot. I so, do too, and he's yeah. he is not your typical choice for this role. And that's what the Guardians movie does, I think. And that's what a lot of Marvel movies do. Like, they cast, like, sometimes untraditional people. Um, when you think of Adam Warlock, he's Space Jesus. That's who he is. He's Space Jesus. I, but in Guardians of the Galaxy by James Gunn, he could be literally anything. Knowing knowing he cast Will Poulter, I feel like we're going for something where he's like, I'm the ultimate being. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be, he's going to be so I'm the best. Smug and he went from, yeah. you guys are getting paid, to, let's go, bitches. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I trust James Gunn with everything, so like I saw people like, "How could they do this?" I'm like, "Yeah, because you you hated every other Marvel movie casting, right, guys?" Like, come on, give me a break. I mean, look what he did, Star Lord. Exactly. No, Chris Pratt was you know, frumpy. Chris Pratt. Uh, everyone who's been in a Marvel movie has gotten so attractive. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it helps because you know millions of dollars. And, yeah. Yeah. 
I really like Will Poulter. Um, he's been going in a more dramatic direction uh, these co- last couple of years, but his comedy is really great. So, you know, I think James Gunn likes to work with comedians and kind of well, bring more out of them. Yeah, the well-rounded mm-hmm. actors. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think this is a perfect choice for James. Gunn. Yeah, he's got he's got good chops. He does. I like his chops. Kind of keeping it in with the MCU, um, there is some news about Eternals and Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man No Way Home, that I thought would be interesting Sorry. to talk about. Real quickly, because I didn't want to forget. Two things I don't think are in the news. Did we talk about, uh, did you put in the stuff about the IOTS? Oh, that just happened today? No, I didn't. I forgot. Okay, so uh, yesterday. yesterday. Uh, so oh, an agreement was reached. For the moment, no strike. Okay. It needs to be ratified because the strike is going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um they need to approve it and go through with it and it's it's likely it, it might need renegotiating down the line it's but not for now it's, it's it from what i've like i've said i don't work in a business from what i've seen this isn't the best option but it's considerably better but and, like they yeah. they they want more it's it's step one yes. forward and it's preventing a strike but the negotiations the implication is that the negotiations are going to continue for more mm-hmm. of what they're asking for this is just sidestepping the immediate strike okay. my uh as soon as this happened, I texted a friend of mine who who works who works um, in the IOTC union uh, because he, he works on all the uh, he works on a bunch of TV sets and whatnot. Uh, and I asked him about it, and he said, you know, uh, it's not it, it it's not what we were asking for, and it, honestly, it's not even close. But we're gonna vote to we're gonna vote on it in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if they vote obviously no, then they go back to the negotiating table. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, you know, we all, I think we're, I speak for all of us when I, we all stand for IATSE. So, mm-hmm. yes, uh, absolutely. Like, uh, it, I'm glad that things seem to be moving at least in a mostly positive direction, even if it's crawled, crawling there. Yeah, crawling. Uh, all right. So, there were some, some MCU kind of things came out about Spider Man No Way Home and Eternals. I thought it could be fun to talk about. What was the other reason why I thought of the fact that there was news things? Real quick, also, Hawkeye, we now know two episodes for its premiere. Uh, oh, yeah. Which makes a ton of sense given that uh, Boba Fett is dropping the end of December. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way that that's one a week of Hawkeye because they're not going to overlap. So, yeah. yeah. It now makes sense. Um, yeah. Two episodes of Hawkeye, which is very interesting. They did that with WandaVision, but that made more sense to me because was, it was the shorter sitcom yeah. show you had to sell us on the concept yeah. of. Yeah, this is uh, like a 45-plus minute show. Yeah, this is an so. interesting It's going to be like a, like, an, like a movie pilot. We also yeah. got our first look at Linda Carlini in the new trailer. They got her. Thank goodness. They did get her. got her. Thank you, Linda. We, uh, we heard initially that they didn't. Yeah, I know. I, that's why I was really happy to see her in the trailer. To be fair, like... Yeah. It seems like obviously like they're apart, so they could have like not finished filming her stuff yet. And then like the one scene she's in, like in her it own looks, house. It looks like he took the kids for a thing to New York. Yeah. And she was supposed to meet them. Things went wrong, so he yes. had to send the kids back. Yeah. I'm glad she's there though. Gotta fight some vampire. Oh, what the they're called? They're, they're tracksuit mafia. Gotta yeah. fight some dudes. Tracksuit mafia Draculas, but they're not actually Draculas. Gotta yeah. fight some dudes. That's what they call them. All right. And other MCU news then. Um the Eternals. Uh, was revealed. Uh, we well, we heard that the Eternals are now from a planet called Olympia, uh, who go around fighting the deviants across the galaxy. So quite yeah, a change. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's make this. Let's make this whole team boring. Hell yeah, baby, I love it. Yeah, uh, I was. I thought you'd have some words. Uh, listen, like I'm not a big Eternals fan, but like this is a change that just there's no reason to to do this. If you're gonna yeah. do the Eternal stuff, just like do what do what Kirby was doing, like. This makes it just feel super lame and like, oh, we're just here to fight bad guys. And like, that's not what they're about at all. I think it's the disheartening notion of 
everyone kind of looking comic fans looking to Eternals as we're finally going like big cosmic, and they're like, well, we're 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 going sort of. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pull back a little bit on your like we're going yeah. big cosmic concepts because because we're not, which is really weird at a time when we've just had the Watcher stuff happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On what if? Um, and again, like they showed, like, but, it, but that is the like overall vibe. It's just like oh, we're not gonna get too crazy, y'all. Yeah. Uh, with this news, and then they released a one minute clip. I my excitement has diminished greatly. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I still am excited, but like, you know, I, maybe it's because I'm not a huge Eternals fan in the first place, but like man that action scene was so flat you guys oh my god oh my i didn't god. watch it it's it and oh man like if that's what the action's gonna look like then it can have a billion dollars in the world it's not gonna help it like interesting uh, sorry um yeah the the eternals uh this also removes their connection to thanos kind of permanently yep, yep. um we i kind of thought they might because thanos is we're led to believe he's a he's a, just an alien from a different planet um but yeah, this kind of like and, squashes and honestly, that. And honestly, they could have, they could have like, like Thanos is gone. They don't need to touch Thanos. They could have still done the original Eternals Deviant stuff and just not talk about Thanos because you don't yeah. need to. Like it just, it just seems like, like not that the Eternals is complicated, but they're under complicating it. So like to, to save the audience, because like they don't think we can handle it. And I'm like, you got to give your audience more credit, guys. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're not dumb. <laughs> The, the other big change is about well, the deviants. Sorry, real quick. Chloe Zhao is out there talking like a big game about uh, what what the emotional impact of the film is going to be. And I'm like, boy, I, 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 I really I, hope you're right. I really want to believe it too. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so the, the another, and another big change, the change to the deviants. The deviants are now a parasitic alien uh, species who go from planet to planet, killing the apex predators of the, spe- of the planet and taking their characteristics. Oh, so is that how the dinosaurs died? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I was kidding. Well, not no, but maybe. Um, so, like, <laughs> the thing about the Eternals that's that is cool. It's like they're the Eternals and the Deviants. Like, they're both made from the same people, but the Deviants are ugly. So they're like, so like people don't like them. So like they they become monsters because tr- people treat them like monsters. But in here, it's just like no, they are they're just monsters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I really hope they explore that shit because like Crow is the main villain. Crow is so cool in this Eternals comic by Kieran Gillen right now. I'm like. God, if they're just gonna like simplify, supposedly played by Dan Stevens, played by Dan Stevens, yeah. Like, if they're really gonna simplify all the stuff, I'm like, then why did you even make this movie? Like, yeah. I, I'm still excited, but like, yeah. When they, make- when they decided, to, when they did it, when they sold us Eternals, we kind of took that as a sign of like, oh, you're ready to go bold, and they were like, okay, but not that bold. Yeah, and again, like, like. It is still like big in scope, like seven thousand years. Like that is still pre everything MCU. But we still like, see pretty good Celestials. One hundred percent, yeah. Um, I just feel like Thanos should have been the, the the scope that I'm expecting is now not going to be there. Right. Um, yeah. which you know, I got Doom coming out, so I'm fine. That's true. Oh, I thought you said Doom. I'm like, hold up, what? Doom four. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the other thing was about Spider-Man No, no Way Home. Tom Holland uh said. That they, are tre- that they treated Spider-Man No Way Home as the end of the Homecoming franchise. And whatever comes next will be something else. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. You finish makes sense, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I There is a sense that what, of what he said to me anyway, that uh, negotiations are in talks right now. Because he's still got one more MCU movie, right? What was, no. the, what was the one? In- oh, Doctor Strange. I thought that no, was, was true. I thought that was true. But uh, a lot of places are saying this is the last movie in his contract. Interesting. Yeah. I thought he. I thought when they renewed it, they too. were like one more and then another appearance. 
Could it have been Endgame? Could they have counted Endgame? No, because that deal was made after Far From Home was coming out. Yeah. Well, anyway, like, this is the end of, like, the story that's being told in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever happens with Sony's Venom-verse, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. I can't speculate because uh, it's impossible no. to know. I'm not saying that we're losing Spider-Man. I think what he's talking about was very, was very, um, was very telling of like, we're talking about bringing about keep going. Like Sony and Marvel are still considering what the next trilogy could be. Like if we hear about another deal, it would be with another trilogy in mind this, uh, and whatever that would be, would be because he'd think, be older. Yeah. I also think, cause he's talking about it in tandem with like, you know, I think if there is another with Tom Holland, John Watts is not part of it anymore. No, he's doing, uh, this fantastic. is the end of John Watts and Tom Holland working on Spider-Man. This is the end of the, the home trilogy. I don't think they'd carry over that motif anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it could mean that kind of stuff, but Ryan's right. Like it's just too early to know until we see the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I'm, we're getting more Spider-Man no matter what. So like, I'll see that in two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Speaking of David Gordon green, uh, he is working on a Disneyland origin story uh, yeah david gordon green is directing a movie about walt disney's real life journey to building disney world didn't we get that the... already? no oh, oh we're saving mr banks i don't know that was very uh, popular that doesn't count yeah that's a good movie though. it is um oh boy i forgot about this guy's name shit evan <laughs> evan spitiotopoulos okay. spitiotopoulos um, is scripting the movie. Uh, you guys will probably know him best from Tarzan 2, Cinderella 3, The Rock Hercules movie, uh, the 2017 Beauty and the Beast, and this year's Snake Eyes. Wow. Ooh. Man, That's talk, a lot of... talk about a track record. Ooh. Talk about the opposite of <laughs> all bangers. Oh, boy. Ooh. Oh, it's all shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, no disrespect, uh, sir. You make you probably make a lot of money. Cinderella's three is pretty good. Yeah, I, that was like I heard that was the best of the Disney sequels. So, uh, I mean, no, that's I'll... still Lion King too. I'll fight you on that. You got to fight him to the screen. He can't <laughs> fight you. He's only heard it. He's just oh, you're right. <laughs> other people's opinions. Um, uh, I mean, cool. Uh, like I'll watch a movie about Disneyland's origin. I feel like there's like eighty documentaries covering it in different ways i don't know like how the, how much we need yeah but like not, not Di- by having disney's influence to make sure it's a perfect disney representation like, well, i'll tell you right now like i think up. what would be the most interesting thing is if it was from the perspective of his brother yeah if it was from mm. boy's perspective that would be a little more interesting. or his daughter who didn't want who want to give away all their money mm, yeah yeah I, I was gonna say because the store like you go to disneyland you go inside the emporium or in the gift shops you find the books there's like three books with the story of how disneyland started and then you got you got the thing in Main Street with where they replay that 50th anniversary video with uh, Steve Martin and Donald Duck the whole time. Yeah. That's true. So uh, there are three, there are three docu series uh, on Disney Plus that came out in the last two years about the origins of Disneyland. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think I, I'm curious if a lot of like it's they wanted to get a movie about Walt out for a while, and I wonder if this is how they're kind of like backdooring away into like finally getting that out. Because like for a long time, everyone knows it was going to be Ryan Gosling playing, mm-hmm. playing for a, a chunk of time that passed, um, I, which I think would be really interesting. It's honestly kind of shocking to me that Disney hasn't made a movie that's just literally about Walt. Um, uh, but I'm I'm open to it. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I I like 
the history of Disneyland. I love studying the history of Disneyland. And I mean, I'm probably gonna go see us see this no matter what. So, I mean, cool. I didn't need it, but I'm like, yeah. I just hope I just hope it does something with it that's like not something you can get from all those documentaries. Yeah, I kind of hope that too. Like, if it's from Roy's perspective, that'd be really cool. If it incorporates a lot more of what you see, so like, because there, there's the Walt Disney Family Museum up in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and while that has a lot of like Disney animation stuff and Disneyland stuff, that's a part of it. A whole almost two thirds of that museum is just about the family. Okay. It really is the Walt Disney Family Museum, and it's about like how Walt and Roy were mm-hmm. affected by their their family lives, the hardships they faced, the things that they did that were so impressive that led to the stuff of Disney. Yeah, and if you can bring a lot more of that, which isn't as deeply entrenched in the documentaries, like I know way more about that stuff from visiting that museum than mm-hmm. I do from those documentaries. If that kind of stuff goes in here, great, great. I kind of want to I see doubt it, it too. But... <laughs> All right, one last small tangent. I would like to see if this movie does happen, or obviously this movie is happening, uh, but if it is from the perspective of Roy, I would like to see Roy at his desk, just like, oh, great. And then Walt comes like, Roy, I got an idea. No, no. <laughs> it's like, hear me, but, but hear me out. And then that's the idea for Disneyland. All right. Uh, so we'll see. David Gordon Green is an interesting choice already. And then you got this guy, Evan. Is he, uh, last is he name. making this before or after that Exorcist trilogy? Oh, that's a good. Probably, that's a good question. Probably before. I bet it's a cal- palate cleanser for Halloween. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is after. Uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised if this is long in the tooth. Yeah. Uh, one of those Disney projects where they're like, "We want this," and it's not necessarily. He's still got to make Halloween first. Still not necessarily close. Yeah, he's got to make that uh, Halloween movie. There's first. a lot of mm-hmm. Disney things that have been on the docket that have been pushed back for eternity. That Peter Pan movie was known about for forever. Mm. There's a Peter uh, Pan movie. Yep. Yeah, that's coming out. Huh. Mm-hmm. There, um, the John Favreau film. I was but was one of those too yeah yeah um I, I just got a real quickly i forgot something about my week that i wanted to mention that i wanted to bring up um i just got a tweet notification uh from a thread that's going on right now where oh, I, I i tagged mark for hayden which was the writer we've talked about him before on on the book club uh i just found out he was a showrunner for seasons two three and four of battlestar galactica mm-hmm uh, so I tweeted about that. Wow, that was so cool. And then he te- and then he tweeted back at me, and I'm like, oh my god. And then Jane Evanson <laughs> tweeted back at me, and I'm like, oh my god. And oh, other... I, also forgot, I also forgot what I did this week. I finished all of Demon Slayer. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> we were we were at Franco's today. He's like trying to find Demon Slayer merch for a costume. Uh, I talked about it before, but Battlestar Galactica is a huge show for me. I love that show so much. It was it, it's it's uh, really important to me. So getting Brandon. just all these notifications from these writers was fantastic you didn't watch swamp thing right not yet well he worked on it so you should watch it i i I definitely want to i'm gonna wait till after i'm done with doom patrol because i want to get through that and then i'll start swamp thing sure all right cowboy bebop um netflix has secured the rights to stream the anime uh in both his classic dub and sub formats beautiful so they're not redubbing it awesome um, that, would be, that would be wildly stupid. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna replace. Uh, um. Oh crap. No. Steve Bloom. Thank you. I, um, I even I even call Evangelion's questionable, but I wouldn't call it as blatantly stupid as Cowboy Bebop being recast <laughs> for the dub would be. Like that's just foolish. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But the original voice cast of the uh, Japanese uh, version will dub the new live action show in Japan. Yes. As they should. As they should. That's awesome. That's that's truly cool. Because yeah. all those actors are now older too. Yeah. Um. So like, it, that's so cool. It's kind of like how when we get when we watch the live action, the Japanese live action 
Death Note movies. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. dub actors from the show, from the oh. anime, dubbed the um, act, the characters in the live action movies. It. Japan yeah. is very good about keeping their anime voice actors for as long as they can mm-hmm. uh, on the characters. I mean, the, the lady playing Goku, yeah. she's like forever. <laughs> Wait, how old is she again? Very um, old I'll, enough. I'll look it up while we're. She's doing older than stuff. Goku at this point. I thought she was. Didn't we say she was like eighty? I'm sure uh, she's in her eighties. That's crazy. I would be. I didn't know if she was. Um. All right. Oh, well, Sparks is looking that up. We'll, we'll, uh... Masako Nazawa is 84 years old. She will be 85 October 25th this year. She's still Goku? What? She's still and Goku. That's, Goku that's... is, uh, what, 45 now, canonically? Yeah. Jesus. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't, even, I don't even think that because we've gone backwards. That's true. We have. Anime has just gotten younger and hotter. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, well, hold on. This ain't GT. I was saying, these look Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Like, that's, you can't get any. You have 12 pack abs. Um, all right. Well, this happened today that I that I didn't miss. Why the last man was canceled. Oh, oh I missed this. Whoa, yep. What? Um, Eliza Clark, the showrunner, uh, put on Twitter a really great response of like, we're trying to find a home for the show because this is a very diverse group of people and we want to continue to make this show that's not the comic. But not in a negative way. Just like, you know, we, we want to do things better than that comic did. Right. But without actually saying that. Right. But like, we believe in this show so much. And I know I like that first episode, but we haven't continued. Yeah, yeah. I, um, and, I actually got Fanny onto it. Beautiful. She's been watching it. She's yeah, been wanting to get Megan on it. But Megan wants to do like Halloween-centric things. Well, now we only got one season. So, um, yeah. hey, man, it, it the thing is, it was a extremely expensive show. And then the pandemic really upped it over. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, it's, it's just, just so bold to, it feels so crazy to have put as long a development into that show and not give it yeah. a little more breathing. I'm sure like the first couple episodes, like the ratings were just horrible. And they're like, it doesn't we cannot afford to do another season of this. Like it's yeah, nobody it's, was watching it. It sucks. I mean it was, to be fair, a holdover from the uh Fox deal with Disney. Yeah. That's also uh, true. Yeah. Maybe the people upstairs are like, oh yeah, we don't even care anymore. Yeah. Right. It could be that. Um they just buried it on on Hulu. Yeah, because again, if it, if it was doing well, gangbusters, no, it's still it's still on FX, right? It still airs on FX because FX is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. That's part of the right. But it's still airing on TV on FX. Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. If FX is still a channel, then yes, it FX is. is still a channel. Yeah, yeah. I do so remember. Have cable I think can still watch it. Uh, I do think they're going to sundown FX soon. I think I heard that somewhere, but I don't know when. That would be a kind of insane move they have fx and then fxx as well they have so many like it's always sunny sunny the the thing the thing that i i read was uh disney wants to just keep fx exclusively on hulu so that would be like a hulu channel afterwards Uh, i don't like no i mean i mean i don't i'm just explaining the news true if no context there then great but fx has some amazing television shows it's always sunny's my favorite show yeah always sunny sons of anarchy well, all um, those things would still be being made they'd just be made exclusive Hulu. Hulu. true and i'm it's just like the disney the dc shows now are hbo max I mean, I mean it's inevitability yeah yes but i feel like fx is one of those channels that gets a lot of at the actual they're doing reservation viewing, dogs where yes uh, it gets a lot of that cable viewing audience that what we do most channels don't there's a lot yeah. of other channels and like, is, those could be sundown yeah. and this maybe yeah. shouldn't be i would be yeah. dreadfully sad i yeah. mean i'm mean, okay i mean if they send out fx no i know yeah i'm just like i just like i don't even want to think of that's awful I mean, if they send out fx bummer but as long as they put keep putting the shows on hulu because I, I don't have cable anymore so, but i still watch what we do in the shadows on hulu, hulu. Yeah, yeah i could still yeah, catch that's up why that's why uh, throw some of those shows under the bus yeah like, I, I heard that's why aliens is exclusive to hulu so like fx on hulu but like just on hulu Okay. Mm. okay. Um. All right. We could be wrong. Who knows? 
Time will tell. Yeah. All right. Uh, some comic book news. Actually, a lot of really interesting things came out from DC Comics. The solicitations dropped this week, but I want to talk about Diamond Comics, um, which has been struggling, obviously, since they've lost their main money makers. Good. Um, although Penguin Random House is growing over comic book stores. Oh no! Yeah, unfortunately, their their uh, distribution methods are horrible. And books are just being, being damaged left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insert you were the chosen one meme here. Yeah. I if you had told me which one would be the best, Lunar or Random, uh, a Penguin Random House, I would have told you Penguin. Yeah. I I mean, Lunar is I can't believe that's done so well. Yeah. Let's let's hope they have more to prove. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um. Hopefully it fixes itself. Um. I know my heart goes out to the comic book stores dealing with their horrible packaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But Diamond, however, has acquired CGA, which is uh, CGC's, the main grading company for comic books. That's their competitor. Ooh, not anymore. Right. So Diamond has, has bought CGA, which includes all the other um, grading services I that mean, they do. This does this makes sense for them because, like, if they're losing comic books, like, you could still grade them, and like that'll get you a ton of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, because people love grading comics. So, I, like, def- I definitely want to send my comic to be graded to the people who ship notoriously badly <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of like, <laughs> yeah. well, even now with the oh man it's it's probably even worse now because you send your comic because brian how long did it take for you to get uh uh spy first experience spiral going back from being graded graded oh it it, it it was like half a year yeah it's gonna yeah. be like a probably year and a half now because yeah. since the pandemic people have been it's been, just, it's been worse yeah, well yeah. not just that just this new boom of people sending in pokemon cards in the comic books if people don't well, see the, their stuff from the supply, and half, or, and the supply chain's a mess yeah, yeah. the supply chain yeah. that's another big reason the supply chain sucks um okay let's go needs to give a shit about the postal service don't you freaking dare <laughs> no no i'm saying <laughs> that our the, the head of our government oh yeah 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 they should ben was like don't you care about my job don't you do it what are you talking about? I don't work there. <laughs> um, all right. Some comic book news. Uh, Marvel announced X-Men Legends number 12 will be coming out in, in February. And we'll see the return of Chris Claremont. Who's that? To the X-Men. Um, with uh, Scott Eaton doing art on a prequel to their Excal- to, to the Excalibur run that, that Claremont did. Um, this is probably going to be about Destiny and Mystique. Um, them finally confirming that that Rogue and uh, Nightcrawler are their kids, because they like the well, they like they're the, all in this. They're all in this description. Yes, that's I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited for this book. So is every X Men fan on the effing planet. Um, because Papa Chris is coming back. Um, yeah, X Men Legends has been really cool. I haven't read all of them. Um, but it's like old school writers like Fabian Nicieza and some of those older guys like coming back to do stories from the '90s and just telling like the next chapter just 25 years later um this is great because like you know uh destiny and mystique and all that shit's really hot right now so uh papa chris is coming back to like yeah you guys like my shit let me let me work it in for you and i'm like oh this is so good i'm so excited yeah it's cool all right now the promised batman uh sorry dc stuff um you guys really like it when just so i know you guys really like it when they do like origin stories for batman there's like three out right now Listen, it depends. I bought two Batman books last week. They were pretty good. So, was one Oops. of them uh, imposter? the imposter? Yeah. yeah, that 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 looks just like the trailer. I just watched my guy. Oh yeah, I heard really great things about that. I haven't been to the store yet, but it's on my list. If the story's good, I give a shit. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Chip Zdarsky is is taking a crack at it. Damn with, it! <laughs> with Batman the Knight, uh, he's doing this with Carmine D. Gian 
GM Dom- Domenico. You're fine. All right. I apologize. Um, it's going to be a 10 issue limited series, and we'll uh, see the origin of Batman and his never ending fight against crime in Gotham City. Uh, is. Oh. I read that wrong. Sorry. Uh, well, it's modern mythology. Uh, but what of the story? But what of the story in between? How did an angry, damaged young man grow into the most accomplished detective and crime fighter the world has ever known? How did the Dark Knight begin? He went to ninja school. So, like, obviously, this sounds extremely generic. Um, I I am a, I'm a free subscriber of Chip Zdarsky's newsletter. Um, this is the most excited comic book he's ever written. He yeah. is he is over the moon. He's, he's after Devil's Reign. A lot of people are speculating that he's going to go to DC more um, because his DC stuff is really great. But like that dude loves Batman. Um, and he said the first issue of this book is the best thing he's ever written. So I'm going to buy it no matter what. Because yeah. I trust yeah. Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. That dude has never written a bad comic. I've never read a bad I'll, Chip Zdarsky comic. I'll spend a lot ski for Zdarsky. That's the next. That's it. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I'll definitely give it the first issue. Like it sounds like, yeah, what a Batman's origin. I'm like, but again, like you do it different. You give it a different yeah. style, different flavor. You give it Zdarsky. Like, um, I'll buy it. Like on, on yeah. one hand, it, the same Batman story we've known for years. But on the other hand, well, just shut up. But on the other hand, Chip friggin' Zdarsky. Well, we, how many Batman comics? There, are, there's obviously like year one, but like where he is still very, very young and he is not truly Batman. There aren't that many. The last ten years of Batman comics, there's like, there's it's like, that, I think it's more that people feel like it's been done so much. Oh no, through, I agree. Like, through through other media, so yeah. they're like, oh, it's everywhere. And it's no, there's also been uh, there are all like too many series out right now that are dealing with it so. sure sure no i get it um batman sells but um True. writers sell more for me so i mean yeah this is the just the premise of the writer is the thing that's yeah. going to get me to chip in on this one and uh uh the artist uh is, is tremendous they've done work with zadarsky before i forget which book it was but uh tremendous artist. it wasn't uh fantastic four x-men right that I, don't, was... I don't think so okay it might hmm. be. uh yeah I, look I love Chipsarski as well. Um, I'd love it if he went to DC. That'd be great. Um, they need some fresh blood. Batman Superman uh, looks like it's going to be relaunched. We don't know what title it's going to get. This is after Jane Yang's run has ended. Um, and Detective Comics 1050, Mark Wade will team up with Dan Mora uh, to write a Batman Superman story that will spin off into a series. Oh, that's oh, cool. Okay. Good. I uh, I'm glad it's a spinning off, and Mark Wade isn't taking over Detective Comics mm-hmm. because that'd be rude to uh, Marika Tamaki, who's doing that book right now. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, less straight white dudes writing comics, the better, in my opinion. <laughs> Not that uh, Mark Wade's bad. No, oh, right. And I love Dan Mora too. So seeing yeah. him finally be able to draw Superman in a series is gonna be really great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, the, and the outfits are like very classic, like old school, like big smiling Superman, like like you know, like Keaton looking Batman. Like I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, Dan Mora's got a variant for uh, uh, Dark Knights of Steel. Mm-hmm. Really want it. It looks really good. I'm so excited. Oh yeah, I forgot about Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, was that coming out next month? Next month? I think so. Okay, cool. Uh, well, Ram V had actually quite a bit of news this week. Um, okay. He is leaving Catwoman uh, at the issue thirty-eight, and Teeny Howard and Nico Leon are going to be taking over the series at issue thirty-nine. I picked up. Catwoman from issue one because of Ram V, and then uh, I'm really sad to hear him go because I love Catwoman, which we'll definitely talk about later. Um, and I was like, man, uh, who's who are they gonna get? And they get Teeny Howard, and I'm like, well, you bro, yeah, you're just you're getting a girl to write Catwoman, but like, thank you, like who's better than Ram V, an actual uh, lady doing it? Uh, hey guys, you should be Catwoman too. I'm good. Sparks, we're gonna say something. 
No, I was just going to say, and they get Teeny Howard. And that's, yeah. That'll keep you. I like Teeny um, Howard's Excalibur. That's um, all I can say about Teeny Howard. That's all I read of hers. Obviously, uh, we knew his Swamp Thing is coming to an end. So that's not really news. But what is a news uh, is that uh, January will also see the end of his Justice League Dark run. Uh, he does say that DC has plans to keep the title going in some way, but it won't be with him. He was pretty clear about that. Um, season two of Swamp Thing is definitely going to happen, though. That book, that book is doing very well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe it. Um, a lot of people are speculating that he's going to start writing more for Marvel. I mean, he's, he's doing Venom. Um, yeah, um, he hasn't signed any exclusive contracts, and like him, guys like him and Zdarsky and like Teeny Howard, like they're doing a bunch of stuff on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm in this like cross the streams. I don't care. I love it. Yeah. Henry Ramby is pretty great. I'm choking a little bit. <laughs> Got it. Ramby is pretty great. These Savage Shores is the best comic to come out in a couple years, in my opinion. Uh, the Super Sons maybe may have ended again with its third miniseries, but Superman and Robin special will be coming out this time, being about uh, the current day Superman and Robin, uh, John Kent, I should say. Uh, from Peter Peter J. Tomasi and Victor Bogdanovic. Well, one of those is pretty cool. Which I, one? I have to say, I am really happy. Tomasi. I, I have to say, I am really happy that Tomasi's had so much opportunity post-Bendis messing with John Kent to go back and still write young John Kent. Yeah. I'm glad that that has existed. Uh, and I'm glad that he'll now get to like play in the space with current John Kent. Yeah. Yeah. As of now, it's only a one shot. I'm really excited for this, though. Uh, I love Super Sons. My issue, as I've mentioned before, with Bendis' uh, John Kent wasn't necessarily that he aged him up. It was that he aged him up and didn't give him a personality. Um, Are you reading Superman, Son of Kal-El? Something I was about to say is that Tom Taylor has given him back that personality, and I'm really happy because I read the... I forgot to mention about it, but I read the issues, I think the first two issues uh, this week because of something that happened in the news. I was hoping you would. Yeah. Uh, I've had them for a while. I just haven't had a chance to read them. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, so Tom Taylor has given back his personality, and so I'm really happy that Peter Tomasi kind of feels comfortable enough to play with older John Kent to do that. He also doesn't have that scar anymore, which I'm really happy about. Oh, that's right. He has a scar. Yeah. Uh, What's wrong with scars? Well, What's wrong with scars? No, I'm, I'm really asking. Nothing is wrong with scars. I just did not like that super that Superboy slash John Kent had a scar. I just forgot he had it. Do you not like my scar that I have been? Does that make me a defaulted person? Or scar is not a, human? I have a scar. Someone's braces cut me. <laughs> I thought that was very weird. Um, all right. Uh, also, what happened this week, something that I think I wanted to mention um, is that John Kent was revealed that in Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue five, John Kent will be revealed as bisexual. Uh, and I thought that was excellent. because I mean, yeah, you, it's great. You need I like you how you more... said it. Like... Go ahead, finish your thought. Well, I just, I just, you need more bisexual representation, you know. Uh, I, I felt really passionate about this. Uh, Tim Drake happened a couple of weeks ago. We didn't talk about it, but uh, Urban Legends number eleven, I believe it is, um, revealed that Tim Drake is going to be bisexual. And just to have positive bisexual representation is such so, so fine. Just finally a good thing. And having these two characters be it is is wonderful. Uh, I was going to say, I thought it was really fun just the way you presented it. Like, th- it was important for me that we talk about this this week. Like, we weren't going to talk about it. It was one of the biggest news items of the week, <laughs> uh, even before Fandom no, came out. Apologies. I-, I meant to say, like, you know, like, I, I felt very passionate yeah. about it. No, I get you. I get you. Um, um, I want to I want to bring up one thing. Um, this wouldn't have happened unless Bendis aged the character up. So, um, that's true. Uh, one bad thing led to an even greater thing, in my opinion. Right. So, right. Uh, thank you, Bendis. 
Uh, I'm glad you're gone now, though. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, like, honestly, Tom Taylor has been doing some great work giving back a personality to John Kent. Um, and, and, you know, all a good writer can make me okay with any idea, even if I don't like it. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, Dean Cain can go suck a dick. Oh, yeah. my Other God. That, um, oh, that, yeah. Great. Screw him. He's been, um, he's been shitty for Ben. No, I know. That. He still have that. No, I know. Of he's course just, he's nobody's it. Superman. Like, but that he even had to weigh in on this is ridiculous. I well, mean, he, he, knows, he, he wants knows to pretend to be relevant, and yeah. nobody gives a crap. Yeah. Except conservatives who yeah. are bisexuals. I, I, I keep forgetting about Dean Kane is not a good person, and I freaking just... Just want to forget. Well, I. it's also the fact that one of my prized possessions is his headshot in the Superman suit signed with my name on it that my dad got me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a it's a great gift. So, great gift. yeah. Um, just know just know that you care more about Superman than actually Superman does. Just your that's true. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um, yeah, I keep forgetting about that. But yeah, Superman come. Uh, jo uh, John can coming out as bi. Rad. That's hey, awesome. Hey everybody, go buy Superman Son of Kal-El because the more you buy that book, uh, the longer he will be Superman, and then uh, the status quo won't be changed. And just like keep it, keep also, it how it is. I like also, how it is. Really great. Really great that John Kent will be bisexual. Absolutely, I'm here for it. Very happy about it, all that kind of stuff. I'm also very happy about the fact that Superman now gets to be the most supportive LGBTQ father. Hell yeah. Like, ever. Oh, hell yeah. The whole thing he ever needed to be. Because, like, it is, it is like, it's great that a Superman character like John Kent is bisexual, but it's also great that we get to have classic superman being like mm -hmm. i support my son yeah because i'm a good because person even, even yeah. if superman isn't because the one he, being gay right he's supportive so he's exactly yeah, yeah. and he gets to be that that father because someone put it very well that like uh in talking about it this week that um superman is like a father figure to everybody yeah uh mm -hmm. having superman be able to be this role model of this type of father fantastic fantastic thing. I'm, I'm so excited to read that issue and like and two minutes to go. Oh hell yeah, my son! Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. All right. So part yeah. of me really hopes that next year for Pride, they come out, they make a variant cover where Superman's cape is the Pride they flag. Already, and they already have. Damn it! And they well, didn't do no, it during Pride. They did it after Pride because you don't need to do it during Pride. Well, no, I uh, there could be like a second cover for next year's Pride. They could do yeah. that. No, well, but so Superman has like the Pride flag, but then Jonathan has the bisexual flag. What what I'm imagining as, is, as their capes. What, what I'm, I'm imagining is the opportunity for us to have superman moments maybe even has him being clark kent but like it being in a superman comic and knowing it's him of things like the thing where you know the famous one that everyone loves it you know talking someone off the roof before they commit suicide right but now it can be uh that contemporaryism of uh the yeah. the dads who yeah, are awesome. dads who go to pride and say you know i'm, I'm supportive of my kid mm -hmm. i'm offering dad hugs for those who don't have dads who are supportive yeah. and he can be that person Either if they do they an adaptation of that literally, yeah. or just through what he's going to do in the comics, he can be that person for everybody now, yeah. and that's awesome. It oh, is. Yeah. Among yeah. other things, uh, bisexual representation in the media um, is the reason was the reason for a lot of uh, mistakes I made as a child. Um, so having this positive representation, finally with Tim Drake, the, the Elvira, you know Jonathan Kent, I know two of them are fake characters but uh i just think that having that added. positive yeah yeah i just think it's very just very i, I wish i could have had this when i was a kid i, I think very, a lot of things would have been different i'm happy that things will be different for other kids yep. absolutely very much in, in such a big way like we have to recognize where like our contemporary our contemporary representations in pop culture affect and morph especially for young minds 
the way we translate and what we do in the world and how we adapt that into our personas, which is why things like what Dave Chappelle did with his recent special is so bad is that it's like, sure, they can be jokes, but like the jokes are an excuse for things that become worse. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and having these kind of role models be able to step into these positions now is great. Yeah, I agree. Peacemaker is getting a new book. There's one shot uh, from Garth Ennis. This is Gary the... Brown. Garth Ennis is literally the perfect person for, for Peacemaker, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to read the solicitation for this one? Uh, is it long? Not that long. Read it. Uh, long before joining the Suicide Squad, Christopher Smith, codenamed Peacemaker, meets with a psychiatric, a psychiatric, psychiatrist, a woman dangerously obsessed with his bizarre and violent past. From this tragic, from his tragic childhood to his military service overseas to his multiple missions with special forces, Smith has more than his share of skeletons in the closet. But who's actually analyzing whom? And will this trip down memory lane result in yet more fatalities? Cool. Uh, I, I love Garth Ennis. That dude writes like like heavy, violent satire. Like he's maybe the best in, in the, com the comic biz. So like him doing a peacemaker, especially like the John Cena like is in our minds mind area now. Yeah. Um, like uh, I'll buy this one shot for sure. Garth Ennis rules. Yeah, we're at DC Fandom now. The fandom. Welcome to the to the Fandom once again this year. But wait, uh, we got to do the thing that they did in Fandom where like they're really zoomed out and they zoom in on a guy. Hey, welcome to Fandom. I'm on a green screen. Oh, do you that. want me to do the countdown oh! again? <laughs> no, don't. Um, I want to, before we get into the news pieces, I do want to broad strokes it. In general, how do you guys feel about Fandom compared to last year for this one? I mean, it's impossible to compare to last year's because it's just a continuation of it. So, but I liked it. See, I, I don't think it's quite impossible to compare, which is why I wanted to bring it up because I liked last year's more. And I, yeah. liked, last, yeah. I liked last year's more because of the, the schedule setup. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that like it, it left room for like all these kind of in, at, at least more engaged and interesting conversations about uh, what the comics are doing, what they're wanting to do. There were specific like it felt like making the room for a convention panel to be accessible to your home. And since they want to continue fandom, I was hoping that that's something we could continue. When, when we never got a schedule for this, I was like, well, yeah. that's probably not going to happen. And, and sure enough, it's distilled mostly all except for a couple of spots down to the movies, movies and yeah. games. All the nerdy uh, stuff. And TV is, shows. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I just wish we still had that because that was an opportunity where those writers got to be out there. And like more people came to comics because of that. That mm -hmm. did happen. And it's I just in general wanted to address i think it's a bummer that this is this is probably fandom of the future yeah it is definitely more like what, this com is, what this comic con is just, has this is just super holly yeah 100%, rather yeah. than like a whole dc focus like opportunity to explore these yeah things. and while i i do agree with that um like a lot of this was just showing us stuff more in depth of last year's stuff um but also like there is there is i saw new stuff for the movies that i didn't expect to see so like I oh yeah I'm not I'm not shitting on like the things yeah. that we got to see I I'm more just criticizing the choice to stream the strip the format down I have to and imagine I wish that didn't happen I have to mm -hmm. imagine honestly that's like regular people just don't care about comic stuff and I know that's like it's like that sucks because like if you're doing and, this eight hour thing make it for everyone but yeah, yeah. like and I know we're know. gonna bring it up in the news but like I I. I'm very glad that Milestone had its moment. That's what I was going to bring thank up. Thank goodness. They're getting like a whole, yeah. Yeah, thank goodness yeah, that they absolutely. had their moment because they were one of the bright spots of like that kind of thing. Like I was worried that that kind of shit was all going to be out the window and they at least had that. Um, but yeah, I, that was my general takeaway. Go ahead. I, I agree uh, largely. I did watch this kind of with one eye on the road because um, I was I watched it while I was driving down. 
whatever. Don't give me a ticket. Um, and uh, well, you're, so, you're home. I can't give you a ticket now. So I, I, re- I did really enjoy it, but I didn't. I wasn't quite thinking about kind of what I was missing until I until I got home, and that was when I was like, oh, you know, there was really wasn't as much comic book stuff as there there was last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started with Black Adam. Yep, we got a fi- we got a first look at Black Adam finally. Murder she wrote. It did. It did the most important thing it needed to do, which is showed Black Adam gonna kill people. And I'm like, yes. that's all I need, baby. I just need to know he's gonna murder people. Like murder people bad. He's <laughs> a bad guy. The first time Doc's been a bad guy since Doom. Yes, that's true. Baby uh, um, I'm really glad he he isn't letting what kind of has become his current persona uh prevent them from delivering a true portrayal of black adam uh the fact that he's willing to kind of shed that and be the villain i'll be at the main character still but still uh also i love i'm just glad it's there i love that they said shazam and then he showed up i'm yeah. just like like people gonna get they gotta do it they gotta do shazam and black adam like i'm ready yeah. for zachary levi to have to throw down against the rock oh yeah um so yeah um like all of the move, all like the new movies, like all the we didn't get footage last year. I wasn't expecting to get footage this year. I don't know why, but like they're still shooting a lot of this stuff. So, um, like I was, I was pretty impressed. Again, like The Rock kills a dude immediately. That's the first thing we see. So, like that does send the message of what this movie is. And I'm like, yes. this is def- This feels I like this. And I like actually- very and a very brutal kill yeah and i for a superhero and i'm like oh wow the rock's gonna be intimidating what kind of reminiscent of when he showed up in john's shazam run at the end of justice league when you know when the shazam story was in back to justice league issues in new 52 where he's holding yeah he has savannah the other guy's like you speak my language you don't die yeah uh yeah i really like to really like what we saw but i gotta just say pierce brosnan looks great as dr fate why has Pierce Brosnan not looked good? I mean, just like his 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 goatee, he's got the helmet, the shining gold helmet. I loved it. I loved it. I'm so excited to see him as Doctor Fate. I'm um I'm, I'm excited to, to finally get the first DC movie announced to finally come out. Yeah. yeah, I'm. You know what? Hey, this made me a believer out of this out of this movie. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom had a had a behind the scenes featurette. Uh, one of the best first looks. It, it, like incredible i'm i'm so pumped it's like i watched a real trailer like yeah i'm so hyped for that i film. love a good behind the scenes yeah. just just seeing jason momoa and james Wan just talk about this i'm like that's awesome patrick, they're, they're, they're they're pumped even patrick wilson we'll, is oh what is he not pumped we'll talk about we'll talk about the the batman trailer later and the score in it but uh just having that aquaman trailer i forgot how the bum bum yes, yes. Bum, i forgot bum, how good I'm like oh i i want to go back to aquaman thank you yes just, that's why we because we were like we want more aquaman let's watch an aquaman uh, thing. uh patrick wilson's gonna be in that movie way more than i thought and i'm yeah. so here for it. they're hanging out in the desert he's uh, all ripped i cannot wait to see um i, I know that Black Manta. Yeah, Black Manta. Y'all, y'all, that, that costume, that costume looks so good. And, and then just in behind the scenes shit. Yeah. And yeah. what's what I love, like the first Aquaman costume had big eyes, but now they have like evil eyes. Yeah. yeah. Like slanted down like Vegeta. It style. looks like right out of the comic book. That's why I love it. Um, I mean, Aqu- uh, uh, when Jason uh, Momoa gets like the orange suit, it's like that's out of the comic book. That con- looks great. The concept art looks incredible. The globe trotting looks incredible. The fantasy. Black Manta's minions are the sea diver people. Yes. Yeah. I, the, the sea yeah. divers. That's the sea I was divers. Too. I love the divers. I love this like twenty thousand leagues under the sea brought up look that they've yeah. got going. I, I love the the look of the submarine. I'm here for it. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, ready. I'm ready. The fact that they were like, we're really leaning into the fantasy elements and like Jason Momoa is super excited. I'm like, yes, give me some fantasy DC Aquaman. Man, do you, you want more fantasy? Oh. It's coming up in another movie too. God. 
Can you imagine 10 years ago if we would have said one of the most exciting movies we're going to be is an Aquaman film? It's, I'm, I'm so happy. It's yeah. my most anticipated from this from this. No shame. It's my second. Actually, it's my second. Actually, no. All right, pre New Fifty Two. If I would have told you the most the one of the hype, most hype movies that we're gonna that we can't wait to see is Aquaman, Shit. I probably would have called you a liar. I gotta I'm tell like, you, actually, really, the dude who talks to fish. Are you are you serious? I gotta tell you, actually, it's my third. I love Aquaman too, but it's it's my third most anticipated. Look, All this looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it it's does. my third most anticipated out of this bunch. We'll get to the we'll get to the top two at the bottom. Milestone had a had a dedicated panel, which which was excellent. Really glad they did that. Uh, the milestone book. They talked a bit about the milestone books. The compendium is coming soon. Uh, they talked about the the Static Shock movie. It's coming. Really excited. Uh, those those season one books are are coming together really nicely. Uh, I think those are going to be really sick to pick up. Um, yeah, that's awesome. The the second seasons were announced at this at this panel as well. Yep, and uh, yeah. and the first season for Blood Society. Yeah, I think so. Yes, first season for Blood Society. Yeah. Did they like um, announce something animated? Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, so the two things they annu- they announced the thing were uh, the two of the big the big ones was the milestone initiative, uh, which is going to partner with Next Generation DC, which is a program that DC has to bring in kind of the next generation of comic book creators. Um, the milestone initiative will uh, partner with them to bring in the next generation of like milestone comic book creators. Good. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Yes, I think that's awesome. Next gen. Um, and a milestone animated movie, not a static shock, not a, not an icon of rocket, a milestone universe animated movie was announced. That's awesome. That will, that will, that will jump those comics up. Yeah. Cause like the thing is like comics already are a, are a small business, but if you get an animated movie out, especially with people who like, even if static shock isn't a main character, if he's in it, like kids who watch that show will go, Oh, it's that guy. He's back. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad milestone didn't come back for a minute. Like I'm glad they're back and they're actually trying to do they're, more they're stuff. Back, they're back. They're back for real. Yeah. Um, back for I, I, and I think it's going to be great uh, to have that animated film come out and it'll be like, go pick up those season one books. Like, like they're right there. Here's all season one of this, 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 this. It's all connected. Let's go, baby. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Had a story trailer. I um, mm. this game's still really far away, so it was just a, it was just a story yeah. trailer. But like, I really like the character stuff they're doing. Like, it is you know. We've seen the Suicide Squad in the other movies, so like it's kind of just doing what those characters are kind of doing. But um, there was a great theory, and I don't think it's true, that the Justice League's actually the Justice Society, and you're going to be actually since they don't want you to actually kill Batman, you're actually be killing evil Batman. You're actually be killing evil Superman because like the Flash looks like what's the Flash's evil name? Like Johnny Rocket or Johnny, Johnny Quick? Oh, yeah, his oh, outfit kind of looks like Johnny Quick. The Injustice, Injustice game? No, no, the 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 Crime Syndicate. Crime Syndicate. That's Crime Syndicate. I was going to say Justice Society. Sorry, yeah. I was like, uh, injustice. I was like yeah, yeah, you yeah. mean Jay Garrick? No, no, no. Uh, uh, the evil, evil people. Ultraman. Crime Syndicate, yeah. So um, it's Ultraman, it's Owlman, it's that's, Jack. It's a theory. Okay, um, because, like, theory. if you are actually going to be killing these people, I don't know if DC would actually want you doing that. Unless, like, they're just being bold and, like, you are just going to straight up kill Barry Allen, which I am for. If you're going to make a game like this, I want them to do it, but I don't think they're actually going to do it. Right. The 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 most that it looks like they're going to do is like they put they 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 fight him for a bit and then they get knocked out and like, "Oh, what happened? I'm back to normal now." I The trailer made it seem like you are fighting a bunch of them and I'm I'm really curious. It felt it felt if, very like um when you watch like the trailer for God of War 3 with him taking on all the Yeah. all the gods. Yes. It, felt, it had that same kind of energy. You're building to taking on all these uh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, um yeah. I I will say, like, because it is just a story trailer, there's not a lot to glom on from from gameplay. Like, 
half of it works for me and half of it i'm like i don't really care for the characterization or humor on display here um it's nobody in particular it's just like oh, i don't think these are very good lines or blah, i blah, blah. i like um, boomerang the most, I, think. I think boomerang is one of the best um i think the the only bit that overall worked for me and even then like some of the some of the line deliveries are not awesome uh is the the bit with the penguin oh yeah um, oh he's very that's entertaining that's my favorite yeah um but i i'm just not i'm not sold on being entertained by these four uh at this moment in time yeah um that i'm not drawn to these personalities to want to play them the same way that like like uh i think a good example is like the left for dead film the games sure uh, those those characters feel like personalities i want to spend time with hear them interact with each other i'm not getting that from this yeah. yet and since this is just a story trailer that's really all i can judge and i'm like i'm not vibing all these guys yeah. yet i still i'm still not sure what the game is like mm -hmm. we know it's like it's like an arkham game but with the, with the suicide squad but is it multiplayer is it is it open world is it mission based like we're still not sure yeah yeah, yeah. uh and this one one of these one of the two we're going to talk about uh are in the arkham verse theoretically right this, this one? one this one is technically yeah the other okay. one is its own which thing. is weird yeah. because it feels like it would make more sense for it to be the other one but but this, yeah. this is the one being made by rocksteady right so it's right. this is the this is the arkham guys yeah, yeah yeah uh we'll talk about we'll talk about that one a little later because i'm going in panel order um yeah, yeah. peacemaker peacemaker we got a first trailer at peacemaker yes uh Ryan, you brought up that you bounced off of it a little bit. I I thought some of it was funny, but I it, it I I expected the trailer to win me over, and I, and I thought half I, of it was good. I posited a theory to Ryan that like um it's interesting because at least the trailer, the way it portrays it, John Cena's character is going from being the funny guy to the straight man, mm -hmm. uh and and his what's funny about him is his reactions most of the time to other people, and that's a weird total pivot that we're seeing. Um, I, I'm not saying it won't work. I think that is part of the reason why the tone of the trailer feels yeah. a little off. Is John Cena's not being the funny guy? Yeah, he's definitely uh, just more emotion. Like this is like the emotional now, piece. Now, now Vigilante show. will be the funny yeah. guy, and I did like Vigilante. You're right. Um, yeah. I yeah. Um, like I'm sure the show's gonna be great. Uh, I just I expect the trailer to win me over. And I'm like, oh yeah, that looks all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be good. There's People a lot. Were... There's a lot there I like. Mm -hmm. I, I really like the new character that james gunn created um the oh the uh, the, the, the agent lady? yeah who comes up and she shoots him and he's like you don't need to shoot them after i killed them oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah i uh i like the the eagle bit when yes. the eagle's uh, hugging him i think that's funny. funny dad um yeah so there's something else i was gonna say about this but um i i really i, I did i really liked it can't wait for more of james gunn just in general uh there's there's a, a lady in her underwear beating the shit out of him and throwing him through walls and like charging him while he's like, has, like super against the car and i'm i'm ready for that <laughs> there was a a comparison video. I, for, I remember what i was gonna say there was a comparison photo of uh vigilante from arrow who wasn't adrian chase because adrian chase turned out to be prometheus yes um uh, and the the vigilante from from peacemaker i was like wow i forgot vigilante was an arrow <laughs> Yeah. forget a lot of arrow <laughs> um right superman had a had a pretty solid chunk of uh, a, a fandom um superman and lois had a fun set visit but they're just kind of having fun we didn't watch uh, it then the cast of supergirl sat down for a kind of a, a you know a, a walk down memory lane yeah they sat down from the set of the finale um, they got a bunch of the people back. It's great to know that Jimmy Olsen and Jeremy Jordan and um, Melissa Benoist's real life husband 
who plays Monel are all going to be back for the finale. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I wanted you, I wanted to ask you, did you have anything like you want to talk about like the CW stuff? Cause I didn't put a lot of that in here. Uh, so Batman there's not a lot to say about them. Um, I was, I was kind of surprised that they made no commentary about how hard it's been to roll out Supergirl's last season with the pandemic scheduling mm-hmm. because it's, it's very bizarre because Supergirl's last season started in the early chunk of all the other shows, previous seasons and Batwoman and Legends are currently back, and Supergirl's still not done. So its season just spans over the time of shows ending and shows starting again and all pandemic, this kind of baby. stuff. It's very, very interesting. And, and like just the challenge that they particularly have because it's their last season and yeah. what they have to do. Uh, I kind of wish that there had been some amount of them talking about it. I get why that might be a downer. They didn't really want to get into it. Uh, I, but I'm I like you were but I'm like you were in like the toughest spot. Uh and I and I feel like there was an opportunity and room to maybe address it but but nope um yeah uh other than that like legends legends is doing stuff like legends is great um uh ryan watched the 100 episodes in 100 seconds and that made him go like i should watch the show it's really cool it's just like yes (laughs) like 100 episodes like you don't think about like how much time has really passed and i'm like that's a lot they're at like they, they were at like episode 48 and it's got constantine and i'm like damn he's been in a lot of episodes that's, <laughs> like, that's what i was thinking i'm like wow yeah when i saw the the 100 minute thing and kind of going back through the episodes that i watched when i did i was like oh yeah oh yeah the show was pretty good five years ago the show the show gets good i honestly i still miss rip hunter i'm glad he's coming back for 100 yeah it's, it, i'm glad that they're bringing back so many people for that 100th episode uh uh legends is is one of the best served shows uh, on the CW, so that's great. Um, uh, I'm I'm hoping that we're still gonna get like some opportunity for Melissa Benoist Supergirl to see Superman before she's out the door. Um, mm-hmm. That has not, not been made clear. Her continuity time with Superman and Lois has been really murky, and I'd like a clean step uh, away or an opportunity for her to come back. I'm sure she could do that at any point in time. Yeah. Um, I'm also really curious because uh, we know like she's the main decision of why the show is ending, which is totally fine. She's going to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm very curious if we get to see some of those other like standouts like um, Martian Manhunter and get to move over to other places for a time. I'd have to imagine someone like him would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I got a little teary-eyed watching this one, honestly. Uh, it was just weird. For a show you don't watch? Well, I mean, I watched it in the beginning, so like, kind of harkening back to the beginning of it, of it all, I was like, oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Supergirl overall, I would say, is still worth the time to go back through if you ever have the hankering to. I don't think yeah. it's a must do, but I do think it's a worthwhile one that you wouldn't be like upset you did it. A Smallville celebrating its twentieth anniversary. Wild. Yeah, um, so they sat down and had a reunion of most of the people from that sh- for the span of that show. Um, not Allison Mack, obviously. Mm, I wonder why. I not I, really a reunion, but appearances. Right, it was more of appearances, but I really enjoyed that watching Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling sit down to kind of talk about uh, their experiences with Smallville, and Michael Rosenbaum like put to bed like a lot of the rumors about him leaving. Yeah, I'm glad that um, they, I'm glad that they uh, paid Smallville some respect because I'm like it, it was literally that day was the 20th anniversary. I'm like that's really nice that you yeah. came out and did that. I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch some of it. And and we talked about this earlier at lunch. But my favorite part is when like uh, when Michael was talking about how he had these long soliloquies, and then Tom's line was like, <laughs> yeah. "And 
Yeah. And he's like, this isn't bullshit. I have these great speeches and all he has is the one is the one word uh, line. Seriously. Uh, also, like one of the first opportunities Justin Hartley's ever taken to talk about the show since he left. Oh my uh, god! Because he was Dude, already there. The oh. Spice Online when it was he was Oliver Queen Green Arrow, and everyone's like, "That's my Oliver Queen." I'm like, "Oh god, here we go." <laughs> he was great. I like that he picked a green uh-huh. little sweater thing just oh. to be like, "I know where I'm at." <laughs> I love it. It's like I remember my roots. Uh, I I miss Justin Hartley's Green Arrow. Yeah. Uh, I I will always be remiss that Crisis on Infinite Earths didn't take the opportunity to have him meet Stephen Amell. Hundred percent. Yeah, we saw his costume in that Supergirl post. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, we did. Um, Michael Rosenbaum at the end though uh, said, "I'll see you soon," and that got everyone kind of like, "I'm sorry," because uh, they didn't they didn't take the time to acknowledge the animated the animated series they're working on. Uh, Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, but there was an interview that released today uh, where Michael Rosenbaum talked that they are still. They're about to pitch it to Warner Brothers. Nice. Yeah, it's just, it's too far away. I think they didn't want to, like, jump ahead of the ghost. Yeah. 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 Um, And then Superman's new slogan was revealed as well. Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. It's about time. I'm okay with that. Sounds good. Superman is a hero for everybody. Yep. He, uh, as many people were talking about, bringing up the historical, uh, the historicalness of of, uh, Truth, Justice, and the American Way, that came from a 1940s serial. So it wasn't even the comics initially. Um, so that's cool. I'm glad that they changed that. Did you guys know um, Magneto's helmet blocking Xavier's telepathy? That's not a comic thing. That's a movie thing. Oh. What, really? Yeah. Whoa. Well, I'm teaching guys so much I about think, that. I think today. I did know that, actually. Well, I, I did it. You learned again today. I just knew that yeah. he had a sick-ass helmet for the you just, entire... Are you just sitting on some X-Men fun facts? No, it just, like, he just brought up like, a fun out. fact, and I'm yeah. just like, I also have a fun fact. I just thought of it. Yeah. I'm really glad you shared that. I'm really happy yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, all right. DC's League of Super Pets, the second time The Rock came out to talk about projects he's doing. Speaking of super pets. Cats are being crazy. Cats. Uh, we got a, we got a, basically a clip of DC's Super Pets. League yeah, of I don't pets. really have anything to say. Nah, about it. Yeah. Not for us. It, it, the energy of the, the logo part uh, where they're bickering at that reminded me a lot of the energy of um, almost verbatim the Toy Story 2 teaser that came out way back when when they announced Toy Story 2 mm. and it was Woody and Buzz having a little like joking bickering thing of uh, uh, the whole bit is that uh, uh, Buzz is Woody's frustrated that he finds out that Buzz is going to be part of Toy Story 2 and Buzz Lightyear is like what would Toy Story 2 be like without Buzz Lightyear and Woody's like a good movie oh shit um, and uh, that's that it, it had that same kind of vibe and energy to it and I'm like that's fine that's cute I love it I don't uh, know I don't know that the whole clip need to be a pee joke that's that's yeah. not the the way to sell me immediately nope kids though yeah definitely definitely looked like something not for me uh there was also some bat wheels stuff that theme song is a is a pretty cool theme song but we don't need to talk about that nope doom patrol was announced to get a fourth season good for them love doom patrol and they uh they they had a mid-season three uh trailer didn't watch it yeah Yeah, i didn't watch it either because i'm i'm in it I'm, i'm waiting watching yeah but I'm, I'm happy that that show is succeeding because I'll tell you right now, because it'll come up, uh, if Titans had gotten that renewal and Doom Patrol hadn't, I'd be mad. I'd be so mad. Yeah, yeah seriously. Um, yeah, I'm really happy for Doom Patrol. I love that show. I'm so glad uh, I'm watching also, it. I'm just really happy for Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer was all over the place. Like, good for him. That's great. Yeah. Also, Flula Borg was all over the place. He's this. the reason that I, we watched the Aquaman thing. What incredible energy. Uh, yeah, it was really Borg. fun. 
I saw someone post was like, would this guy just shut up? I was like, no, let him host the whole thing. He's, he's having a great time. Like everyone else is so stiff. He's just having fun. It was great. I'm at DC Fendel. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So good. What what wonderful energy. But yes, Doom Patrol. Uh, that is a quality, quality show. I'm glad it's getting the stuff it deserves. Check us out talking about it very soon uh, somewhere. Yeah. The Flash, not the CW show. The movie. Mm. Had a first look. I'm going to be positive real quick. I like that theme song. Yeah. I think like the I like I love it. Sounds great. Love it. It sounds really yeah. reminiscent of the CW one. Like they're they're taking it in mm-hmm. a little bit of a different direction, but there there's definitely some something there that's a little little callback to flashy. it. It's flashy. We don't we see look- Michael Keaton, but we hear him. Yeah. Yep. We yep. see the back of his head. It's true. It's true. We back don't see the Batmobile, but we, we do. Um. Yeah. Um. We don't see his suit, but we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. That's what I'm gonna say about this trailer. Yeah. It's not even really a trailer. Like they shot like five minutes. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's funny because Ezra Miller's like, hey, we don't have a trailer, we don't have a teaser, uh, but we do have a little something. It's like, I am excited about what I am taking as confirmation that Supergirl is a important character in this movie and she's not just part of an the appearance. Team. Like yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. Happy to see her so, there. So this is uh, uh I don't want to talk about it too much because there obviously is not all to talk about, but if if they're on the Batman, the 89 Batman world, then she's the Supergirl of that world. Techn- potentially, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a yeah. good point because in this the trailer, like 40 years in the future. So Superman's right. doing his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially in the, tra- so she could be Nicolas Cage's super, Supergirl. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. <laughs> you can't even do that. Oh no. <laughs> Can you imagine though? That yeah. would be no it, it the trailer does kind of imply that Barry went back in time to stop his mom. We know the story of Flashpoint. Went back in time to stop his mom, uh, and then created the '89 Batman world as his main universe uh, because of that reason. That's what kind of that I got from the trailer. So it is. So the implication of like Supergirl being that world, Supergirl makes sense. Yeah, like something happens. It's not a direct Flashpoint that they're no. doing, but like he ends up in the in the the future '89 world in some yeah. way. Um. And he's like, "Oh, you want to save? Like, you can go in any multi, any timeline or whatever." I'm like, "I, yeah. I just uh, honestly, I don't it's, give a shit except for Michael Keaton. I'm being it's, honest. It's too early to tell. We'll have to see what yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, I, I am intrigued that we got uh, a look so that spray paint of the Flash stuff over a Batman suit appears to be what the other Ezra Miller Flash is wearing. Yeah, uh, he is wearing old bat a suit. Batman suit that spray painted to be a Flash suit." Which is cool. Oh, um, um he uh, people are speculating that he's depowered at some point because he's just taking a cab somewhere. I, I suspect would, so as well. Like yeah. he he that's what happens in Flashpoint too. So he probably goes to Batman to get reflashed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh and I we see an image of uh, Ben Affleck's Batman cowl on we the do. ground. Um mm-hmm. neat. Uh I'm I'm just it's it's happening. I, the Flash it, movie's I gotta, happening. I got to roll with it. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think I think Flashpoint is a mistake, but I also I think Flashpoint is a mistake for a first Flash movie, but I'd be hard pressed to say that Flashpoint isn't a good idea for the state that the film universe is in at this point. Yeah. I wonder who's going to play the Reverse Flash role. Like what so, type of character that's going to be? Uh, there this rumor persisted online for a while, and I don't know if somebody it, it was an old script, but people are speculating that there isn't an actual like Aobod Thawne reverse flash. It is evil Barry Allen reverse flash. And it is the guy who's with him. Oh, interesting. 
Um, but like that's all wild speculation. Because but, like, you need a, you need an antagonist, and if we're, we don't know that Reverse Flash isn't in it, but he's clearly not a main part. If he is, if you're doing Flashpoint, I I just assume they haven't shown it yet because again, that movie is being made. Right? right now. Yeah, this yeah. was a barely a sneak peek. Yeah, I, ha- I have. There's got to be an antagonist, and if they're doing yeah. Flashpoint, it's got to be Reverse. Well, Flash. we'll we'll see what happens. That, um, yeah, that movie stopped film uh, finished filming today. By the way, amazing. Uh, still not sold on Ezra Miller as as. Barry Allen, yeah. Um, and Grant Gustin is my is probably my Barry Allen. I yeah. was I was just saying to Megan the other day because Grant she was here when Fandom Sorry and Grant Gustin showed up, and I'm like, you know, to his credit, like the show might be diminishing in quality over time, but he remains. He always brings it. Truly, Barry Allen, mm-hmm. like through and through, he's bringing it. Um, I I would I would love if they took the opportunity to throw him into this story uh, somewhere. Like if they return the favor of the, you the have CW show, like if he appeared somewhere, I'd be all for you it. You have to imagine if they're having a movie where like your main cast is two Ezra Millers, then they would throw a Grant Gustin in for fun. Really. I would hope you so. You think so. Like you'd have to. I, have I feel it. like the opportunity is there and I think yeah. Grant Gustin more than deserves it. I think more than anybody else besides maybe Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. Uh, Grant Gustin deserves a crossover appearance into the into the films i agree yeah i agree um, and matt ryan's constantine um, <laughs> uh yeah uh i i'm hoping for the best jim lee has me wondering all kinds of things about what he's going to do for crossovers <laughs> jim lee also had a crisis on infinite earth thing where he was just like oh yeah we're doing beep, 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 beep. that's pretty cool i'm like uh yeah are you are you going nuts or what are we doing here <laughs> maybe he's just going insane yeah all throughout, Candace Patton was popping up, being like, "Breaking news! We got a news thing." Um, news flash. News flash. News, news flash. flash. Sorry, thank you. Um, and one of them revealed that the Monkey Prince, which was Gene Yang's newest creation uh, from the um, celebration uh, annual that came out a couple of months ago, right? So the Monkey Prince will be returning in February 2022 with a new 12 issue series written by Gene Yang. That's do we, cool. Do we have? Do you have the artist name? Oh, I should. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Chang. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and a, there's a short story of it currently available on DCUI. That's Ooh. awesome. So, um, I like that character. So it's cool that they're getting more. I love Goku. Yeah. Well, the uh, the short story apparently goes through the Journey to the West story, kind of like it has a bunch of like the characters from Journey to the West. Imagine. Yeah, I see. That's what I, I heard about. I love Goku. Yeah. <laughs> I love Goku. Um. <laughs> Gotham Knights, the other video game. Yes. Port of Owls. I want to play this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. Uh, uh. Hey, if you can see, I have a Court of Owls tattoo. I think they're pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um. It's the Arkham games, uh, multiplayer with the Court of Owls. Like I, I already bought the game. Some, I bought the game ten years ago. Same, like yeah, something about the tone of it is selling me much more. It than, feels sinister, than the, than man. The Suicide oh, man. Squad Justice. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. We, I watched it um, down. I watched it like upstairs, and then I watched it down here on the in 4K on your TV. And I'm like, man, that game looks effing good. Oh my god! And they showed from last year, um, like Mister Freeze and like a bunch of other villains are in, in the game. Um, so like, this is gonna be a big ass game plus the Court of Owls. Um, very excited. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Penguin is in both of the video game trailers. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. He yeah. is. Uh, hey man, a- a- and he's in a movie. He's just in a movie. Part. Three trailers. Yo, for Penguin Fandom. is working this year. Like back door. There's a lot of Penguin stuff in this. And um, don't put Penguin stuff in my back door. There you go. You got to ask nicely. Um. Yeah. Um. He's basically like the easy go to when like you want a mafia guy, but, but he's not the someone, number one. But you want someone who everyone recognizes. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's that's Penguin. That's you Penguin. can't get two faces. 
so you can get the penguin. Yeah. Penguin's like C. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really stoked for this game in a way that I'm not for Justice for uh, Suicide Squad. Um, for most reason, I care more about these characters. I love the Bat Family. Having a dedicated Bat Family video game is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, like if if it is just the Arkham games, but you have four characters and you can play with your friends, I don't see how this is bad. Like, I don't see how this can be bad. If it's, if it's like, I and we you all can like only do two player. Two players fine with me. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, like these are the guys who made Arkham Origins, and I and I think that game's underrated. I, I suspect the reason is for that for that is because a lot of the campaign, a decent chunk of the campaign, will be in pairs. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they might be like intermingling pairs, like not always consistent. Like, oh, it's these two, and then it's these two, and yeah, it's yeah. these two for a long time. But I think they'll swap around. But I think that's the reason why they didn't make a four player campaign because they were like, we don't want all four characters going through the story beat for beat the whole time. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why it's two player the uh the design of the game the owls in general all the different talons really cool i yeah. love talons so much got an incredibly spooky vibe now correct me if i'm wrong uh because uh, this discourse on the internet obviously uh batman is not dead um yeah but did we not see a a, a coffin with his name on it and the and the owls uh uh in the first trailer implying that he's going to be a talon um i don't remember that I don't um remember that i I assume I, Batman's not dead. Like he's not obviously he's not going to be dead. Um, I think he's a Talon. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's undercover or he's a Talon or something. Yeah. Um, and like they have to like fight, they have to like fight to save him. Yeah, or, I'm or sure it like wouldn't yeah. surprise me if that's the third act twist. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. I'm excited for that game though. Oh yeah. Catwoman Hunted, the new anime film coming to the DC. Looks great. This great animation. This looks so fun. And what I love about this is it's not end of the world stakes. It's not Batman having to save his family. It's Catwoman doing heist. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So and Batwoman's hanging out. This, this, and Aquaman, King of Atlantis. The those were the two things that made Ryan and I go. You know, Disney's got to step it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they have so much animation potential. Hundred percent. There should be more animated Marvel product. Now I know we're like we're, we might be on the cusp of something like that. We got that Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur series coming. I'm hoping, but like one place where DC like does it, even if I don't like every project they put out, the DC animation projects, at least I feel like there's a lot of variety going on mm-hmm. there. I need Disney to do this more with Marvel. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Uh, yeah. I thought this looked awesome. Stephanie Beatrice is Batwoman in this. And I think she's a great choice for Batwoman. That's a great character. Yeah. Um, there's like anime monsters that they both have to fight. I'm really enjoying it. This. Did you? Uh, uh, you have to think about that question. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like a really good time, and yes. like, 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 lo- like, like a lot of fun. Like a lot of fun. There's obviously stakes because like she's doing stuff, but it's like, mm-hmm. um, like it looks light and fluffy, and like I'm happy to go through this like 70s esque heist movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now that will be the first animated film coming from DC Warner Brothers uh, Home Entertainment um, in 2022, and then they announced the next few that are going to come out that same year. So kicking everything off would be Constantine, the House of Mystery, which will return Matt Ryan to the role. Um, and that's going to be a, a sh- that's going to be like a 45 minute short paired with other showcase shorts. Um, cool. So it'll be like a collection of shorts. Teen Titans Go and DC Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse for fans of both those properties are getting a crossover. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think both those properties have awesome things for them at times. And so the fact that they'll do something together is great. Yeah. Then the next film in the DC animated movie canon. So this would be the one after Long Halloween. Uh, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Hmm. 
Cool. Uh, I'm really excited for that. I can't wait to see Green Lantern in that animation. Uh, do, we, and, do we know anything about it? No, not yet. We'll know more as it goes, as it goes on. Um, but kind of what we're seeing, what I'm seeing already, is an improvement over what they did than the last canon. Uh, you know, we never got a dedicated Green Lantern movie, so we didn't really connect with that character. There was a lot of characters that they just didn't do solo films for. Um, so having seeing that we're already doing that as we build up to obviously Justice League and this canon is really nice getting us to know these characters in the same way that the MCU did. True. And I love again, I love the animation, so yeah. Battle of the Super Sons will be out in the fall. This is gonna be the last original film. Um, and it's going to be DC's first CG animated movie. Oh, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Could it could be great? We'll see, it could. How much money are we spending? It could be good. Right. Could be bad. I mean, uh, let's lower our expectations. It yeah. ain't going to be loop on the third. Nope. No, no, no. I know, but like, <laughs> not even close. Is it going to be like Blade Runner or like a Netflix property? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, hey, hey be... if it could look, uh, if it's a movie that could look as good as, um. The League of Legends series, Arcane. Yeah, oh, I'm okay. happy. Yeah, uh, but the Super Super Sons, really cool. John Kent, Damian Wayne, in an animated movie. And then the final release that will be will be a a deluxe edition of the Long Halloween. They'll just put the two movies together, like they did the Dark Knight Returns. Makes sense. Um, it's it's weird that that's not just coming out sooner. Yeah, it is weird. All you gotta do is like out. they're both out. Like, why are you waiting for? Just. Yeah, it's also they're, they're waiting till next Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. No, they gotta sell through the first ones first. Yeah. You mean you mean they're waiting for next Halloween? Yeah. And no, I'm excited. Uh, all the last DC animated films from the last couple of years, um, I've been going back through them. I've been watching all the new releases. I think they're all really fun, really great. Um, I haven't seen uh, the latest Mortal Kombat yet, but I'm really enjoying them. So yeah, I'm excited. Batman Unburied. This is the Winston Duke Spotify. Mm-hmm. The audio book, audio drama. Yeah, um, the, uh, by uh, the Dark Knight, the Batman Begins dude, Blade Trinity. David Goyer. David Goyer, thank you. Uh, he's he's writing it. Uh, they've rounded out the cast with Sam Witwer, who's going to play the Harvester, a cannibalistic serial killer. Mm-hmm. Amy Raver Latman from the Umbrella Academy in Central Park will play Kel. Yeah. A sultry medical student helping Bruce while hiding a few secrets of her own. Jessica Maria Garcia from Diary of a Future President and How to Get Away with Murder, play Renee Montoya, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. described as Batgirl's partner or Barbara Gordon's partner. Mm. Jim Peary from Penguins of Madagascar will play Arnold Flass, a corrupt cop who uses his badge for his own personal gain. Mm. (gasps) How dare Corruption option, what's your function? So that's rounding out nicely, I think. Yes, lots of good stuff. Titans has been renewed for season four. Cool. Neat. People people seem to really like this season until they didn't. I saw that, yeah. Well, something happened in it. Um, So, like, congratulations on a new season. The other thing that happened? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not convinced that it's actually they they that's the dumbest thing they could have possibly done in that show. I agree with you. Take away the best character in the show. I know. And that's why I'm I, so mad about that's it. That's why there's no way and in hell dumb. No way in hell they actually did it. I I no show would be that stupid. Maybe not. Who knows? They also released a clip. 
They also released a clip from the finale, I think. Uh, oh, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really either. But I'm not watching the show. Harley Quinn. We got our first look at what season three is going to look like for Harley Quinn, the animated series. Looks like more of that show, and I love that show, so I'm yeah. happy. Yep. I'm a, this I'm was. A uh, she had a fun. She had a lot of fun quips about how long animation takes. Kite Man's doing his thing in the kite. Hell yeah! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, King Shark's back. We hear Bane again. We, I mean, we knew oh, Bane yes. was coming back, but that just hearing Bane in that little uh, sizzle reel is like, yay! I can't wait for the show to come yeah, back. Yeah, we saw something. All right, which one is this one? Right, Batman Cape Crusader, the Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, Sam Tucker, uh, animated show coming to Cartoon Network and HBO Max. That's right. Oh, that's right. It's going to be inspired by Bruce Tim's Strange Days, which is a short he did for I think the 70th anniversary for Batman. I don't remember which. Um, it's going to see Batman early in his career with no superheroes. And uh, not a lot of gadgets. They're going to like build up to the more more crazy gadgets as the show goes on. And described like if they did Batman the Animated Series uh, today. Like it was the 90s and they were doing Batman the Animated Series. But with no restrictions. Yes, I love it. And then uh, they're going to try and make new iconic versions of his rogues. That was kind of all we got from that. Just discussion they had. Okay. That and one of them wants a special black and white episode. Yes. They're going for that noir, and they're like, the whole show will be black and white, but one episode should be. That's their musical episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, we're going back to the beginning of Batman. Long ears, please. Oh, yeah. Thank oh, God. yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen the Strange Day short that Bruce Tim did? Nope. Nope. Yes. Or maybe, uh, maybe I did. I just can't remember it. For the two who haven't, I recommend it. It's really cool. It's a, a silent short, and it's got Hugo Strange and a, the, and a really cool looking scarecrow. Oh, okay. We got a first look at Naomi. I guess, yeah. If you the Ava DuVernay that. show. I I would definitely call that a first look. I'm excited for a this sneak peek. I'm I'm I believe. I'm excited her for the show. I think this was a terrible yes. way to try to show us anything about it. Yes, I I believe in her passion. It tells us nothing. Y- give me something <laughs> to chew on. Oh, we uh, saw Superman. It tells us nothing. In fact, it just feels like a weird, dumb moment because it's just a girl in high school doing something and then they're like what's going on because she's looking at her phone in her classroom and she's like something's going on with superman i need this for my site bathroom break be back in 10 and i'm like wow this is like the worst way to sell me on the show yeah i'll wait for another right i will too yeah i just Uh, wish that they had like i i'm interested in wanting to see the show because of the team behind it what it's doing and everything but like please don't please don't show me like nothing yes (laughs) Uh, they also she also talked about DMZ. Uh, anybody want to talk about that? Um, it's it's a Brian Wood comic from. Uh, they seem to have a lot of passion it. for it. Yeah, that's I, that's also another Ooh, Benjamin Bratt's in it. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Benjamin Bratt's in it. Like a Why the Last Man. That's another dystopian future yes. where the United States is in a civil war with each other. So like we'll see we'll see how that one goes. They're definitely like not following the comic verbatim from what they said. Yeah, they're taking like inspirational choices it's still it's still the, the united states at civil war though no 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 yeah i'm not knocking that I'm, <laughs> I, saying, like, like, yeah. I'm saying like you know they they said like they're taking a lot of liberties with like the main character and all this kind of stuff but... i would hope so yeah so i heard they changed the main guy. character good yeah um shazam fury of the gods had a first look uh hell on Marin, is, marry me this is my second most anticipated yeah Almost this is mine my, my second as well 
it's almost my first. Uh, we, we got a lot of cool uh, uh, mythology characters in this one this time yeah, around. Yeah, doing all kinds of mythology stuff that Wonder Woman just refuses to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he had a stranglehold on it, I guess. I love it. I love the whole thing. It looks great. Also, boy, they needed to cast someone younger to be Billy. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He grew up. He grew up hard. He already looks like he's almost 20. Because <laughs> he is. Um is it, his yeah. name is the 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 main character Asher Angel? Yes. And when he when he shazammed, I was like, that's you know that's not really that much of a difference anymore. No, no. it's not. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be all the more noticeable going forward. Um, I think we're just gonna have to have Shazam be Shazam all the time. <laughs> but seeing Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren on set that made me happy. I'm looking to I I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I really like. Uh, the design aesthetic of it, seeing all the different concept arts of the different places they go to, uh, dealing with the Greek mythology directly, um, the changes they made to their lair, the Rock of Eternity. Oh, yeah. That was fun. They actually put uh, a sign that says lair on it. Yeah, I'm excited. We got, we got them all there. It looks great. It looks like fun. I'm, I'm pumped. Yes. So Wonder Woman had a panel. Kind of a long stretch. Let's talk about World War Three. Uh, it's kind of a long stretch of things. Uh, Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins took the time to say that Wonder Woman 3 is in development, which we knew. Cool. Um, Everybody knew. But the kind of the big news that came from it um, was that the Wonder Woman series of books will be having a massive crossover next year with Wonder Woman, The Trial of the Amazons. Yay. Um, it's going to be a major event next year, which will see Nubia and Yara Flora come into conflict as the two Amazonian tribes kind of clash. I am uh, super into that. Um, that Nubia book comes out, I believe, next week. So I'm excited mm -hmm. for that. Um, Wonder Woman hasn't had an event in... Ever? A dedicated Wonder Woman event? They claim death metal is, but... No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> that started from a Batman book. And you can try your best. Uh, Wonder Woman uh, deserves her own event a decade ago. So this is great. Uh, Wonder Woman's been fun. I'm a little behind. But uh, this, this, this event will make me catch up. Um, yeah, dude, Wonder Woman rules. Uh... Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad, Vita Ayala, Stephanie Williams, Joelle Jones, and uh, Jordi Belair are all writing the event. Well, those are writers and artists. Right, I'm writing really excited about it. Creating the event. I'm excited for the Wonder Woman thing. Hell yeah. Yay. <laughs> Rounding down uh, the big news of the of the night was that Pennyworth has moved to HBO Max for its third season. I'll tell you what, guys. I'm not gonna like start watching Pennyworth, but from what I heard, it's it's a it's a it's a good show. It is it, it, it there's no reason for it needs to be a Batman show, but for being a period piece '60s London spy show, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm, not gonna her too. I'm not I'm not I'm not, not gonna knock it. Like, no, yeah, I got yeah. Krypton, and then I was yes, completely wrong about yes, Krypton. Yes, yes, so, so like. I saw people were like, I, I think the show is cool enough for me to want to watch another season. So like, I used to be hateful. And I'm like, there's no reason to be hateful for no reason. Um, mm -hmm. Like, cool. And it's going to get a big budget now because of HBO Max. So like, that's cool, man. Cool. HBO, uh, Epics, this was the Epics TV show. Um, Epics no longer wanted it. So they, the first. always weird. Yeah. It was yeah right. Yeah. The first two seasons will be dropping on HBO Max, I think this month. I think that's what they said. Uh, yeah. And then the the third season will will drop next year. I might check the first episode out. Maybe. But the fact that they picked it up and continuing it makes me think that they that it's good enough that they want to continue it. So I'm like, yeah. cool, that's cool for me. Yeah. By the way, League of the Super Pets had something that that blew my mind. Uh, the end of the trailer was like world premiere trailer in November. I'm like, 
Really? This, a, this was a true trailer for a trailer. I my, I, my I least favorite. I don't like those. No thanks. World premiere. Really don't like those. You can just right. say like, "Yo, we're having a trailer coming out soon. Don't worry about it." All right. The 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 big thing is we got our second trailer for the Batman. Yeah, we did the Batman. I I love this. I was. I mean, the first one was like, "I'm in." This one is like. Just take my money for God's sakes. I this is so so good. Just everything about this is like, I, I, even I was talking to, to Sparks when we rewatched it earlier. I was like, I always forget, but this score for a trailer does not need to hit this hard. It the, doesn't. Does. And it's the score for the movie, man. Yes. The Michael Giacchino theme for Batman is uh, gonna go down in history, I'm sure. Yeah. I uh, I don't often rewatch trailers a lot, you guys. I've watched this trailer like eight times. Um, <laughs> like it, it, it hit me hard, so much harder than like than Spider Man could have, than than Eternals, like any of that shit. Because like this is a director making a vision. Like it's a Batman movie, yes, but it is a movie with style, with substance, with with a with a clear look. Um, that final shot of the upside down, him walking towards oh, Penguin. Like, I got just, one isn't. I got I got chills on my chills. Just everything like, about Batman. Just every shot of Batman. So There's so many amazing shots, like him walking the the music crescendoing, or even when he's talking to Riddler, or, or the scene on the t- on the rooftop with Selena Kyle's. Like, why is everything oh looks so good? I already had a crush on Zoe. Kravitz even before, when dude. even when he was walking. Okay, one of the things I actually really like is how his suit. Because a lot of the movies, he kind of dodges. You don't see him take hits from bullets. Oh my god! He's just like his entire suit is bulletproof, and I love how we see a shot of someone shooting the bat emblem, and he's just like. Well, effort, and he yeah. just kicks his ass. It's and he's just walking. He's like, I mean, he's not Superman, but still, he's like, yeah, you can't kill me. I that's have it. this super high tech armor that's that's like the best there is. It's what they, you know, it's it's kind of the idea that Batman always should be. It's like you know, he should appear supernatural to the yeah. people he's fighting. Uh, yeah. To the people he's fighting, he doesn't want to appear as a man. So if you riddle him with bullets and he doesn't go down, you're pretty fucked. Uh, yeah. Before you go, Sparks. Um, the thing, the thing that really captured captured my love like for batman and like we we got some of it in the nolan movies but like like batman is hella scary mm-hmm. batman he's a dude who dresses as a bat and hunts you at night like there's a again there's like a shot in the trailer where he's just walking towards two guys with machine gun fire on him that is like the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life like i my jaw i it is so rare for me to like lose my shit in a trailer and this sh- where it's the shot where uh, he's getting shot with a bunch and he punches them all and it's like Holy shit! Like I, I can't believe this trailer is this good. Uh, I, I, am, I think it's great. Go ahead, Sparks. All right, one, one. Sorry, one quick thing. I still love how he doesn't say I'm Batman because obviously we know, but they still is like, what are you? I'm vengeance. I'm I still bruises. love that so much. Yeah. Okay. Now, sorry, Sparks. For the criminals of Gotham, Batman is Michael Myers. In this essay, I, I will. will... <laughs> True. No, I, think it looks, I think it looks really, really good. Yeah. Um. The tone of the trailer works for me very well. The action, uh, the cinematography, uh, all of it looks like something so unique to anything we've seen before. Um, like it's, it is Batman's what? Colin Farrell's going for a big performance with Penguin, yeah, which is great. Calm down, sweetheart. Oh, that's so kind of I I do uh, hope that someday we move past the the desire to keep doing origin stories for Batman. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm happy to I'm happy well, that like this person 
clearly has a has a take and a passion he he's, he wants to show us, and I'm excited for that. Uh, I I mean, like if this is gonna slap as hard as the trailer does, this will probably be the end of Batman Origins because they'll go, well, we can't do that again. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> now it is, and done. and the it's thing, done. and even like Reeves said, like it, yes, it is an origin, but it's not like the origin that we keep seeing all the time. Like right, right, it's right. just it just it's year one Batman, but it's actually the entire year. Right. It's actually just him at first time. So like, yes, it is part Batman Begins, but again, like this mm-hmm. is so much more brutal than Batman Begins. In, do in you the think? Movies. Do you think? We just totally skip the alley. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, no, I this so I think this will be a Ben uh, Uncle Ben situation where we will get a reference, but like everybody here, knows. Here, I think it was. Know. Here, I think it's needed. Like, yeah. I I still think we need Uncle Ben yeah. in the MCU mention, but like here, uh, I think it's it's totally fine. Like, we don't we it will be more refreshing. Yes, to not there do will it. be yeah. there, there will could be, be a family portrait. There'll that's, be a portrait. Fine. Alfred will say a few words. But like, yeah, we do not need the crime the alley. alley. We don't need to yeah. revisit it. We I have. Need, we don't need a nightmare about it, a dream about it, or yeah. whatever. I t- I talked about this when when Paul Dana was first cast as the Riddler. Um, I've always I wanted the Riddler so badly in the Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he would have fit really well for them, and I'm really happy that we're finally getting it like uh, a a true to character um, Riddler adaptation. Uh, he, he it, it, this feels more like like a like a seven or like a Zodiac. Than like yeah. a Batman movie, like it is like hard boiled detective noir. Your villain is a serial killer who oh, leaves guess, voice message tapes around. Like I guess Batman talks to him as an internal monologue in the movie. I'm into that. If that's true, holy shit! That's what the some of the pre screenings are saying. I'm into that. Um, yeah, man. Like I love I love Catwoman. I love Zoe Kravitz. I love Batman and Catwoman together. The fact that we're like getting the start of that in this movie from the beginning means that like she is going to be like an arc with him in some you capacity said that and i didn't realize how badly a batman movie has needed an internal monologue yeah like, yeah right so because he has to be a, a detective like we should always have batman internal monologues in movies they've oh, been yeah. doing it wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um how, how great would an internal monologue have been when when christian bale is looking at bricks yeah and yeah. he's like actually explaining what the hell's going on um yeah man like let me tell you what like batman v superman would have been improved by a batman internal monologue. like that's how yeah. badly it's been needed like yeah. good lord um it's a good thing they saved this trailer for last because it's it's they knew um, it's it's, yeah. it's really well and it also had the most to show you to yeah. give you uh um, and they knew that too. and yeah the giacchino score is i asked you i asked you before we started the podcast what's the best giacchino score because after listening to just this trailer i'm like this might be my favorite thing he's made, and I've only heard a minute of it. Yeah, like I can't imagine the whole movie sounding this rock hard cool. Like, before before this, I would have said the Star Trek films, but like, oh, might be this. Yeah. I uh, I said Ratatouille. They're all good. Pretty it's good. Totally, they're all good. Yeah. Um. Uh, I hope that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I say just it just seems like an utter win in every single capacity, and I'm gonna be really sad if it's not because it, it's shaping up, man. I really hope that later films, uh, if we keep this continuity, uh, they want to keep coming back. We'll get to do some of the more supernatural side of, of of Batman. We'll see kind of that side, which we haven't really seen in the in the movies yet. Yeah. Um, but I have never watched the trailer and I said, yeah. I can see the Phantasm showing up in, in like the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. See the thing. The is Phantasm like, fits in this universe. This is this is technically like like more grounded than the Nolan movies, but at the same time, like Batman, you can still do that and do the supernatural stuff. Like I a hundred percent can see like this first movie 
being, you know, kind of like traditional. And then the next one, like Batman dealing with something he's never dealt before. Yeah. Now that he is Batman. Um, that's, the, that's the trajectory of Batman in the comics anyway. He starts as like ground level and then he starts seeing more of the crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Um, or you can even do something like, now I'm just like speculating my brain because I love Batman. Like make Clayface like a theater actor supervillain. Where he just transforms into a chameleon actor. God, yes. Like, make that your next serial. Cause like, man, like they could they could they could make it grounded while still being super silly. Um yo man, I, I we're all hyped. I'm hyped. No, hyped. Hell yeah. Alright, that's the fandom. So let's get into some trailers. More trailers. Needle in a time stack. Do we want to talk about this first or do we want to talk about home sweet home alone? Oh, you did want to talk about home sweet home alone? I only want to talk about the one fact about it. Uh, two okay. facts about it. Go one ahead. is that they got back Buzz McAllister. The one actor they could get back. The, to be Buzz McAllister and he's a cop and I'm like, Why, why are we doing that? That's so crazy. Um, the other thing is uh, Ellie Kemper is one of the the, the break-ins thieves. Yeah. And uh, that gives me a little more reason to want to watch it because everything post-2 has never really had strong robbers and that's always been part of the problem because that's half the formula was french stewart one of the villains yes once? yeah uh oh yeah uh and and it's just those those the following films have not had a strong uh dynamic of them versus the kid mm-hmm. that the first two films had that makes you know even the low points of those films work because that dynamic is so good uh and i think this has the opportunity to do that i also think that it 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 looks the best of any of the Home Alones post two yeah. that I've ever seen, uh, it looks like it's got the right tricks. I think the kids got good good charisma for it. It's got bandits who I think can carry something mm-hmm. uh, of a relationship and a dynamic in tandem with each other and in tandem with the kid uh, that can work. And I think it could be solid holiday entertainment. So good on them. Yeah. Uh, it might it might just land. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, by the way, turns into a Home Alone film at the end. I didn't expect that. Ah, of course, of course um really like the ending of that movie and home alone before home alone yeah home alone got its inspiration from see uh except kevin is freddy is freddy krueger mm-hmm. um all right now needle in a time stack wild you guys brought this to my attention i didn't see this come out this week oh yeah 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 uh, yeah uh hey i'm happy for leslie odom jr that actor's cool yeah. um uh this just uh, it, I'm interested in a film where time travel is so casual. Mm-hmm. That is that is what it's cool about it. And like the name is so stupid, like it gets your attention. And getting or, or, Orlando Bloom back. And I'm also interested in like something that is putting this like the stakes don't feel so massive uh, at the center of it. like something that can be very interesting. Yeah. Um. I'm you. You have my attention. If it was called something else, I probably wouldn't have paid attention to it. To be yeah. Yeah. Something like time love. Yeah. <laughs> For the love of time, that sounds like a sounds I, like I a bad movie. Probably, that probably I feel like it does exist. Somewhere. Love in the time of time of color. <laughs> well, hopefully, we're more positive about this one. Uh, the black phone. Ew! Yo, boo! This one, I'm really looking forward to. So wow, you're full of shit because it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um. So yeah, Scott Derrickson, after not doing Doctor Strange two, was like, "I want to make a small movie." So he made it in like nine seconds with Ethan Hawke, and I'm like, "This looks cool. I'm into this." Is this a Stephen King? No, no. I'm thinking it's adapted from something. I don't. I thought maybe Stephen King, but I don't think so. I don't know. Um. Yeah, dude's dude's trapped. Dude 
there's a black phone that kid's tra- a kid has been abducted abducted and then a girl who sees ghosts and like the ghosts of his previous victims are trying to help the kid through the phone through the phone and the yeah. girl's seeing visions and she's talking to the police so the police can find the abductor and the kid so very um, cool very cool way to visualize that concept very cool concept it is, it is an adaptation of the 2004 short story by joe hill his son oh, oh. so tangentially yeah yeah there you go yeah. um right yeah ben you should have known that um shut up ethan hawk i love what he's doing with the mask and the different masks it looks like he's having a lot of fun oh yeah all right anything else before we move on to our last trailer nope nope scream no that's not what it's called five Five cream cream. thank you uh i have i don't actually have a lot to say about this Mm. uh because we know some of this footage is bullshit. They so shot. Like, they shot what, some of the stuff. What straight could from I the... possibly say? I'm, I'm gonna go see this movie. Who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> um, I, I think it looks nice. I don't like all the actors involved. Um, he hasn't seen any. Yeah. He still needs to see Scream Four. Yeah. Um, and three. I haven't seen three either. You, I watched three with you. Oh, we watched two. No, wait. We which one's three? three? With the, the, with the movie. The, with where they're making they're they're meeting. The oh yeah. We watch three. Right. I always forget that I've watched three. <laughs> we watch three together. You just have to see four. Anyways, okay. That, I, I remember three. because we watched three and I was like, oh, wait, I've seen this. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I I am super curious about something that I don't think is a fake out. I don't think that they just went and filmed at this location for no fucking reason. Um, uh, Stu's house is in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's where she's standing at the end. It's where she's outside of in one of the shots. Um, I am super curious why we're at Stu's house. Not that I give into the fan theories that Matthew Lillard, Stu is alive and in this movie, but I am curious why we're going back to that location. I, all of the movies have gone back to Woodsboro in some fashion. Yeah. None of them but have going gone back, back to, to a, Stu's house. a dead character's house in a rebooted movie. Before. Yeah, it's we'll spicy. It could be spicy. I, I saw the picture of Shaggy and and this and the ghost face together. They they got the same hunch. Come on, man! Don't don't do don't do it. Uh, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to watch the fourth one. Uh, I'm really glad you reminded me that I've seen the third one because I almost made the same mistake. Um, all right. Shall we get into yeah. our main topic then? Uh, I'm just really hopeful for Scream Five. Ready or not, team? I, oh yeah. I, I'm hopeful. I I want them to stick it. I, let's see. Let's let's yeah. let's go. I want, I let's want them go! To stab it, stab into success. Uh, you played um, the wrong intro, my friend. What? You might want to go back and play. <laughs> no! All right, great. So what Ryan picked out was... <laughs> right, so... God, we're a mess. Anyway. We have fun here on the Fake Nerd Podcast. Spoilers for... The latest entry in the Halloween franchise, Halloween Kills. Hey, friends. It's going to be a conversation about Halloween Kills, but that means it's also spoilers for Halloween 2018 and Halloween, the 1978 original from John Carpenter. So if you haven't seen any of those things, who, get out who of here. Who are you watching this third installment? These people, come on. Don't do it. So what do we think about the full spoilers? You've been warned. What do we think about this one? Ben, go. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, 
It was your favorite movie of 2018. It was. It was my favorite movie. It's um, Halloween is still my favorite, uh, like air quotes horror movie. I'm so I'm so fascinated by your take. Go ahead. Um, I have issues with it, but I still had a blast with it. Um, it, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but this was. I mean, well, I'll get into it more, but I feel like me knowing for a fact that there's a sequel coming kind of hindered it. I've heard, that I, I've heard that take before. I still really enjoy this movie, but I do have some problems with it, especially the ending. I'm really pissed off at the ending. But other than that, it, it was a really... It was good. I really had a good time. I still think the first one's better, in my opinion. But, yeah. I I, I had a good time. Um, I was enjoying it. And if the ending... I was this very I was very dissatisfied with the ending. And if the ending were different, I'd be much more positive on it. But because the ending is the way it is, um, I think it's I think it's good. I had a good mm-hmm. time. Sparks. I think this is a great Michael Myers movie. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a great Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's good. I'm in a very conflicted pl- place because I know and I've been critical and I've been thinking about it for days. And I've even glimpsed through most of the movie a second time. Thanks. Um, and <laughs> I really enjoy the feel of so many things in this movie. And uh, there's a lot of sequences I really love. There's some stuff here that I, I, there are things in general that like, even as I knew I was dissatisfied with when I came out of the movie, I was like, I think I like this more than Halloween 2018. Oh, I'm wow. like, why, oh, why do I feel that? But that oh, was just awesome. the feeling. That yeah. was the feeling. And I'm like, but I don't think that's true. I don't think I like the whole movie more. I just think I like things in this. Well, more. that's, that is the thing of a sequel where a lot of times it's not better, but it has better, uh, better sequences. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I'm still not even at my final answer on some of these things, but, yeah. um, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. I definitely don't think it's as garbage as a lot of a lot of people feel, especially like Halloween fanatics yeah, who, are, yeah. who are bouncing off of it. And I think bouncing off of it for the wrong reasons. Um, and we'll get into that. But uh, overall, I, I echo the ending. I think the ending is is miserable. But other than that, I I thematically it's a mess. Uh, but impact wise, there's something visceral to it that I really agree with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I largely agree. Um, I liked a lot of the elements in it, which is why I think my, my final review is I like the parts more than the whole. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah, yeah. I feel that's a I feel that's a that's a big thing with this movie because there are parts of this movie that are awesome that are that are great Michael Myers moments, and I feel I didn't go back and listen to a review from the from Halloween twenty or Halloween twenty eighteen. No, you should have stuck with it. You, you just say Halloween, yeah, from Halloween, uh, where how inventive I want to say the kills in the first one were very inventive. There were some pretty inventive kills here, albeit silly kills, like when he opens the door and the girl shoots herself in the throat. That's not silly. That's uh, incredible. That's genius. <laughs> I still that's, liked it. I thought that, that was a very inventive kill. That was, it. like, the, the thing with Michael Myers is that it is a slasher movie, but it's not like he's constantly, yes, he's stabbing people, but he is stabbing people in a very, I don't want to call it a fun artistic, way. I don't want to call it a fun way, but it's, there's it's a funny, word there. It's funny to me. It's it's funny to me and Zara as we're watching like Halloween 2018 and and this one. Uh, where we're just like, it's interesting the the people he chooses to pose. He's like has a little arts and crafts moments with his villain with his. Uh, uh, with his somebody uh, yeah. a podcast listened to describe Michael Myers as very theatrical. Yes, 
And I'd be like, yeah, like he, he likes to have fun with his work. Sure. Um, but yeah, so to kind of finish my initial thoughts, um, definitely kind of the, the, I like the, the parts more than, more than its whole, uh, any sequel that you're doing is you're going into lore building. You know, you got, you had your fun in the first film. You didn't really need to do a whole lot of building. Now you got the second one. You got to do some lore building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all in all, knowing that the, that Halloween ends is coming does hurt that. Yeah. Um, if I did not know Halloween ends was on the horizon, I feel at the end because when a part of the movie where you get the townspeople, the survivors of Michael Myers, as now a second time the survivors of Michael Myers surround him, it's like, oh, he did. I thought, yeah, yeah. No way in <laughs> hell he come out of that. And then he comes out of it. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis gives him an evil speech to resurrect him. Yeah, she gives she gives a speech. Um, I'm actually okay with Laurie Strode being in the hospital 90% of the movie. I actually, I'm pretty okay with that. A lot of people reacted really poorly to that. Right. And, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it, but at the same but at the same time, I'm just gonna okay. I'm gonna get my negatives out of the way right now because I want to talk more positive about this movie. Uh, the hospital scene where everyone starts chanting "Evil Dies Tonight." Take a shot every time someone says "Evil Dies Tonight." You're gonna be drunk. Not I'm even just "Evil Dies Tonight." Dead. Uh, it dies tonight. Yeah, uh, evil dies or it dies or he dies tonight. I hate that. I really think that's. I don't know why I hate it. I just don't I like it. So. It just doesn't feel organic. I mean, getting the town spiel together is like we're gonna fight this guy because this guy's been haunting our town for this long. I love that. Yeah. But the second they start chanting "Evil dies tonight," and it's like, oh. See, Lord. I think I don't think the the chanting is the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the chanting makes sense. Mob it's, mentality is real. It's the yeah. it's the uh it's the overuse of that line in too many other places. Yeah. Some places it belongs, and some places it doesn't. It is in the it is in the movie too much. And they yeah. also they're not they're trying to tell you a message, but they're not. They hit you over the head with. And, and Thomas, what's his name? Um, Tommy, Tommy looks directly at the camera and says, what if we're the monsters? He looks directly at the camera and he says it to the audience. And I'm like, okay, um, that's a joke. But he's, it's so direct in your face. And I'm like, there's no subtlety with what you're trying no. to do here. Like, well, it doesn't, and, it, and it doesn't have any good, like, even as it's trying to say something about these things. And they, they this is from their mouths. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis and David Gordon Green have, saying, have likened this to wanting to express things about black lives matter and the me too movement and they've wanted to put that inject that into this film and i'm like that didn't work it didn't uh, no. you, your your concept wasn't executed correctly yeah and um and i agree i think i let's because we gotta do this in pieces like i want to tackle the hospital specifically the other patient i think that's a big well, common issue can i can i bounce off of what ryan said about tommy saying uh you know uh, looking right at the camera um, because you, you, you know, you mentioned that, uh, Sparks, you mentioned that, uh, they don't really execute that kind of message. Well, the issue for me became that we're trying to inject this social commentary and then Tommy's like, we're, you know, maybe we're the monsters, but it doesn't matter because they're just going to go kill Michael Myers anyway. Like they don't have any kind of come to God moment with that message. There's no reason for that message to be in the movie because you're yeah. not doing anything with it. Right, it's they're not, not conflicted. Yeah. There's nothing. There's mm-hmm. nothing that changes them about it. And like, there is an idea that I think is good in that, in the sense of Michael Myers is fear. He inspires, and he fear. makes fear, and yeah. makes us worse because of it. And I'll go even a step further of like how muddled it is, is because Tommy says at the very beginning, uh, in a very confusing 
closure to his speech at the bar that um, the boogeyman is coming. He's coming for all of us. He's coming for you. And it might not be tonight. It might not be the next night, but we'll never give in to fear because we can rise above that. And I'm like, that's cool. But like, that's not who Tommy is for the rest of the movie. He immediately and like, and like, that, that doesn't, that doesn't gel. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like all this, like neat lines when you isolate them, but they don't work together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do think that there is a good core concept of that. Again, like that, that concept that Michael Myers is fear. Yeah. Uh, and I think they just needed to cling to that rather than trying to dabble at all with people when they become mobs or monsters. Because yes. I'm like, the issue with that is that Michael Myers is a monster. Yeah. And if he's a monster... They try to personalize him. The only this. way that this works is if they actually killed him in the end. Yeah. That's the only way this works. Uh, because otherwise the people are monsters thing. And honest to God, he killed so many people in so many brutal ways in this movie. I don't even think that still works. Uh, <laughs> because like you, you had someone who was an unstoppable force. This is not the Michael Myers of even the second one who murders yeah. a decent chunk of people. This is Michael Myers, like almost killing a, a quarter of the town. Yeah. Now. He kills like so many he kills like die. 10 firemen at the beginning and then he kills like 10 people i don't know if they circle. have firemen like, anymore so in Hattonfield. like that <laughs> so many people yeah. die in this movie so many but there are so many bodies oh yeah um just the body count is just astronomically right. high right. in which this is, movie which is awesome uh i will say like i think that's awesome like yeah. it makes michael scary um but the problem is that, like, again, if you're trying to bring in that message of, like, what what are, what are does he make us? What do we become? Yeah. It went in the wrong direction with it, and then it didn't commit. 100%. And so that's the whole issue with that. So I want to bring that all back into focus and talk specifically about this, because I do think it's one of the most controversial parts of the film, the other patient story. Yeah. Um, because I think that's, that is the thing that is trying to drive home that story. I don't think it inherently was a bad idea. I just think it was so sloppy in how it was included. It was. Um, you've got things like the elements of tommy even like i get when the patients like like they they give into like people saying it's michael and they just take it as hearsay and they all just start charging uh but when tommy lays eyes on him in the doors he should know he should know, he should and, know. and the worst part is when he's gone off the building tommy sees him on the ground and he and karen's like we got that wasn't michael and he's like we don't know we haven't seen him with him. and i'm like tommy you know you know you, that's not michael you're better you know than that. he's yeah. super freaking tall here's the and... worst reason about that yeah. it's because tommy is literally in the earlier part of the film looking at the news thing talking about this patient being one of the escaped ones and then they cut from that patient to Michael, who you can't see because they don't want you to see his face, yeah. but it is Michael. So yeah. you know he saw Michael's face. Zara and I pointed that, we're talking about that on the, on the drive home. Tommy mistaking someone for Michael, anyone mistaking anyone, this, this other guy for Michael, doesn't make any sense because there are pictures of Michael Myers. He was just sitting in a psychiatric hospital for 60 years. Yeah. Someone took his picture. Right. It, yeah. it, it doesn't work, and it's... It doesn't work for Tommy, and I, I think it did work up until the point where Tommy got to it. Um, and that whole thing gets so muddled. And, like, unfortunately, I don't think it does anything for Karen. And Karen's thrust into that story. Oh, she, she's and I don't wasted think, in this movie, I don't man. think it benefits her character at all to do that. Um, and that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think the connective tissue exists between that and karen seeing the image of young michael at the end of the film yeah i wish that that bridge existed Let, it doesn't you brought up karen um massive up downgrade in the yes. first movie 
Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's the she's the gotcha moment. So yeah. so I I want to and I thought about this a lot and this is the thing like I want to recontextualize this other patient scene because I think I saw the problem and like the big problem. Karen shouldn't have been at the hospital anymore. She should have gone with her daughter because yep. we needed that connection, that relationship to matter more because Karen already didn't have enough time with her in the first film. Yeah. We needed more of that here, especially for what they were going to do in the ending. Yeah. Um, so I'm bitter that that didn't get to happen, that Judy Greer didn't get to flesh that out. Yeah. The other reason that should have happened, Lori should have been in the Karen role with the other patient yes. because Lori has that observation. Yeah. Lori making that speech at the end makes 10 times more sense because Lori has now seen without knowing what Michael's doing, without knowing what Michael's done, Lori has a concept that she has to grapple with of what have I become because of Michael that is carrying over her trauma from the first film and looking at what has happened to this patient. And at least even if it doesn't work for the whole town's story, it does make sense for Lori's, yeah. if that's the case. Lori mm-hmm. should have been the person weighing the consciousness of this is because of the fear I brought to the town. Yeah, I brought this by what I uh, kept alive for 40 years. Yeah. And that should have been the core theme of what was going on with that idea. But you can't give her more stuff because you have to give it to the other new character. Yeah, Hawkins. To the daughter. But, but that's... But that's you could have had all that. No, like, it's just taking Karen and putting her with her daughter no, and letting Lori be the person who did that. Yeah. And I think that would have made the whole thing gel so much better um, because it yeah. would have put that focus on like Lori's thematic arc. And again, like it's so important to know that Lori doesn't know how bad it is yet. Yeah. And so Lori can tr- kind of trick herself in like, did I make this worse? And is my trauma the problem? And again, that's... She- and she, she has a moment. She can be yeah. wrong. Yeah. She has a moment where she sees it with Karen, where they kind of like, it's not him. It's not him. Yeah. It's not Michael. And they and she tries to stop people too, but then she's taken out of commission. You just, you take Karen out of commission instead. You make a far more impactful story moment. Right. You just, you put Karen with her daughter. I think that yeah. needs to happen. I think Karen needed to be, once her she knew her daughter was going to go, she should have gone too. It yeah. feels like. like... I, I don't like the way that, that that relationship was rubbed up against considering where it's going to end. Karen should have been out there with her. It feels like they wrote the end first. They're like, we know how we want the movie to end. Um, how do we get there? Because like you have to have characters be in certain situations to get to the the, the bad ending. Because yeah. um, otherwise, like you'd have to change so much so that all this stuff doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. but you can still have Karen there. Yeah. Because that does get her there. And like, it, it's 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 worse in some ways knowing Halloween ends is there because yes. I'm like, this is, this is the end of that relationship. Like we're done. Yeah. There was room in another film to have explored this thing and we're, we're leaving it dead on the floor. Yeah. Literally. Um, it, that's a bummer. And I think that would have solved two birds with one stone. I would have felt better about the ending to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I would have felt better about the thematic story of at least in the perspective of what we're going with for, with Lori, Lori is allowed to feel at that point, like maybe people, have been driven too far maybe fear is the the real monster and all that kind of stuff and michael be something worse than that and Lori be wrong in her observation because she's faking herself out about it yeah um let's i want to flip-flop off a negative to a positive then we can get back to negative absolutely um remember how we talked about how daniel craig his best performance wasn't in the best bond movie yeah this is my favorite michael myers yes uh his burnt face that's why i say it's a great michael myers yeah his burnt face is so scary his kills are so scary like 
him just doing his thing this whole movie, um, fighting a bunch of firemen, um, being maskless for like twenty minutes, like and like never seeing his face, and feeling tense. I love that. Really, like I, I was definitely tense in this movie. Um, and like it's something like you know the 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 mob stuff takes you out of it, but like when Michael's doing his thing, like I'm feeling it. Um, this so, is this is a great Michael. And Myers. it's not just it's not just having great kills. Real quick, then it's not just having great kills. It's the tension around and the energy of Michael throughout this movie feels like a force that. I'm saying as a person who's seen all the Halloween films, yeah. it never quite has reached this kind of level. Yeah. Um, he feels pervasive and unstoppable in a way that like doesn't usually happen. And it's all the more impressive that he feels that way, even without getting up to the point where people are literally like throwing everything they got at him and he's st stopping. Yeah. It's, it's, you just feel like he's unstoppable because of the energy of the scene around him. Yeah. Rather than like them having to physically like tell you with the action he's unstoppable um i was i was really enjoying like the finale with him getting up and then just like revenge murdering everyone and him and tommy uh and i kind of just wish it would end, it would end there i <laughs> thought it was going to yeah i really did too i was i was hoping but anyways, i want to talk about one of my favorite parts of the movie is the fact that we still don't see the actor play michael myers mm -hmm. just like the first one you don't see his face you see bits of his head you don't see his never face. You, do see, you do get a clear look at his face in the first film the original mm -hmm. film you do. It's it's a it's for a couple seconds, but yeah, you yeah. see his face. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the 2018 one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you say original, and my brain goes. No, my, my bad. I meant 2018. Uh, so like the 2018 one, you don't get a clear shot of his face. No. And I love that so because some year old man. <laughs> because Michael Myers is the mask. He is, like when you say Michael Myers, you think of the knife and the mask. That's the thing you think about when you say that name. Think of William Shatner. And uh, you beat me by that much. <laughs> that that Kirk mask, but just, and also seeing, I actually agree. This is a great Michael Myers movie because his mask is burnt. You, the damage is there from the first, from the 2018 movie. It's he's ready to kick, to keep going out and just being kind of force. I'm, I talked about it with like lore building. What it kind of does is move Michael Myers away from the super. They moved Michael Myers away from the supernatural element of him by erasing the other movies. Um, uh, and, you kind of move Michael almost into that, but in a believable. Like the first one was a six-year-old man killing a bunch of people, and yeah. this one he becomes a an unstoppable kind he of. He gets shot a dozen. He gets shot a dozen times. Oh, that dude should be dead. He, this is definitely something else is going on. That dude on. got shot. Yeah. Five so like, times. so they they move him. So they move him kind of back into that position of being the unstoppable Terminator that we've come to know him as, and I think it's in a, in a really effective way. Yeah, very, very much so. Also, no one in Hatfield can shoot for shit. No, not no one's been to the range at all. Only, <laughs> I will say, I will say that works to the film's detriment. That like they didn't want to hit too hard on like him getting through bullets. Like they wanted to be there but not be like overbearing. Um, and it's a problem that like so many members of the town feel like they can go at him after everything he's done with blunt weapons yeah um, just the bat yeah it's yeah, like uh, i have a baseball bat it's like nah dude you need a shot like like uh, stab, tommy yeah. needs to be coming in there with an axe yeah he had time he had time to go get an axe I mean, okay i do like how the beginning when the firefighters see uh, michael myers because I, well, I was watching the movie with fanny and there's a lot of people were talking about this or they were they were little, like the quiet murmurs in my movie experience where people were like oh they got axes he's he's rude and then of course he just murders all the firemen because you see the firemen you see him and they just oh. grip their axe because they know they're in for a fight and Michael Myers still just plows through them. And I do like how it's, we don't see I mean, I haven't seen the other, um, I've only seen the original and the original second one. I haven't seen anything past that in the original Halloween films. 
So I like how it's alluded in these films that there is a supernatural element because this is a man, uh, a true form of evil who bleeds and gets shot and just keeps getting up. He is that final boss in the game that you just like sitting there. He's like, why won't you die? So the, the whole thing is like, go, once you hit Halloween to the original, the concept of Michael Myers never really, even if they explore the origin more, it never really changes from the fact that Michael Myers is just meant to be evil incarnate. Mm -hmm. He is just meant to be that. Yeah, mm -hmm. That is all that is supposed to be him and that's why he's it's, it's not supposed to be anything like more than that you you they do explain like more at a certain point in six people but like, don't like you don't you don't, around him, you don't yeah. need to like grab more onto it other than to say like he's just evil yeah that's that's mm -hmm. supposed to be the concept now or what if he's a six-year-old boy so this is another one of my problems with this film is that they they start to like dabble into exploring a, a deeper concept which i'm actually on board with uh for the idea of it because this is something i told ryan Megan and I, when we watched the original film a few months ago, uh, I watched it trying to put it into the context of the only sequel to this is the is the Hollow Green and this one. Mm -hmm. And um, if I look at it in that context, I'm like, why does Michael pursue Laurie so specifically? Yeah. Um, if she's not his sister, what is the reason? And I and I saw in the original film where I, this wasn't the intention of John Carpenter, but like if you are trying to put it through that lens, what you can see is there is an opportunity for it to be this. There is something so special about the opening of Halloween that uh, that the second film and none of the sequels really have a good answer for. And this could uh, even now it still could, but, um, and it's the shot when Michael comes out of the house after killing his sister at the beginning and his parents take the mask off him and he's just standing there without the mask on stunned. Carpenter thought of something is behind that moment, but I, but none of the movies after really run with what is the intention of that. If you, if you isolate the original to this continuity, then in the original, Michael goes back to his to Meyer's house. That's where he goes directly. He gets there first. And he stands in the same window where he killed his sister. And he looks out that window. And the first person he sees is Lori. And you could make an argument that Michael is trying to analyze that traumatic moment of his life where he did this. And why did he do this? What was this horrible mistake? Because there's a there is a reasonable path of like, did Michael do a bad thing? Yes, but was Michael necessarily evil incarnate or was being locked away immediately after he did it and being told by Dr. Loomis, you are evil incarnate. Turn the thing it. that made him that. Yeah. Mm. And that's something that could be explored here, but like the film has such a muddled script about how they want to tackle that because you have Officer Hawkins saying both he is evil completely but also he's a six-year-old boy yeah. wanting to look at his own reflection and trying to see something in himself and what i'm is like it? he can't he can't be both from the perspective of one character he can be both from the perspective of multiple characters. characters talking about him in the film yeah. but he can't be both from the perspective of one person yeah, yeah. And that's where it gets really weird. Like they're clearly trying to allude to something with the window moment. Yeah. But I don't think they know what. They're and, saving it for the next movie. And I don't and and I don't think it's executed well because I don't think they know what. And it doesn't feel like it in the script. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. I forgot. Sorry. Um, I agree. I I I'm cool with the idea of of exploring the origin of Michael or like is it supernatural? Is he just like he's just really tough and evil? Like that I'm cool with that, but like again, they're like they're picking one is side. He, is then he himself haunted by trauma? Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, he's a child, but also he's pure evil. Like, you, can't, you can't be both. You got to pick one. Yeah. Like, I, I remember what I was going to say. Um, in the movie, what I did appreciate is kind of the different stories about 
Michael's uh, a quote unquote obsession with Laurie. Um, Judy Greer believes that Michael came searching for him, for her, yes. hunting her. But the the little the her daughter was like, uh, no, it was the doctor who put him on Laurie's path. Like it was the yeah. only reason why they came together. He's he is a force that like yeah. gets put in a direction. Yeah, I like the idea that that he doesn't give a shit who Laurie is. I still hold that he does kind of recognize her, but I don't think he he cares. I yeah, yeah I, I I think for Michael Myers, like like when you were saying about what like Laurie was the first one he saw, so he's just like kill. Like he see he kills indiscriminately. He sees people, he's like, time to die. I, my whole thing was like it's like she survived and he doesn't like that. Yeah. That could because be he picked up something about Laurie because he yeah. did everything on a path towards her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the original. Yeah. Um, it, but I agree with what Brandon's saying. Like, I do like the idea that there is this idea of the, the dual narratives. And I do like, I like the idea that where Michael's actually going is the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it got interrupted. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think it's clean in this movie. I, uh, back to a positive, I love all the 1978 footage. 100%. It, it almost oh, looks yeah. like it could have been actually shot at that time it uh, looks so good saying, saying as having watched it on my tv here it looks exactly the equal level of watching the original oh, like that film here yeah uh they look the same very uh, legitimately uh, until i saw the actor i was like this is just a, this is a scene from the 78 film yeah, yeah and then i saw and then i saw who they cast as a young hawkins i was like oh my god this looks incredible and then yeah you got a loomis um i'm guessing the way the, the, the how did they do the loomis so oh, so Loomis is I looked into it Loomis is their art director for the film he happened to bear a similar resemblance just just a little to Donald Pleasance nice. so they did some prosthetic work to make him look more like him and then there's someone imitating Loomis's voice who imitated Loomis's voice for the previous film okay um, that's so good yes I mean, uh, but it's I, all you, it's all prosthetic work on top of a person who already looked kind of similar. I'm not gonna lie, when Lomas shows up on screen, I was like, "Did they just? This is like the best CG deep fake I've ever seen." I thought I thought it's CG. Um, yeah. Since we're bringing up the 1978 footage, I want to bring up an argument that I think is oh, yeah. oh my god, he does look like him. Oh damn! Yeah, the art director. He really, he really yeah. does look he like does. Lewis. Yeah, so they just did an amount of prosthetic work to make him look a little more like him, and and I think that's incredible. That um, it looks great. It does. They didn't really didn't do a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, so, um talking about the 1978 footage this is an argument against the film that i've seen out there that i think is absolutely just moronic and stupid and i've seen it coming from like halloween purists and fanatics who are just really upset and they they, they hate that this movie like does a lot of things that the original sequel does they're like oh this moment's like halloween 2 and it's doing this thing like halloween 2 and i'm like i, I get that the heck out of here it's plenty different enough like jesus yeah. um but this one in particular like really pissed me off where um, they are mad that they show flashback footage for the sheriff to him seeing Annie's body because that footage comes from Halloween 2, a film that doesn't exist in this canon. And I'm like, it's a same it, night. Doesn't, it doesn't have to exist in this canon, but it still can be the moment that he saw his daughter. That doesn't yes. freaking change. Like just because that movie doesn't exist in the canon, it's happened that's a say stupid thing to get upset about. If they're Halloween purists, they would know that it's that's it takes place on the same night. So they it, do know. It, it'd be in the they first do movie know. They still. just are mad because it's that's like so dumb. because that movie was wiped from continuity, and like ultimately, it's a thing that they don't like that 2018 decided to wipe Halloween. Too. I get, get it. They wish that it was a follow up to that one, and I'm like, fine. It is stupid. Yeah. To just be like, well, that's footage from a movie that doesn't exist in this timeline. I'm like, cool. Like, I mean, it's still that character that died. Timeline. It's still <laughs> that actor. They have the footage yeah. of that young actor seeing his his 
character's daughter, like, why wouldn't you use it? That's just dumb. Yeah. That is so dumb. I will, like, the, the dumb things that people choose to get upset so about with this movie. I will piggyback my positive with, with my one of my negatives, and I, I, I don't think you guys will agree strongly, but um, I liked Hawkins in the first movie. I feel like Hawkins is a distraction from from Laurie and and Judy Greer and all that stuff. And like his, I liked all the 78 stuff, but his like, so I am so now part of the story. I am the reason Michael Myers is this way. Like for me, it took away from the original cast in a way where if the stuff was better, I'd like it. But because where this movie is and where the next movie is going, I'm like, I, I, I wish it would have focused more of on the family stuff personally. I, I will present a counter in the sense of, I think Hawkins is a, his backstory is a good inclusion. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, again just like other things in the script hawkins whole thing gets kind of muddied and messy and i don't think it's clean and i don't think that it's saying the things about the character it should necessarily in the world the way i want it to however i will push back on i think it's actually great that we see that he's the reason michael isn't dead that he stops loomis from shooting him in the back of the head yeah uh or at least like whether or not that would kill him who knows but like the fact that he's the person who stops loomis because loomis was adamant Michael Myers needed to be killed that night. And the only reason in old continuity of Halloween that uh, Michael Myers isn't killed that night is because they're pretty sure they killed him in the hospital in the sequel. Um, That's the only reason that Loomis lets up is because he's pretty sure Michael is dead. Uh, So Loomis was so adamant in the original that Michael Myers needed to be killed, not captured. So to have this continuity where he's been in prison for all this time, you would have to address on some point why dr loomis allowed that to happen and i do like that they provide a nice clean window into a not just a oh we're showing you here's the reason but also made it a character beat okay i think that is good how it's interwoven into his involvement and his guilt about the story and what that means to Lori, not as good i think that's that's what i rub up against that's that's what i rub up against too the actual flash the actual event i like i think is great yeah again yeah I would watch a whole 1978 movie. Yeah. Like, I know that's so silly. I could just watch, I think, Halloween, right? There's but. a scene in the trailer where we see the, the, the boy who, who falls who falls over. Uh, Lonnie. Lonnie. We see him in the trailer, and I just thought that was footage from the 78 film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how good that looked. Um, uh, they do a great job. Uh, just, like, the, the kids from the 78 film feel like they have the dialogue and the cadence of like the bullying that was in those movies. Like it, it really does feel like footage from that night. Yeah. Um, I also want to shout out while we're still on the 78 stuff, one of my favorite shots in this whole movie and it's, it's cheap, it's easy, but it's great is the mirroring of Michael with all the cops in front of the house when they capture him, because yeah. it's the exact same shot as when the, the mask fireman. is taken off of him. No, when the oh. mask is taken off of him as a little boy, Oh, I it's got the same mean. shot in You're front right. of the house. They pull out the same way. It's the exact same shot. I think that's beautiful beautiful i think that's really cool i love it yeah uh we were talking a bit about hawkins when he first when he awoke from his death um i was really excited because i was always sad that that character died in the first film the last film um so i was like yeah all right he made it um and then i didn't didn't rewatch it so i forgot like all right yeah i because i knew i remember the friend died in a very brutal way but i forgot the boyfriend didn't die Mm -hmm. and then oh yeah that's true yeah, and then he made it to the sequel. Um, but to, to talk about to talk about Hawkins, like I I, I like uh, I really liked him coming back to life, and I, I was I was super into that. And then they just don't really do a lot with him uh, uh, after that to kind of make that work. And I hope that the next one, because he is still on the board, I hope that the next one really gives him more. So I I feel like 
this is this is both like a detriment to the film but also i think one of the best choices it makes laurie and frank hawkins can only do so much because they were so severely injured in the previous movie which to the movie's credit i'm really grateful for because slasher movies don't do this a lot uh almost never um usually like i need to heal from that stab wound is like Mm-hmm. good here yeah. we go i gotta fight the killer again like, like lori could easily do yeah. it um the fact that they hold on like a surgery moment for lori yeah and its consequences like this this feels it makes it feel more visceral it makes michael feel more powerful against them because mm-hmm. it's not something they don't they have can just bounce the back from yeah. they don't have that ability yeah and hawkins was really badly injured in that 2018 film so the fact that he has to be out of commission on the bed I'm ultimately grateful for because it adds to the realism of it. Yeah. Um, I still just think his dialogue bits with Laurie and, and how he's pushing the, he feels like he's supposed to be the mouthpiece, especially because we open the film with him. Um, he's like the lore piece. Of the yeah. uh, analysis of Michael. And it's through him that it feels too muddy. Yeah. Uh, and that's the problem. But I, I ultimately am grateful for like what role they're doing in the sense of like, they make Michael feel truly daunting. Yeah. Because the heroes can't just bounce back. The continuity yeah. between both films uh, really impresses me. Uh, they they line up so perfectly, um, having not been shot back to back, when we see Hawkins in that way. The fact that the boyfriend is in a dress the yep. entire movie, uh, they never they never kind of give him a moment to change because you know he ended that movie in a dress. Uh, so he's going to be in the whole movie with an address. I, I like the commitment to that kind of, we're keeping it. If you watch them back to back, it'll be, it would be seamless. Yeah. Yes. Um, I agree. Um, I think the continuity is really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some of the positives I definitely want to lay out. I love uh, the return of some of our, our favorite. Oh my characters. God. What's the kid's name? Julius. Uh, what's his name? Julian. Julian. Julian on the news. Go Julian. Oh, yeah. My number one babysitter so died. There, my number one babysitter was killed. Oh. You go up there, Dave, you're going to die. <laughs> um i'm so happy about him so happy to see julian it's i think a the, little moment but it's but it's i wonderful. think the comedy in this movie for me really does work i think it's great yeah. i think when it when it hits it hits really well um i think there's a lot of good uncomfortable comedy and good comedy um the use of Lindsay is great i'm glad she isn't killed in this movie i'm glad she's still out there yeah uh her moment hiding from michael by the water scary oh yeah so tense um so good uh i've seen people uh liken it to um the hobbits hiding under the no, Nazgul. I, I 100% yeah, everyone's the second she got under that truck, I was like, Nazgul, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's great. Um, it's got a it's got that energy, it feels um, really I uncomfortable. Love and it's 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 controversial on the internet. I found out I love Big John and Little John. I love oh. Big John and Little John. I too. was shocked to find people How find that offensive John? and gross. How and I'm like, Big John, Little John? I, I love those guys. I, I feel bad for them. I they were just people having fun smoking weed on Halloween. I don't know what's a, what's gross or offensive. About I, I love how I they how they have like this thing. I was like Big John and Big John's John. Small. That's the joke. I think, yeah, I think that some... is a, that is a joke. But also you like when they're talking like when they're in the house and there's like someone's in the house and like they know the house they live in. Like they know who lives there. They have or such good chemistry. Live there. Yeah. They're great. Like yeah. when they get the kids and the kids like do that prank to steal the rest of their candy and then it's like Michael Myers and they're trying I, to scare them. I love Big John and Little John. I love that Michael Myers has now been confirmed to be uh, a a 
pro-queer relationships because he sets them up in their romantic post from their photos. He does. Like, and he he's like, hey, you know, I respect it. Um, Dude, I killed you, but I respect it. I, I, stabbed, you sh- I stabbed the shit out of you. Uh, but I- the second that I saw Michael McDonald, who who was on Mad TV and like the Austin Powers movie, he's like a big comedian from the 90s. And I'm like, David Gordon Green just called one of his friends. Like, do you want to be in my Halloween and I'm like, hell yeah. Uh, they, um, they're they so do, good. They're they so have fun. a great scene. Uh, I think the kids are great too. The kids feel like very modern, true to life kids. It doesn't feel hammed up. Oh, the season feel, of the witch kids? Nor does it feel pulled back, the season of the witch kids. Yeah, I love them. Prank on them. The scene where they are scaring them is very good by telling them the story about Michael Myers that they don't know, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love Big John and Little John. I thought they were very effective. I have to imagine that part of it is just being upset that we introduce queer characters and, they and die. kill them. I, I guess, And I'm like, yeah. uh, most people die in these movies. Like, yeah, it's just cool that they introduce people. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little shocked when they um cats when they uh, um introduced the the doctor and the nurse mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie. And I'm thinking, I'm kind of hoping these guys live, and then they they're dead. Twenty. This minutes is in. this is the twelfth Halloween movie with Michael Myers in it. The fact that this is the first time we've really gotten a queer relationship featured. I like the fact that they get murdered. I don't think is an issue. Not at all. It's yeah. just good that they were there. they were in, they're in the movie a lot it's yeah. in a michael you're in a slasher movie i'm pretty at, at this point in time if you're in a slasher movie you're fair game yeah man. it it's doesn't a, matter it's hard not being with you guys with the you guys got the chemistry you just won't stop um uh, oh there are two points that you kind of kind of uh pass through that i want to touch on if you don't mind um the the house uh i really appreciate differentiating it from the rest of the halloween franchise um having the house be occupied and lived mm-hmm. in um you know all of halloween uh is is the house is is decrepit and torn down and like um and i like that the idea that that someone someone did move in someone who knew and didn't care they did move in and kind of made it a home Uh, that was a cool a nice touch well yeah murder houses are actually really cheap (laughs) yeah you you buy a house that where someone was murdered in those are actually the cheaper houses because they're harder to sell i'd buy it and then the other one is the the doctors when they showed up. I was I was really happy that I watched Halloween 2018 because I was like, oh, they're the two who narrowly missed Michael Myers. <laughs> yes, I saw I saw that in the 2018 one too. I um, thought that was I thought that was really cheeky, nice follow up. Uh, yeah, there's watched, uh, there is a couple um there is a couple like like very quick 2018 references. Like there was one of the kids who died and his mom is like trying to find him. Oh and yeah. You see his yes, body Oscar, for half a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. yeah you and see, it's like, you, if you didn't wa- rewatch that movie, you'd forget who this guy is. You, no, see, his, like, you see his body at the beginning yeah. uh, oh, when, when he's, everyone's calling him. Yeah. Oh, right, he's okay. on this, he's on the fence. And that's then you right, see, right. cause when her, yeah, because when his mom shows up and she sees him on in the corners, in, but it's in easy to, for, to forget when she's looking for him and saying Oscar that that's him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because like you hear his name once in this movie before that moment, and then uh, she's and you're like, oh, yeah. For 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 Ben, the sequence where they're introducing Halloween 2018 is the beginning of the one take where Michael kills a bunch of people in the different houses. Um, they enter their they get into their car going to a karaoke night. Uh, uh, and then Michael like watches them leave, and then goes to kill the their next which, does, uh, which is where they're He going does to. say that that's our neighborhood. Yeah, because yes. the doctor says this is or the the guy playing the doctor who's really a nurse. Yes. And I like how the wife is the nurse, and she's really the doctor. That was really good. That was a good. That was a good joke. Um, because he's like, yo, that's that that kid from across the street. Yo, this is but, our oh shit. I really, but I, I did. I like the I like those two characters until for some reason the wife just disappears for ten minutes while her husband is killed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was really either. strange. She gets out of the car and like he's he yells shoot him, but she's gone. And then she's walking back to the car to shoot him before she's in a brilliant kill uh shot in the face. But I just thought that was really interesting that she's just like gone. 
Um, I appreciate the note that um, uh, Lindsay, again, great. Um, Annie, uh, the is Annie, right? The nurse from the original at the beginning. Um, and Lonnie, uh, Lonnie does live there, but Annie and Lindsay come from out of town. Mm-hmm. Mm. They didn't stay in Haddonfield. They should have. This is a reunion, 40-year reunion moment for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is a part of the dialogue that they're coming back together as survivors. Just... And that's why Tommy's moment feels more appropriate rather than out of the weird blue. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's 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 them kind of attributing to that. Yeah, um, like seeing the footage of them as kids and then their interaction with Michael Myers in the original. I movies. would not be surprised if they invited Lori in yeah. earlier on, but like things had happened. Like yeah. Lori might have even shown up. Yeah, yeah. It but sounds seeing, like they're in it sounds like they're in touch. Yes. Yeah, because so seeing that part, at first I'm like, this is a weird story of like the boogeyman. And then when we see them as kids, it's like, oh, I get it. So, I still think of that like I think the movie worked overall, but I still remember that the second trailer that we saw where it's like the survivors of Michael and she goes, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah. I, I think remember that. for the most part, it capitalized on that. Um, I do too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a shame yeah. that the nurse got killed in such a similar situation to the uh, situation she was attacked in before. Uh-huh. Um, but but ultimately, I'm just glad to have her. Uh, I thought that was really great. This uh, is for I, love, I love that Michael killed the skeleton kid straight up yeah. murdered him. oh yeah yeah and then and the kids realize like is that adrian's mask oh my i God. love like, those that's, kids that's the energy like that that is exactly modern kid energy when it's like oh he- there he is oh hello mister like i'm like that is exactly how kids their age talk to and me. then yeah. they were and then the the horrible realization that that's their friend's mask yeah bleeding he did yeah he did um i i i hate the ending guys yeah, so do I. I, I it, it really, really bums me out. And I, I think... I'm really glad. Oh, can I just say I'm really glad yeah. we're in agreement on that? Because yeah, yeah. I, I came out of that being like, oh, man. Yeah, Um. and that's really what, like, it's what soured me most on the movie is the ending. Because, like, there's some stuff in the middle, but, like, it, it wasn't that bad for me. So, um, um, uh, do you want to say more first? Or... Yeah, just real quick. Um, I would be fine with the choice they made if this were made at the beginning of the next movie. Because then the stakes are set. Mm-hmm. Um, It's not a cliffhanger um i just and like the context between the characters isn't even there so like what feels like a cool moment is only cool for one of the characters i'll tell i'll I'll say exactly what i said to ryan when we came out of it which is that um my problem with it is that halloween (laughs) films tend to end on an emotional downbeat so even if it's like something shocking has happened it's the emotion of the reaction that we end on like uh the the perfect example of this it cannot get better is halloween 4 when uh loomis sees that uh, Lori's daughter has stabbed somebody and he sees that and he's looking up the stairs and he's shouting, no, Michael, no! Michael, no. Uh, and he's, and, and that's, it cuts on that emotional, like yeah. of Loomis seeing that. Um, and uh, that, that is usually generally even like the worst Halloween films end on that kind of an emotional reaction to something. Yeah. Um, and this one is framed like, get hyped godzilla's gonna fight kong in the next one yeah boy, is he and i'm like wow we're really just devoid of that and the solution to me is just the the ending should have been Lori finding out karen was killed through a phone call whatever and those two moments didn't need to be like happening at the same time you could think that when Lori she can even speech, be on the phone you could think that when yeah. Lori's giving the speech so we'll talk about that but you could think that Lori, well while Lori's giving the speech and we're seeing Michael kill her is happening at the same time and then you find out at the end that Lori is finding out that that happened already yes. in the night and she's reacting to it and it's her despair yeah. that we end her on. breakdown and yeah. that 
is the way that the movie should end. And honestly, if you had that little change, it would fix it for me because I need that emotional reaction now. Yes. That's what I need to punch me and hold me yeah. over. Because instead of this like, get pumped next time it's personal. <laughs> because at the end of it, you have Michael Myers staring out a window and you have Laurie staring out a window. They're not thinking about the same things. No. This isn't episode three, Anakin, Padme, thinking about each other across space. They are having different conversations right now, but when, we're supposed to feel the impact. When it, it happened, I thought it was a dream. Like, I thought she was hallucinating Michael there. Yeah. Uh, because the way it's like, the way the music kind of frames it, the way the sound effects are going, like, I thought it was like, you know, she's so engrossed in seeing whatever he is meant to be seeing through this window that she imagines him coming up from behind her. And like it would cut with like not him, even him there. The other one, the other one that we said was uh, this is leaning more towards Ryan that um, she would be there, she'd be at the window, she'd be like taking in the moment, so that something that about the little boy standing there because she sees him and imagines him. For Why some reason, though? Like that that isn't clear because again the whole messaging of that point in this film is messy. Uh, if she did that and she took that moment, she breathed in, she saw her own reflection, then it looks past her reflection and Michael's down on the street staring up at her because she thinks he's been killed. Mm-hmm. and that alone if you end on that beat and she goes <gasps> and then it cuts like that also would have worked Absolutely. again it's an emotional reaction downbeat that yeah. we need but we're not get it, given that we're given this like pumped up like oh they gonna fight like i don't and give a shit and it sucks too because it's it's an immediate death of the of like one of your main characters then it's immediate kong versus godzilla there's no even there's no time to to experience the death that just happened no it's right. it's it's so it feels rushed i feel bad for that character i do too. Like, i feel she, bad for judy greer because that yeah. character that it's it's also a bummer that they killed her because she's not utilized well in this film yeah. that's also a note about it but that wouldn't be anywhere near as problematic if the emotional reaction to her death was in the movie mm-hmm. was in the text of it happened on screen uh in i told ryan in the original script notes apparently what originally was going to happen is that Lori was going to be on the phone with Karen when she was murdered and she was going to hear it happen. And then she was going to hear Michael pick up the phone and breathe into it. Uh, But they decided, but they decided not to do that because it was too similar to the original, which is where um, Linda gets murdered while she has the phone around her neck. And Lori thinks that she's having sex when she called her. And then Linda dies. And then Michael breathes into the phone and hangs out. It's crazy that they're scared to make homages in a movie that does a bunch of homages to other movies. That's silly to me. It's it's just I think Judy I think this is the best character that Judy Greer has played in many years. Um, she often gets just to be the the mom role uh, in 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 many movies, and to give her that starring role, it I think honestly it's a disservice to her uh, how yeah. good she was in that first in that last film. Uh, and she's still good in this movie. She's just underutilized. And again, like it's just a disservice to lose that character. She is like she is like such like a hard ass in that first movie, and she's like that that final confrontation is like awesome. It yeah. is so cool. Like when she says "gotcha," yeah, and pulls the trigger. I'm like, I didn't Hell feel, yeah, I didn't feel that character in this movie. Ever. Not not even close. Mm-hmm. I was hoping. And again, again, I think this was a problem of not having her like throw out throw out your original plan like you got to get on this and live in the moment that's happening yeah that she didn't go be with her daughter mm-hmm. that that wasn't a p- plot of the movie once she realized that she left why she didn't go out there and be with her like that's that's where we needed the Karen development we needed her to be doing that yeah she ended up being the character that we all thought she was in 2018 like you know the the character that she kind of puts on for her for her family life that she sheds when she fighting when she's fighting Michael yeah yeah um, she she just becomes just that initial character 
uh and that's such a shame because i that mom yeah 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 you just you but you want more from you got that moment where she sheds that character you want more from that yeah you don't get it even the way she stabs michael is just kind of like eh. yeah it's 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 it not just, like it just, all of her power that she had is missing. And like again yeah. it would have been so much more like it would have made more thematical sense with with where you would have positioned laurie again with the patient thing and all that if karen had been gone during that moment if they hadn't necessarily like karen has this line at the earlier in the film where she says my mom put him put us in his path yeah she says that about and like that kind of vibe being her vibe and she goes to be with her daughter and so when she dies at the end of this movie her and her mom who have been unresolved forever remain unresolved yeah permanently um and that's where that should have stayed and karen should have been in a good spot with her daughter but not necessarily with her mom and that would leave laurie in this place of like this aching responsibility uh, whether or not that's accurate like that's the feeling yeah. that she'd come away with and that's where we should be sitting at and it's just so unfortunate that the movie just totally whiffs karen's yeah. whole uh, story and it and again because like this is planned to be a trilogy like they wanted the final movie to be a laurie v michael yeah. yeah so they they have to kill the cast in the second movie yeah um and they have to leave the main character franchise on the sidelines to set her up for the last movie endgame style i don't know if it was worth it no i think like i don't know if it's worth it either because i'm pretty sure we're losing laurie in the next movie oh I yeah think there was i think there was a clean path to kill karen in this movie i just think that we just didn't it was, get it it was yeah. there was a way to do it and have it land yeah. and work and give karen her 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 arc and give her, her presence yeah. and make it so that we felt that and that emotional pain was felt between us and between the characters and they just totally missed that opportunity yeah, yeah. having said that uh different part of the film i think this film also does an exceptionally good job not just as showing how these characters are physically trying to recover but the morning that it provides actual moments for people to grieve yeah even if it's in between lines uh and that's also something so rare in these films she talks about like her dead um, husband there, yeah, yeah. Th there's that for yeah. karen karen gets some good moments but um a, one of the ones that really stood out to me because it was so sharp so pointed and small was when Lonnie's dad, Lonnie, uh, Cameron's dad, is mm -hmm. talking about going out on the boat with her dad mm -hmm. while she's in the back seat. And it's funny. And then she immediately goes from laughing at the story to being sad yeah. because her dad was killed. Yeah. And then she has to pull herself out of it because they found where Michael is. and Or, or they found Lindsay's car. Uh, and that is so good. Mm -hmm. That kind of moment is so easily passed over. And I think that that... that vibe is present in this film and again it adds to the ferocity i really i really like lonnie in this movie a lot um i did too like he's not in it a lot but like i felt like he felt like a real dude and like i like i like that like all of our main characters like uh our makers like like the townspeople they don't get like super glorious kills sometimes like michael just kills people and like if you're famous or not you're gonna die in a way like he's just dead up in, in the in the attic like we don't see how it happens it's right. like oh he yeah. got him that sucks and like one I of the things yeah. One of the things I really like about this movie is the the nobody has plot armor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, Lori only does because she's not in his path. Yeah, um, right. But if she was, I could believe that she could die because he kills the survivors of Michael Myers, uh, and that's a really that 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 sends a signal to the audience that like if he can kill these legacy characters, nobody is safe. So if he's yeah. in his path, you're going to you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. Um. And I was talking, I was talking to Sparks now, like what what is the future? What is the next movie gonna be then? Is it just gonna be Michael and Lori fighting 
Because, like, you got to have a whole movie. Like, we speculated they're going to do a lot more. Freddy versus Jason movies. style. Freddy versus Jason style. Laurie uh, Strode. I think, shotgun. I think we will be getting a lot more flashback stuff in the next movie. I, I again, like, I like the core thought of, of Michael being this person who, in his own demented way, is also traumatized mm-hmm. and analyzing it and trying to trying to recover from it. And if you wanted to leave that as part of the core of who he is in the next film, I'm not against it. Yeah. I just hope that the script tackling it is stronger. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's what I suspect. I have a couple of other uh, quick notes. If, Go if ahead. I may, if I may, one of the things I really like about Laurie's character in this one, uh, I, I understand why you, why, you, why you shelve her for so long, but I do like that we get moments of exposition where she talks about how her, you know, she tried in her life, you know, she tried to have a family, she tried to get over it, but she could never. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes me think that now that you brought up that we'll get flashbacks in the, we'll probably get flashbacks in the next one, um, that we could see her try to reconcile with what happened with Michael, maybe even visit him uh, in the psychiatric hospital early days uh, and try to like get a rise out of him to try well, to I understand. She, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, like a flashback, like 1985, she goes and visits him once just to see what's yeah. up. Yeah. Just to try to like try to find closure because like maybe a therapist like you need to confront the thing that the monster the boogeyman. I will say, I the trajectory of this movie makes me worried for the next one because I don't want them to try to do message messages in this movie anymore. Like I like you can do that in movies, but like you have to be really good at it. The politics were the problem. The politics were the problem, and they got in the way of what was probably a good emotional thematic character story. Uh But because they stuffed those politics in, it made it all messy and it didn't work. Like, honestly, pick out that middle chunk with, like, the Everyone Dies Tonight stuff. Like, Michael's just killing folks. Like, that's, it's a good Halloween movie for, like, a lot of it. And then, like, it's all the extra stuff. I'm like, oh, like. Honestly, an incredible Halloween movie. Yeah, I really, again, like, the little Amazing score. We didn't talk about the amazing score. Uh, I've been trying, I've been watching that the whole time. Oh, my God. Cody Carpenter, what a guy. So. The whole intro, the whole intro bit with, like, all the pumpkins on fire. So good. The choir. Oh, I love it. I think the adding of, you add a choir to anything, t- things get ten times more spooky. But I love how, like, with with Halloween, you have the pumpkin that's already rotted, and then it comes and it's reversed and it's played in reverse to become fresh again. I love that. But I think that's like my favorite opening, just with you see the one pumpkin and then it, and all the other pumpkins, and they all just start bursting into flame. And Hell like, yeah! Or the candle, the, the there's just fire coming out of it. I love it so much. I think just all the music in this movie. And including the main theme with the choir is just awesome. Oh yeah, hundred percent agree. Like that, I feel like this. I mean, yes, it's a Halloween theme. You can't go wrong with with the classic Halloween theme. But the fact they added to it with the choir and they made it a little subtle here and there, it's like just makes them. It just impacts even more. Mm-hmm. The uh, the 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 ghost song in the credits that the oh, yeah. band did. Uh, so so good. Yeah, a hundred percent unexpected. Mm-hmm. Totally loved it. Um, totally welcome. Uh, I'm going to bring up Halloween 2018 because this is something that I watched the video essay on and I thought it was really, really great. I'm sure you guys know this already. Um, In that movie, uh, John Carpenter and his son did the score, but um, all the stuff with the younger generation stuff is Cody and all the older stuff is John. There's a point in the movie where Allison finally meets Michael for the first time and the boogeyman becomes a real man and the John Carpenter score turns into the Cody Carpenter score midway through the movie when she finally meets Michael. And I, I watched that scene and I'm like, holy this is awesome. I didn't and this is not something that can happen in, in like movies all the time because fathers and sons don't get to work together like this. Right. Um, and this movie is a pure synergy of both of their right. collaboration talents. And I'm like, God, the score is so good. Yes. Oh my God, it's, it's incredible. incredible. It's so good. Um, Brock, you said you had notes though. 
Uh, yeah, I actually did end up covering a lot of them, but I did want to talk about one. I think it is a disservice, especially knowing where the film ends up, because um, Michael can just survive things. Uh, <laughs> but um, they wanted to stay in that realm of realism. So in the beginning, when he's in the fire, we find out that he was able to hide in a, behind a little metal door that apparently would appear to be some kind of fireproof or something. And for Lori to have had her plan, and that exists is boneheaded dumb and i hate it um it, i'm like he could have just he could have just put him behind anything and i would have been like of course he survived he's michael myers i don't give a shit like, why did we have to make Lori seem Lori's stupid? 40 year plan oops had a door that was like, I had, well i mean if it was a concrete if it was a metal door he would have burned it and he would have been fried like another but that's not the point but yeah he, she had a fire the door. implication <laughs> of it is like this is how i'm alive because yeah. i hit it here. was like a it's garage like, door on, yeah, yeah. yeah like if evil just like came out of the side you're right of like eventually it would have cooked him but like you didn't need it yeah like the second the firefighter comes down if he would just like turned around and saw sweet now i would have been yeah I would he just comes that. out of the smoke like, yeah. one of the things i love about about the okay one a positive about this movie is that it takes place directly after the end of the first one because after the end of the first one i thought how he can't live he's dead he's gonna burn alive he's trapped there's no way in hell he's gonna get out of the garage door and then you have so many michael myers movies to see i know <laughs> no shit yeah but at the same time here this movie takes place right after the first one you see the firefighters go by you see the firefighters make you see him get out it's like okay that makes sense that is like this but honestly honestly if i didn't see it and i just saw him walking down the street with a scarred mask i'd be like yeah it makes sense like him right. just walking out True. of the house like you, i know he survived i don't need to but, see everything but again like yeah. it's based in that idea of like well we want to make this not feel like a supernatural michael myers yeah until the end of the movie when they are like no nah, no he got shot 10 times and stabbed six times yeah that's, the, that's like, the thing. Like, I don't mind it. I don't mind that he has that moment where he gets shot a bunch of times and stabbed no, and I is okay. I, I don't mind that. It's just that if the movie is so insistent that it needs to be spaced in realism because he's not the supernatural Michael Myers, then you got to keep that through line. You can't just be like, oh, except for now. And I, th I think the next movie is going to explore more of maybe the supernatural stuff about him. I don't know which direction they're going to go, but you do not make the end of this movie with him getting shot a dozen times, stabbed, his neck stomped on, and he survives, and he's a normal human. Yeah. We just, there's no, it's this This is the real world. If you're going to make a real world movie, this isn't real anymore. He you know? got a pitchfork just hit him in his back. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure one of those got him in the spine. He shouldn't He shouldn't be able to move. Yeah, when, but, when a couple be the first time I've watched Michael Myers survive a pitchfork. Yes, exactly. Uh, but those movies maybe were a little more supernatural? I mean, four and five. I mean, like, in the sense that he was unkillable, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, right, but it's, it's, it's the insistence of this movie to say that like this is the real world until it oh, does. Sixty-year-old boy. No, wait. Like four is the one where he's like starting to possess his. Niece. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty supernatural. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I don't like if you want to go the supernatural route. I don't care. It's just, just it's an not avenue. even pick an avenue exactly. That's what I'm saying. And again, like it all feels like it's muddied in that idea of like, well, we want to have this social political commentary, and we need the mob to do that, and the mob's only a reasonable threat of like what what are we if you believe that michael can be killed by them yeah yeah uh and you didn't need that you just didn't need it um it, that that kind of like that political commentary belongs somewhere i don't think it belongs in a halloween movie i mean i'll tell you what they are they're can fodder yeah they're just like more kills for my i think i think the mob mentality thing is is a powerful thing i just don't think that it was used it was handled wrong. everything um, up until like the a guy... mob hunts michael in a different halloween movie it's halloween four and it, it, it makes better sense there like having 
Tommy going around and rallying the troops essentially to like, yo, Michael's out on the loose. We got to protect ourselves. That's cool. But the second the hospital scene starts and, and they start the whole evil dice and I'm like, I'm done. Uh, shout out for the uh, sheriff bracket. That actor still being around. Oh, that dude's like 100. Getting, getting to have the line where he says, it's Halloween, Michael. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Oh, like, that's pretty good. Oh, that's no. pretty good. Before he gets his neck. And then he dies. Uh, Just... Yeah, so uh, my final thoughts. Uh, uh, I think I think all the action is good. It's it's just some weird scripting choices, some weird, like... It just doesn't come together as it should. It just doesn't come together. Yeah, like, the sum of, like I like elements more than the whole. Yeah. The, core, the core of the film isn't isn't working and so many other things are that just surround like i like i love like the opening stuff i'll i'll watch the 10 minute compilation of big john little john i'll listen to the score and i'll watch 2018 halloween i'll definitely watch this movie again yeah i i I do enjoy the experience as a whole yeah as a whole i still enjoy even as i recognize that there's there's a lot of issues and yeah there's there's problems with this one whereas for me the 2018 one there was hardly any problems at all i love the 2018 yeah i think if i didn't like that first one so much i'd be like oh man i know what you're i know the potential yeah Yeah. Uh, so what would you rate it ryan why don't you go first man i really don't like the ending a lot um but it's not like a failed movie so i'm 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 gonna give it a 7.5 ben um i Final thoughts. It is a good how Michael Myers on Halloween. It is good, but there, like, like we've been talking about, there are problems with it. Like Karen should have been outside kicking ass and should have been with her daughter. She should have done more. And then when she dies like that, I'm pisses me off. So, but um, besides that, I, I I think with all the Michael Myers stuff, that outweighs all the other stuff. So I give it an eight. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Sparks. Yeah, it's a it's a far cry away from like some of the worst Halloween stuff, even with its major flaws. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's hampered too much by its own ambition, and that's the real issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, at least they're trying some bold shit. Um, and some of it is working. Some of the bold choices are working. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, like it's still a pretty incredible Halloween experience, I gotta say. Uh, and I give it uh probably an eight also. I think I side with Ben. Nice. Yeah, I think I said with Ryan, I'll give it a seven point five as well. Uh, it just doesn't come together as well as I as as I would like, um, but it, it's still an enjoyable ride. I do like its ambition. It just absolutely. Uh, it has a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I do think that's a little rough. That's, that's low. That's that's low. Way, I that's think way it's better low. than a third of a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it works that way sometimes. Um, shall we get into our book club then? I, I real quick, I will touch on like I do think that there's just a lot of venom about this movie, and I think a lot of things we said are like really good criticisms, and there are good criticisms out there. And again, like there's just a lot that are like the get a start from Halloween too, oh, like that kind of stuff where you're getting that upset about that stuff and saying like that's the detractor of the movie, like that's stupid. Come on, man! Like yeah. there's a lot that this movie is actually have going for it. Yeah, uh, I get like not liking it, but like saying it's just garbage throughout is just. Like, oh my gosh. They're yeah. definitely, I won't name names, but like, I follow a couple of comic book people on Twitter and uh, they hate this movie. Yeah. They, they like, it's like the worst movie they've seen this year. And I'm like, I, we see different movies, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, um, shall we go to a book club then? Book, 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 book. You planned that, didn't you? Yeah. I did. <laughs> so, look at that fun. smile. Good uh, comedy comes in threes. Yeah. You're not uh, Ryan, it's your book club. Take it away. Okay. Hey guys, I just like I did last year, uh, I picked uh, six 
issues, five stories from just various Marvel comics that are very easily available on Marvel Unlimited. Um, so uh, I got picked a bunch of good ones, I think. Um, I like why don't we uh, why don't we start with um, I don't care what do you guys want to start with. What, what if you want to start with what if which one? Magic. Magic. Yeah. What if Magic became the Sorcerer Supreme? This book rules. This is the book that put Leia Williams on the map. Um, she was a writer of X Factor doing Trial of Magneto right now. Um, I think this is great. Uh, I love Magic Ileana Rasputin as a character. Um, this is kind of just like a one shot that kind of ends and doesn't really go further, which is what one shots do. Um, but I think the the characterization of Doctor Strange and Ileana are perfect. I love it. I think this is a, a fun little read. It's a it's I, a it's a better uh, interpretation of the because we talked about it when we talked about what if the series that the uh, the idea is that you have to end on a cliffhanger that's like worse than the main continuity. I think the idea of like I don't feel like the story is unfinished when I fin- when I read this. I, I it's what if what if she became the Sorcerer Supreme? I see that trajectory when I finish that book. This Absolutely. book, I'm like I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I love how this book ended, where where her and Doctor Strange are, are kind of like in a, a somewhat of a father daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. I really dig that. Um, <laughs> I I love how Doctor Strange's quipping, like when he's talking to Wong, is like Wong, we have a guest. She's feral. Yeah. She doesn't know what pastrami is. I love that line. Um, I don't know much about Ileana, but Wong, I... we have a lunch guest. Oh, yeah. What a rude word to emphasize. Like their banter is so good. yeah yeah yeah. The ban- the banter is really good, and also one of the aspects I love is how she can't she mastered all other forms of magic besides creation magic because she brings up the fact that she was made as an instrument of destruction. Yeah, how can that something who's built to destroy create? And when she's she the comes, antichrist, yeah. And so when she creates the staff of souls, it's such a good moment for her, and I love it. And then when like Doctor Strange is fighting, uh, what's his name? Bass the best. Um. Oh, I got it here. Hold on. Uh, I'll find it. You keep going. Yeah, what, what, essentially the dude who raised Ileana in Limbo. Oh, Belasco. That guy. Yeah, yeah when, she, when Doctor Strange is fighting Belasco, and he's like, I think uh, an even match was worth it. He's like, I really liked Doctor Strange's arrogance in this. Uh, yeah. the, the the whole, like, when he, when she's just like, no, I'll kill you with all my magic. He's like, I'm the Sorcerer Supreme. You're not going to do anything okay. to me. Yeah. Uh, and like, the I, whole uh, thing is like, I'm tired. I want to retire, and I think you are the person who should take over. Yeah. I, I Ileana is such a fun character. Um, when you see her... Uh, like in limbo, she's like, I came of age in a place where we cut each other for fun. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of nothing but myself. I grew up in hell. And like, I know you had I'm 15 years old. I'm the Antichrist. I'm like, I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or when she gets a ride from that trucker and obviously he's trying to do things. And Doctor Strange is like, yeah, so that guy might deserve, <laughs> that guy deserved it, sure. Um, but, uh... Here's some quick, beautiful poetry that I love. Um, my thoughts are a warren of horrors I navigate in terror because I'm afraid to one day open the wrong doors and unleash hell as I was designed to do. I see them all, all the time, the violent ends I was intended to bring as the Antichrist. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just a, it's a good one, a little one-shot. Um, yeah. Leia Williams loves this character so much. And uh, Death of Doctor Strange is currently going on, or it's about to happen. So there's going to be a new Sorcerer Supreme. Everybody wants it to be Ileana because she's the dopest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to be Wiccan because yeah. he's the current hot sorcerer man. Um, but but Ileana, I'm saying, I am uh, <laughs> I am only irritated that there isn't more. To yeah, story. yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would definitely read more of this because I would love to see Ileana do more Sorcerer Supreme stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, let's move on from there. Why don't we talk about the two part Iron Man story? That, okay. t- that's uh, that takes place in Paris with some real sets. So <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, because I want. You see people turn the stone a lot in media. Mm-hmm. And of course, like you get the nightmares where someone's turned to stone and then they shatter and you know, oh shit, they're dead. Mm-hmm. This one is like, oh, it's not a dream. That's real. People are like when Tony Stark wakes up, he's like, are these? 
and you see are these bodies and yeah. you see the mountain of bodies next that's rivaling the height of the eiffel tower itself it's like yeah. Uh, oh the shit. thing I, I haven't read this in a while like this is matt fraction's iron man run this is i think the best modern iron man run in besides the Cantwell stuff now but like the best iron man run maybe ever um but uh coming back to this uh his tony stark is so good and you really really feel the weight of what's happening mm. like he's constantly like i have to remind myself that these are people that i'm breaking through and it's like i feel the weight and like the, how scared he feels and like the gray gargoyle who is a silly french character turns into a monster hulk um and i just i i find it utterly fascinating i'm so, i was so happy to revisit this there's some stuff in the middle about bethany cable and like this the tony stark resilient it's not important we're here for the horror there's a uh there's a sequence where our iron man is blown through a building uh and the two couple in the build in the in the apartment that he flies through and she and he's like go away he'll, he'll alert he'll alert us to to us and they die uh because of that i felt very tragic oh, yeah. well written oh, yeah. Yeah, very emotional, very effective. Uh, one of my favorite lines is when uh, he first sees the gray gargoyle and he's like, well, Sacre freaking blue. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> That's pretty good. This, this, like, I love Iron Man and this is the run that really, like, solidified that run. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just a fun two issue. Like, it's it's pretty light. It's just, you know, um, gray, gar- gray gargoyle, like, really unleashing some horror. And, like, there's a line near the end where it's like, Pep, I think it's, like, a total loss of the city. And like I, he is in like so much trauma. He's like, I have to go. Please, please stay safe. But I can't. I gotta go think about this shit. He just like the, the end of the issue. It's a silent page of him just like yeah. flying off because he just saw millions of people die. Um, yeah. Horrific stuff. I think it's. I think it's really effective. Oh, yeah. And he almost he himself feels like he could have almost died because his arc reactor is cracked. Yeah. Um, art by Salvador Larocca. His art's hit or miss for me. I think it's mostly good here because when you're doing Iron Man like suits, he's really good at drawing suits. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. the suit looked really good in this one. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. This one I read very late, and I was almost and I was oh, falling asleep. Buddy, through. But the stuff that mattered, like I got, I think I fell asleep at one point with the Bethany stuff. Yeah, it's that, that's not important to the story, right? But now. Yeah. the horror stuff and him seeing the bodies and like, yo, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, I just, just think it's it, um, it, it hit, it definitely hit hard. I was like, man, that is a. That is a bad day in the life of Tony Stark. Uh, this, this took place during the Fear Itself event. And the it's, event itself wasn't really horror. It just, it is horror inspired. Yeah, this um, one's horrible. This one is definitely horror. Um, I, what, I was uh, going to ask you what, what you thought of the rest of the Fear Itself event. I was interested after reading these. I think I think the event itself is fine. I think the tie-ins are considerably better. It is right. not the worst Marvel event of the last decade, but it's not the best either. It's right in the middle. Yeah, um, that was kind of when they were doing like one a year. Yeah um sometimes yeah. almost two a year yeah um so why don't we move on from there move on to marvel zombie by maxwell prince uh, and the meanest uh devil dinosaur moon girl you've uh, ever met in your life uh marvel zombie has one of my favorite like recap pages which is the letter from oh. donnie to his mom are you okay uh, I'm gonna that, find that, you. that gives you the scope of what's going on and i really love that i thought that was a really effective way to open the issue i'm glad yeah so i didn't know um this character simon garth zombie is a marvel character from the 50s he's part of their old horror magazine line um and they have not done anything with him for like 60 years and then uh, maxwell prince who writes who's the writer of ice cream man he's like hey can i uh can i write a one shot that's really sad and they're like sure go for it um this is a story about the zombie apocalypse, and there is a zombie who's real happy, and he just wants to be friends with people, and his name's Simon. Um, mm. I think the story rules. Um, it is so dark. I can't believe Marvel let this happen, but it's a one-shot, so, like, you know, it's a what-if. Um, In the beginning, it reminded me a lot of Love, of, not Love, Simon. Um, what's the movie with Nicholas Holt as a zombie? 
Warm blooded. Oh, warm blood. Warm bodies. Warm, warm, warm bodies. bodies. Warm bodies. Oh, no. Okay, warm bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 remember, I never seen the movie, but I remember the trailers. It kind of reminded me. Of it's it too. good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, so this is just, it's just like a story of like people trying to survive. You got like um, Daredevil and like Spider-Man. Spider-Man hanging out. They're trying to survive. They have a mission of like, oh, we got to go blow up this Miss, thing. Misty Knight, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Moon Girl. Hell yeah. What, what a team. A, what a team. And there's like a robot devil dinosaur. Um, Falcon. Did you just mention yeah. Falcon? Falcon there too, yeah. Falcon, Falcon shows up. Um, yeah, but it's it's like a- Briefly. Hey, we're, hey, we got a mission to do. We need to, we're going to blow up this bomb, but we need a living person to set the bomb off because of radioactivity and stuff um no not living person they need the zombie oh sorry they do need the zombie radioactivity so it specifically um, has to be a zombie that's right so um so donnie has a new friend he's a zombie so wait they, don't they say don't they say uh it needs to be a person and they're like could it be a zombie because they see simon and they're like yeah, why don't yeah. we can there's still this, there's still enough in there for the zombie to work so we don't need to have a suicide bomber because doesn't yes. she ask like who wants to be a suicide bomber yeah she does yes she absolutely girl asks who wants to be our yeah. suicide bomber this 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 one is not afraid to, to just say some shit this moon bomber. girl is ready to murder her friends i she does yes. oh yeah um, she just lets her friends die there's a there's a terrific page after after the the uh uh betrayal of of uh daredevil yelling uh like what did she yell like do you have the page or no, he like, yells like, where's the bomb where's the bomb like the moon girl where's the bomb he is being eaten yeah it's, and he is crying oh my for god the bomb. it is you so see, good you see everyone else like you see spire like the zombie's about to break through the webbing uh misty knight gets bit oh yeah and then it's black tragic. widow is about to go down as well and he's crying for devil for moon girl like where's the bomb there's there's and then uh, she just takes the bomb off the side there's a beautiful it's... page that um uh donnie is talking to moon, uh, moon girl and he's like oh so like you used to have like a living dinosaur right or whatever and he's like yeah but you know uh, uh the, the devil died a long time ago and then donnie's like oh did you ever have to betray your friend like you're about to do to me huh and she's like yeah i am a piece of shit aren't i i guess i'll just kill all the avengers <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i guess it's so wild i can't believe this is this, this book exists <laughs> i was that was definitely like when she decides to i had to reread that page like three times because i was like you, Yo, she, yeah, she should. I'm, have like, this, I'm looking at this. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, she murder she, all her friends for a zombie. Everyone else dies, and she just goes on this on this dinosaur. And she's like, eh, I guess I'll just go I, uh, elsewhere. Bye. I, I I picked this up on a whim, and I read it. And I'm like, oh god, I can't believe Marvel let this happen. Um, Otto has arms. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, arms. Daredevil says, uh, "Defenders defend." And I was like. That doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but I, no. I applaud you for trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's a just a nice, really grim one shot, and I'm glad Marvel allows it to happen. I mean, also when uh, <laughs> when uh, Daredevil was like ten, our fathers and call it even. He's oh, still, yeah, yeah. Doing, still doing the Catholic thing. I'm like, all right, go. Yeah, back. once you're Catholic, you can't go back. True. Um, let's move on to what if. I, 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 don't, I don't know the what exact if, title. Uh, what if Marvel Universe went metal with Ghost Rider? Yeah, so this is like... I think that's what it is. But metal, Ghost Rider, yeah. So this is takes place in the real world. But does it? <laughs> yes. So this... I Okay. It takes place in the Marvel Comics world where the heroes exist and they also have comics written. About yes. Them. Yeah. So, okay. But Robbie Ray isn't Ghost Rider yet? No, he's Ghost, no, he's Ghost Rider. Oh, he has... Okay, he has Ghost Rider. Okay. So, okay. This, this one, I felt it was like a mix of... Dark Knight's metal, but spoopy in a way, mm-hmm. which I still really liked because they talked about how people were using their blood in the ink, and I feel like Kiss did that. Yes, once. I I remember thinking it gets it like it took a while to ramp up to get to like the crazy stuff, but once it got to the crazy sacrifice stuff, that's when it yes. got really wild. Well, I remember because there is you you shared a few pages on Twitter like this guy saying save the comics with the fire extinguisher. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, yeah, you yeah. shared that on Twitter, I'm like, oh, that's where he got that. Uh, I. 
loved this issue. This is my favorite of the bunch. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, I really love uh, this kind of like, let's just, what if, like, what if we did metal for, for Ghost Rider? Um, I like Robbie Reyes. I'm really excited. I re- always love it when we hear his uncle in his ear because uh, that's the spirit that's possessed him. Um, the digs at comic book publishing where they're just like, yeah, we just print it here with this old mule and then we get it on the truck. <laughs> I thought that was all funny. And all the, like, the, the designs of the ending is just so cool. Oh yeah, uh, when they're being attacked and it comes over the the uh, broadcast into the room. What's going on down there? Get those issues shipped. Nothing stops comics on print day. And then Robbie's like, "This freaking business." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was funny. And then uh, it's this is the one that I read the furthest back, so my memory on it isn't as good. But I remember there's like there's a band that they get right. And yeah. Then, and then like they they it's a band from Liberia. They yeah. come they come and visit. Right, it's a Liberian band. They're yeah. taking a tour and they want comics printed with their blood, and that's, that's why right. they're there. And like like they get in and uh, they see all the people working hard at their computers and they go, the silent struggle, that pointless search for meaning in the blinking void of life, it's even more beautiful than I ever could have hoped for. <laughs> God. Like, there's the three there's the three band members the the like the lead singer is like yeah I, I i'm a huge marvel comics fan i love marvel comics i love all these characters um and then the other two like couldn't be they don't care about comics like and the I think other loves yes. Mon- so here it's that that one says yes hasenwald invades the marvel universe and then his his guitarist goes fandom is a cancer the fear of change is the fear <laughs> oh, of yeah. death that's the drummer yeah and that's then the, pretty and then good the, and then she's like these colors burn my eyes it kind of reminds me a bit of Death Clock in a way, a little bit. Yeah, when, oh, when... yeah. but it's it, it's weird because I like when you meet this band, they're all like happy. It's like, hey, we're cl-. like the one is like super excited to be here. The other two are like, yeah. CB Savolsky, CB Savolsky talks to Robbie Reyes, and he's like, uh, this band is like so hardcore, and we and you know that blah, blah, blah. he meets them, and they're like, hey, what's going on? We you know we're really excited to be here. What's so? What's the onus of the world turning completely? tentacle monster at the end i don't remember they i just remember the visuals in my they brain. have like they take they put their blood in the ink uh-huh. and the ink in the comic it turns into like like whoever reads the comic, oh, the comic becomes, comes alive yeah okay. whoever reads the book turns into like a hellish monster right and then because they put their blood in the ink and they did like some sacrificial rite or something mm-hmm. like the entire world goes into like some Stefan Sedgwick Marvel hell dream. It, it, the, the, it looks a lot like Stefan Sedgwick's uh, um, death vigil shit. You cannot it, that. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to comment did, on it. It's the artist from um, Homesick Pilots. Rad. Yeah, I don't, definitely saw that. Um, he the, the, the idea of like uh, Eli's uncle uh that you know kind of being like okay well let's change now this is kind of cool though i'm into this yeah. <laughs> like he's like so he's like okay with the world ending yeah one thing i do as bonkers as that one was i still had a fun time with it oh yeah because that's like it's like i'm pretty sure when they were writing it it's like f it let's just have some fun i just love that like every couple years what if comes back uh like chip zadarsky's doing the what if stuff now and this was only 2018 so like they took a short break before bringing it back yeah um all right let's go to our final issue uh i've been on a huge ghost rider kick i mean no we just read ghost rider we're gonna oh, read shit. a classic ghost rider, issue. About the ghost rider issue. um ghost rider number seven from 1993 um by howard mackie and mark texiera i think mark texiera might be my favorite artist of all time you guys um it's his art is it's it's insane i i i don't know anyone else who draws like him um the shading uh the, the the character expressions especially blackout blackout is the is the vampire man who has one big eyeball oh. um i think this i think this issue is very reminiscent and i now realize uh it is very reminiscent of, of classic swamp thing they're single issues of a character getting vengeance on different monsters um 
Scarecrow is a villain who people know from DC. They don't really know there's a Marvel Scarecrow, but there is. Um, I think he's horrifying. He is terrifying. He has an obsession with Captain America, and only Captain America can stop him. because he's, he's I gonna... want to rip him open and show him what's inside. Yes. Um, it's inside us all, the fear. Um, this, again, is a Marvel comic that showed a dead baby. Uh, like, I, I, like or not even a dead baby, but like a, the outline the of, a, of a dead baby. The outline of a dead baby. But yeah. like, it's, this comic is so metal. And, and the stuff with Scarecrow, I, I think, works so well on such like an unnerving level. Um, and like the ending, it is so cool. And I love, and I not the cry, not the end with him crying about his sister. Um, but like, it feels, it feels like an, like an issue of Swamp Thing, where where he's like, I need to die by Captain America only. And if you're not Captain America, I'm just gonna kill myself. Yeah. And he jumps onto his own pitchfork, mm-hmm. and then it's three panels of him on a pitchfork. And I'm like, oh man, this is classic comics. And he's man. taken away by someone. Yeah, and he's taken yeah. away from someone, um, which uh, I'll find out soon. But like, yeah, man, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit. I think I think the art is truly exceptional, you guys. Yeah, this I is, loved it. This is definitely '90s comic book art at its peak. Mm-hmm. Um, as I, I would, would be, argue, at its best. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, it's just like it's just you when you see that older style from like the late '80s and the early '90s, because you can tell like these are old comic books. But as I was reading this, um, I kind of. It brings me back to when you had these single issues. I guess there was an overarching story, but the main focus, of, but that was the subplot, and then that would end up that would build up to either an event or something like the monster of the week stuff. Kind of, right? yeah. But I kind of miss that monster of the month stuff, where yeah. it's like you have the one villain and the one story, and it was beginning, middle, end. And I really liked this new Ghost Rider because the other Ghost Riders I know are Johnny Blaze and uh, Robbie Reyes. That's it. Yeah. But reading about Danny and his connection to the bike, or I mean, I'm I'm not entrenched in classic Ghost Rider like you are. But just like seeing him like go through that, like the spirit of like living with the spirit of vengeance, and him fighting the goat, the scarecrow, and like you will, you will suffer my penance there. He's like, no, I'm just gonna die, dude. Bye. I think yeah. this one and Magic are my two favorites of the bunch you picked. I really enjoyed this one. You must be made to suffer as you have made others <laughs> suffer. You must feel the pain. Yeah. Oh, it's just, I just love it. He's just like, it's like waxing poetic. Oh my god. Okay, so my favorite line is, um. It's Scarecrow. He's this is before he murders people. He's sitting on a on a New York like like skyscraper, and he's like that night in Brooklyn Heights. Oh my captain, how you so disappoint me! The fearful thing is rising again, seeing its ilk in others, and you are not here to prevent it. And it's a close up of his eyes crying. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's so effing good. And this Ghost Rider run, Mark Texiera, he was a painter who became a comic artist. Um, he did Space Punisher. He's the artist for Space Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about his style specifically that doesn't keep up is he switched to digital and digital simply the, the, the shading doesn't work the same. The penciling doesn't work the same. His artwork is not what it used to be, but it's, he's also much older now. So, you know, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked him as the same artist. Yeah. Cause he's gone digital now. And like he was on Ghost Rider for like, almost like, like throughout 20 years of history, he was working on it up until, until the two thousands and he switched to digital. And I was looking at some like, you know, like Ghost Rider 200 or whatever. And I'm like, the art's just not the same. It's the same artist, but it's just you switch to digital and it's the feel, the look isn't there anymore. Um, it's yeah. still a great artist, but like the texture of this of these pages, it's unlike any comic I've ever read. Like it is truly I I, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Sparks, did you did you say anything about this one? I did. Yeah. I said I liked it. Yeah. All right. Should we call it then? Three three three. Oh three. All right. So that'll do it. Uh, my book club next week, uh, I have chosen Star Wars Adventures Tales from Vader's Castle um, by, a number, by a number of uh, writers and artists. Um, well, mostly Derek Charm, actually. 
Um, uh, yeah. By uh, oh, actually, same people: Kevin Scott, Derek Charm, and then a bunch of colorists, a bunch of different colorists and and inkers. And Kevin Scott whatnot. is a big book man. He's writing those books. Um. Yeah. So excited. I yeah. I I like these. Uh. I, I like. I wanted to read them when they were coming out. I like the idea of this kind of horror. Uh, spinning out of Vader's castle, which I think is a cool design. I'm so, very excited to read that. Yeah. All right, that'll do it then. Stay tuned for next week where we are talking about Dune. <gasps> oh, the Bene Gesserit, the Muad'Dib, Paul Muad'Dib, Stilgar. Uh, and I would assume the book club episode will probably come out around around yeah, that we'll, time. We'll, we'll discuss it off air. Also, talk to other people and other podcasts who want to join with it. Because I know I've talked to other people about it. Um, Dune Book Club, Dune Review, Dune, David Lynch's Dune. It's all happening soon, baby. So much Dune. Too much Dune. Uh, we're going to live on Arrakis for a couple of weeks. As long as we got our, our still suits? Still suits. Then we'll be fine. Um, all right. So that'll do it for this week. So check out some of our other stuff on this channel. You can check out... Um, oh, make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. You can get such cool things over on our audio feed. Uh, though there is conversation, you can get that. That's the, the show that I do where I talk to other podcasts. Um, ramping up, getting ready to start recording for season two. Season one is all there. You can check out all those cool discussions that I had with some really great people. Um, it's all there for you guys to discover for the first time. Uh, or you can check out some stuff on this channel. We got a bunch of cool shows on this channel, such as Pictures Watch. Uh, where we just finished What If, um, the the latest Marvel TV series. There's probably going to be some more kind of specials uh, for uh, Fakeners Watch before Hawkeye starts, so stay tuned. Um, and of course, going right now, and the, the final episode will be recorded soon before Star Trek Lower Decks, which I do with Downright Annoyed, sorry, Downright Nerdy, and Just a Little Podcast. Um, so check out all those stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out Basement Arcade. We'll be back with a vengeance. The spooky so, Basement Arcade is here. So where we uh, the latest the latest episodes are out now for Outlast Part One and Crawl Part Two, and more mm -hmm. coming. Yeah, there's more, uh, and Yay. much, much, much more for the rest of October. Look how enthusiastically I'm saying this. Well, I got all you... the enthusiasm for you. <laughs> can you be enthusiastic for a Basement Arcade pause menu? Hell yeah, I can. I freaking love doing that show. Just the other show that's on this that you can find on this channel. Uh, that you did that with Synth Spaces. Yep, Synth Spaces yeah. is up now, and I got two more in the pipeline. There you go. Fakner Book Club and Animation Station are also on this channel. You can check out all the episodes up for those new episodes soon. Hell yeah! If you want to get a mask, if you want to support us, try our mask. We have um in the link below. We have Crafted by Z uh she she does our masks for us you can find those links below our patreon um you can check out the tiers on my patreon uh the shirt tier is currently suspended while i figure it while i try my damnedest to get those damn shirts um but you can check out our one dollar tier it's only a dollar and it'll help a lot or you can check out our t public where we are putting up a new shirt oops all bangers that's going to be up this week and you can find all the other shirts up there um Tons of logos and whatnot. Uh, or you can find all those links on our website at fakenerpodcast.com. Uh, that is also linked below. Check us out, guys. we got a lot of stuff on this on the internet. I think you're all going to like it. It's true. All of it. 
Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to uh, everyone who watches the rewind, and thank you to everyone who watches this live uh, when you guys do. Um, always appreciate the support in that in that way. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci um, for our theme music. All the theme music that you heard this this night in the con- most confusing order that they have ever been played. Um, you can check out his stuff at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards or his podcast on iTunes, facebook.com slash official or Instagram at subprocpodcast. Thank you to Mike Matola, who does our logos. We got some shirts with his logos up on our yeah. Public. Uh, we got our Faker Podcast logo, uh, Faker Book Club, Miscellaneous. Um, we love his work. Uh, more, Hopefully more collaborations with him soon. But you can find him on TikTok and Instagram at Mike Matola. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fakner Podcast. That's where you can find us. Uh, Fakenerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, Sparks. You can find me just enjoying the fact that any Halloween in Haddonfield is a good Halloween. At Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, SPR, KZ Witty. We all deserve a good scare. Paul Rudd played Tommy Doyle, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Sure, he did. Ben. You can find me furiously reading Dune at BenMag27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also you can find me writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Yeah, that that new article didn't go up because guess what? Dune. I got to finish that damn book. Once it's Ryan. done, a new article will go up, I swear. Ryan. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration at DJ Tony Snark. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next week, guys, stay fake.